Welcome back, one and all, to what we like to call the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Moore. And tonight we're going to be giving you the DC comic books of this week in what we're calling episode number 180. That is what we're calling it. That could be an anniversary, right? 180. Oh my goodness. 180 indeed. Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. The official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of June 16th, 2018. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the We Be Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Proud. Eric Shea. Must be Medentia Reborn. We are on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com, on Twitter at Weird Science DC, and we have an award-winning website, as we said, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Not on my watch. Oh my goodness. All. We are full of wrong turn tonight, Eric. We have a Patreon account as well, and if you want to support us for everything we do on both this podcast and the Marvel one that we have in every Everything else in between, you can go over to patreon.com slash weird science, and we're not just asking you to blindly follow us. We actually have a lot of shows on there. We have a new show each week. I have another review podcast where I review non-DC stuff. Eric has some stuff occasionally. Occasionally. <laughs> we also have what, what I get to here is a Patreon spotlight. And you could even get go as far as being a badass Patreon where you get to pick the books that we talk about on the Patreon Spotlight, as well as all the other things that we talk about. And this week, the badasses pick Mr. Miracle number nine and Titans Special number one. Uh, I liked one of those a little better than the other, and I'll leave yes. that up for your imagination. Uh, we also have a regular spotlight that goes on the feed that you're listening to now uh, that was Hawkman number one, which I actually really liked and actually was very happy that I liked that more then one Eric Shea. I really did, so I was happy about that. Now, because of that, that's just one less bit of positivity that I'm going to have going <laughs> forward. And again, I'll warn you 17 times during this podcast that I get a little frustrated and upset. Please do not hold that against Eric Shea. Please. If, if I want, I, if Eric Shea, don't hold that against Eric Shea, but Eric Shea, hold me against you, please. I'll hold you uh, close, but we're going to go off now. Speaking of the Patreon, it's time for the badass roll call, Eric. Here we go. We're going to talk about the badasses of the Get Fresh Coopy Boom. We're going to start with Coffee Hunter Mark Jager, which I really hoped his name was Yager, and then I could say that he was Yaramir's brother. We also have Kenny Vengeance, T-Funk, Buddy's Elephant Shit is still there, Eric, right in my face. We got Josh Ramillion, who we'll hear from later. Abuse Mama in the Verizon Hole. She's still abused. She's still in the Verizon Hole. We have Algin Stoja, All-New Dave, D-Man, Haviland, Batman Beyond Mark, Bill Beer, G-Man, Manship, Eric. There's Manship. B. Murray, Brendan Murray, Bobby, Reggie, Andrew and Belfast, Fred Ateen, Eric G., The Cellar Dweller, Danny the Street, Luis, Zach Davis, Ulysses Jones from the Ulysses Jones Show, T. Hakeem, T. 
double era. We got Monty, Simon. We got Swanee, who has catch scratch fever right now, Eric. He's having problems. We got Anthony G, Dave J, Ian, Missy T, Rob Lewis, our man Rob Lewis, Pete from NYC, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, Ruben, and OG Christopher Hyden. Thank you, guys. Thank you one, one and all. all. And we love everybody who helps support us on Patreon. Not just the badasses, but hey. They're the badasses, Eric, and that's what they do. Uh, yeah, I already mentioned, but I want to mention right before we go off to the books, we do have a Marvel podcast as well. If that True. would interest you, you can go over to the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast and hear us talk about Rush books. Talk. This week coming up, we're going to be talking about Thor number one and Venom number two. Just two books as far as I can tell, Eric. That's all we're going to be doing, me, you, and Brandon. But we're going to stop talking that Marvel nonsense. It's not time for that, Eric. Ain't not no at all. For that. DC I got no time, time for that. Didn't you hear my intro? I, I did not hear. I heard the intro basically said, hey, we're the Weird Science DC Comics podcast where we talk about DC Comics and we're a podcast. That's what it Boosh. seemed to spell out. Yes, very good, Eric. You but we're going to go chest. off now. This is as, as fun as you're going to get here, people. Just <laughs> get, get ready. Okay, put on your seatbelts. Uh, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Where Where is wrong turn with, with his doomsday clock? Here we go. Better fasten up. Your doomsday clock is going to be a bumpy ride. That is true. It's about to get bumpier. Do you hear me, Brandon? Do you hear me, Brandon? But we're going to go off now to the books. No. Ah, yes, it's time for the meat and cheese of the podcast. Boosh. Here we go. Here we go. I think this is my least favorite week of any week we've ever I done. I think you say that a lot anymore. Yeah, but this this one's just, there's a lot of nonsense. Uh, if you want to <laughs> read about all this nonsense, we have a website with all these reviews. It's weirdsciencedccomics.com. Uh, you can go and read how much I hated the books there. And with that, I just want to give a little spell. I was thinking of this earlier because these are the weeks where uh, people will start saying things like, why the hell do you even bother? Why do you even talk about these things? And uh, I'm with them this week. Uh, Maybe we should have taken off, or at least I should have, but I will tell you why. And I'm going to explain 
why we are the most positive podcast out there, no matter what. I'm talking, if you know of a podcast that talks DC books and gives everything a 10 out of 10 and may say, oh, God, yeah, when they do it, Eric, uh, we're we're more positive. And you know why? Because these books are terrible, right? So we're being a lot of them. And so we are giving what we say realistic scores. And why I'm going to tell you we're not negative and why we're the most positive is because we keep doing it. Because we know it'll get better, or at least hope. And this is what has happened before. So just think of that when you're listening. And if you disagree with us, if you like one of these books, and you sit there and like, why are they doing this? Why are they even buying? Why are they so negative? It's because I know in my heart of hearts that a lot of these books will be getting better, and I want to be there then. I mean, I don't want to sit there and bail when I don't like things. I want to sit here. It's the same. Again, if I'm a fan of the Eagles, they just won the Super Bowl, Eric. We're all excited. Yeah. The Super Bowl means more to me because I was there when they weren't winning the Super Bowl all That's those exactly. years. That's why you know how relationships work. You just don't bail when you have some problems. No. You work through them. And these so are problems. Better times I'm future. having a lot of problems. And I'm having problems with a lot of these books. And I'm You'll not going to go gonna... out for a pack of smokes and leave no. your wife and children behind. That's you what I'm saying. I'm not going to do that. And it's not even working through. I'm just, I have hope that DC will write the ship eventually. Uh, and it, not, I don't know. Go out for a pack of smoke. I mean, eventually, you know, we would have to give it up. If, if we're a year into this and I feel the same way that I do right now while we're recording, then I'm done. And you'll hear me in a bunch of books tonight where I'll tell you I'm never reviewing one of these again. Uh, there's a couple, especially the last book of the night, The War of the Immortals, Eric. I want out. How could, how could a book about the War of the Immortals I feel like I have lived in eternity every time I read that damn thing. That's Maybe that writing. that is, I guess, because I'm fighting the war right of the there, immortals. In there with them, Jim. The eternal war is me turning the page each time. That's the eternal war, or me trying to get jeans on, Eric. There it is, the eternal struggle. Oh, that's sad. Ah, uh, yes. But we're gonna start uh, tonight uh, with two books here, and one is uh, not my favorite of the week. And it is Detective Comics. I, I gotta get my notes here. It's Detective <laughs> Comics number 982. I, I'm so miserable. Uh, and I, I read this issue, and I'm even gonna talk about it in my blurb in a second. And when I read this, this, it, to tell you also what we go through, this is not just, hey, Eric, you wanna just, sh- hey, hey, what are you doing on Friday night? What are you doing Saturday? You wanna, you wanna get together and talk books? You wanna do yeah. that, Eric? You wanna, no, no. Uh, Tuesday, this starts when we have to review them on the site and we don't have the option to say like hey i get a hold of you i don't like detective comics we're not reviewing it this week we have to do it and we have what what i would think is through our our uh, reviews a narrative of what we think of and it comes to play where we said once we started doing the podcast it really helped us out throughout everything we did because once we decided we have to read and review everything each other when we first started the podcast we were going to go through this concept of i would tell you about the tell me all about it you would tell me it wasn't working out and we we changed that quick but with that 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 helps overall that does help where if i'm reading detective comics and reviewing it i've also read birds of prey and all the issues so i know what happened there the the problem is all of this nowadays with what dc's doing seems to not be a benefit it's a curse 
You you think that Deacon Blackfire is cursing Gotham? We're cursed by reading all the books because somehow we think they're connected. And there's a bunch tonight, especially in this first section. There are connectivity issues of both of these books, and it drives me nuts. And what I'm saying, basically what I wanted to start by saying is that uh, this book has made me miserable all week. I have not been in a good mood, and part of it is is books like this. You, you really can have is. some fun with this, though. Yes, no. it's bad. Oh, it's I, dark. Yeah. It's no, well, we're going to have some fun. You can have some fun. No, maybe. we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun making fun of it, and that's what people th- seem to think. Oh, look at them, the, those jerks. That This is why we don't have Batman on the podcast anymore, the because thing, we got Jim, complaints. If, if these books aren't going to be our fun, we got to make them fun. Well, yeah. Well, I, this, this one, actually, I'll tell you. It ends with the most ridiculous. This ends with one of the most ridiculous scenes that we've had since Merlin went off in the the fucking balloon. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) Detective Comics number 982. And if you know what we mean by that, all the power to you, Eric. Written by Michael Morrissey or Morikai. Art by Sebastian Fuimora. Dave Stewart and Clem Roberts or Robbins. See there, I see Robbins. And I always say Robbins. <laughs> That's the name. <laughs> you fuck up after all these. I was pretty angry. Where, where's my thing? See, this is what we have to have fun with. We have to have fun with messing up. Here we go. I give myself eighteen for that. I was pretty angry about this issue when I wrote my review on Tuesday night for a number of reasons. However, after reading it tonight for this podcast, I am no longer angry. No, I'm now furious, Eric. It's bad enough that DC is throwing out these fill-in issues. But please don't give us ones that are filled with continuity arrows and typos. At least pretend you care, because the people buying your product do care way more than you, it seems. Other reviewers out there saw this issue as, and these are exact quotes from people who did review this issue, a quote-unquote definite buy, quote-unquote a unique and enthralling story, and a quote-unquote perfect palate cleanser. Also, somebody thinks that this is the new creative team and can't wait to see what they're going to do next. You know what they're going to do next on this book? Nothing! It's a one-shot! Get your info straight. But I saw it as a space color. He has been compromised. I think that this is not what I'm seeing here, and I have nobody. Oh, my goodness. Something is happening to him. He must be compromised. I saw that review, and I thought, that man could be me. Yeah, I could be hanging upside down. I saw that review, down. and I realized I might be compromised. What yes. the world are we living in? I said, I am compromised. Uh, yeah, what, what is this reality? Then I thought, I looked, I, I pulled out my wallet to get out my reviewer's card, you know, that oh, are, oh, and yeah. I realized there is none that let anybody review things, including me. But I saw you, this. Do you want me to make you a reviewer's card? Is that what you I'd want? I'd like that. Laminate it, please. I, yeah. I, I get I'm messed. not going to skimp. I get messy. Uh, I saw, I saw this. So, uh, you, do you think, Eric, is it a definite buy to you? Well, we no, can reveal. Okay, absolutely it's not. not. Is it not unique and enthralling? Buy. Unique and enthralling, is it? Uh, you know what? It's kind of unique for what we've been dealing with in Detective Comics. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is from that. Well, okay. Is it a perfect <laughs> palate cleanser? No, no. Am I, I cleansing my palate? Well, you know, we just got done Detective Comics. This whole thing that everybody was interested. You want a bit of perfect palate cleanser to actually wrap that thing up, you know, perfectly yeah. the way it should have been. And, and, reveal who the first victim is. Oh have my Tim goodness. actually means something in the book instead yeah. of just going off and doing his own thing. I don't need a story about Deacon Blackfire, no. who I personally hate as a villain, which does affect my I score. I don't carry the way. A little bit of a bias. Yeah, I don't carry the way. This is not a, like, you know, 
This feels so far removed from what we're <laughs> dealing with in the detective comics. It is, it's just an awkward thing. Out of, I'm trying to think of the word I well, want. It's I'll not a palate cleanser. It is oddness out of nowhere for what we deal with in this book. Yeah, you, usually you'd have like you're, you're having something, a palate cleanser, obviously. It's you're, alien. you're eating something. That? Yeah, this is just another part of a meal that tastes weird. Uh, it so, doesn't go with the rest. So I'm telling One you what, things, I, not what, like the other. what I found it as is a space filler that lacked a real plot, had one of the worst voices for Batman, and should be skipped. And with that, uh, there's a couple things that drove me nuts on Tuesday. So I'm there reviewing it. I read it. I'm thinking to myself, okay, the whole reason, if you're not aware, that this issue even exists is because Brian Hill was supposed to start his Black Lightning story this week. It was supposed yeah, to be this issue. Comics with Black he, yes, Lightning. he needed to have... Uh, some time. He needed another two weeks. Whatever happened, him, the art, whoever, whatever, yeah. they needed to have that extra time to finish up. So that got moved. This got inserted. Uh, to me, these are one of those times where I think that DC should, should be ashamed of themselves that they put this in as a, maybe nobody will notice. Let's just shove this in. Obviously, when this happened, you, you had, Probably you would think that the uh, Brian Hill detective company, you would think it's almost all written, right? It's right. almost all written, has the art done. I mean, whatever happened, they have to change something small to yeah. go. So how can you tell me that in that point on, you could get this whole team and say, do a complete issue for this? It, 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 that's impossible. It can't be done. If that, unless Brian Hill just completely scrap an entire issue, you're you're inserting this and making it seem like nothing really went down. So I'm like, okay. So I read it and I'm like, okay, this is nonsense. It's just a one shot. But there are people who have this book, Detective Comics. They have it on their pull list. They're getting it just sight unseen. And then you get this. And maybe they like it. I'm not speaking for everyone like you, Eric. What I'm saying, though, is do there are times – when maybe you should think through the whole thing and not think of a bottom line, not think of, well, we have to shove something out there that's two ninety nine that people will grab, or maybe say, hey, we're sorry, uh, Brian Hill's starting that day, you know, two weeks from now, and we don't have an issue because this is not an issue. There's nothing here, and it gets things wrong. Now, the, the other thing that if I you really – I wouldn't know where Lansing and Kelly were for this – yeah, really. Well, it, actually, this Michael Morris is the other guy who does these yep. fill-ins as well lately. Uh, with that, I go over and I go over to the, to the DC site to do our reviews because we go yeah. over there and we grab the banner. They have a big banner that we put across. If you've been to the okay. site, you see those banners. Yeah. So, and that gets us mad if they don't. But is it worse when you go and you get this banner, you download it, you put it on, and as you're doing the review, because now I, well, how I do it is I put the banner, I put the creative team and the cover, and then I start my review. And I'm, I'm doing the review, and I'm mad about this fill-in deal and how they – and then I look up at the banner, and I see Black Lightning. I'm like, you didn't even change the banner that on your site. To me all the time. The Sons of bitches. Wrong all the time. The banners are wrong all the time. And the solicit, the that's fine that because of the deal. But when you change things, have that the wherewithal to go and change everything. Don't we make have it. To hire a whole other person. I'm telling you, changes. how I knew this was going on is basically Black Lightning reached out, slapped me across my goddamn face, and laughed at me and said, "Yeah, you know, you see, it just." I looked at it. I'm like, really? Like, really? So I put it in my review. I said, if you yeah, want to think of I've this as it. anything else 
but a fill-in that they just grabbed out of nowhere. Go look at the banner, because the banner's for, you know, two weeks from now's issue that was supposed to come out. Have some care to do that. And where this is, is I really think that where we're getting with the delays of Doomsday Clock and all this other nonsense, it really gets me mad that DC is playing this game like they think nobody knows. Like, nobody's noticing that they're shoving two issues in out of nowhere. And, and it all leads to, again, if... Brian Hill wasn't going to be ready, which this is a little different because I think he was going to be ready. Something went wrong with the issue. Something had to go. But if that's not the case, then why didn't Tiny get one more issue to, to tie it up or have somebody that he wanted to come in and, and do something? Like you said, the first victim, whatever. You throw in Deacon Blackfire, and basically this is, to me, uh, this was one of those, what we call those workshop issues or whatever, and you're going to do these where I told you. Inventory issue. And I told you about this. How would you make an inventory issue? And number one, you have to get, if it's a a thing with a villain, you have to get a villain that nobody ever uses because you run into problems. So he picks Deacon Blackfire. And gets it wrong immediately. That's the best part because I imagined myself. I'm, you know, Michael Morris, and I'm thinking of myself. What villain would nobody have used this entire time? So I can just make myself an inventory issue. Deacon Blackfire. Nobody Deacon Blackfire. Would ever want to use nope. that after Batman Eternal? That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, and nobody with that, likes him, so yeah, I'm gonna do it. So he does it. He gets Deacon Blackfire as the villain. Now, if you tell me that this issue was written three years ago. I could go with it. I don't see anything here except Duke. That's the only thing in here that kind of leads to a little bit more. You can add that in. But Deacon Blackfire was in Rebirth already, and they're going with the continuity. The last time we saw him was in uh, Batman Eternal. That's the last time he saw him. But still, they pretty much spell it out that that's the last time he was around and he was destroyed by the specter. That happened in Batman Eternal, and that was a long time ago. Uh, with that, Deacon Blackfire, to me, is not that interesting, especially here with barely a plot. I mean, really, the whole thing is Deacon Blackfire has kidnapped the kid. You know what's funny, kid. too? I actually just looked it up just because I was curious with the whole Wikipedia aspect. And the last time it, like uh, Deacon Blackfire shows up, according to Wikipedia, is Batman Eternal. Yeah, they that's why I think. They don't even talk about Batgirl nope. and the Bob. And I went to a fandom deal that usually are pretty up-to-date. Yeah, yeah. They mentioned uh, Batman Eternal as well, and so I think that that's what that was the research. Lost there you go. The ages. Yeah. This is back on the Birds of Prey yeah. issue. The, the Bensons annual. never get any credit for anything <laughs> they do. Now this is where I just want to step back and talk about Deacon Blackfire and this whole plan of his. Uh, first off, you have Batman, and I, I'm telling you, this this is the worst monologue Batman has ever had. It doesn't even feel like Batman. I mean, it starts off. With what I can only assume is a homeless man hanging upside down. Maybe you can think Batman's hanging him upside down uh, and yelling at him. But it just starts off, I could have been this man. What? But really? A a homeless guy hanging upside down by Batman? That could have gotten really tough. Who knows? So he's like, where is the boy? He's after this boy who's been kidnapped. Okay, we don't really get much of what led to this except – that it seems like Deacon Blackfire has gone and got a bunch of followers, and they've attacked City Hall. They've attempted to bomb bomb the Gotham Gotham Bridge, and now this. And to me, there's a little bit of a weird reversal of these things. It's almost like, okay, I'm going to blow up that building. Then I'm going to go, and I'm going to burn this house down. Then, And then, Eric, I'm going to come and slap you in the face. And I know that a kid – I know a kid being kidnapped is is a big thing, but – that seems a little less than well, uh, attacking City Hall. 
They attacked City Hall. Batman yeah. dealt with it, I'm sure. Yeah. They attempted to bomb a bridge, so they didn't even get like done with that. But they actually yep. got they actually kidnapped yeah. somebody, so they finally committed a crime, and Batman has yes. to do something. And now here's where uh, my whole deal is. You just set me up perfectly, Eric. Yeah. Um, why are they? Why did they kidnap a kid? You tell us. You can you can why, inform why everybody. Why they kidnap a kid? Well, it's because this kid happens to be Deacon Blackfire's descendant, and he needs this kid to yes. freaking you know bring himself back into yes. the world using this kid's body. So to me, the most important thing that they've done, they've attacked City Hall. Yes. They've attempted to bomb the Gotham Bridge. Like you said, your lead led to believe maybe Batman stopped them. Uh, and then they kidnapped the kid, right? So yeah. the, the most important thing, though, for Deacon Blackfire would be this kid. Yes. Why did he alert Batman with anything before that? Why did they attack City Hall? Why would they well, bomb Gotham Bridge and then kidnap a kid, which is the end game of him doing this? This is all he needs to do. He wants to come back. He is a ghost that needs to inhabit a body. He has warned. He's basically led uh, crumbs for Batman to follow, obviously, leading to this. Why would he do this? It's I, just, I just a stupid you get, setup. You, know, you, get a bun- you get a bunch of homeless bums about. You talk to them as a, your ghostly form because that's all you got. You know, I'm a weak ghost. I need, I need them to believe in me. Because that's how I get stronger. Yeah. We're going to go do some bunch of fucked up stuff. We're going to attack City Hall. That, and the, the rest of the bums who just happen to be looking around, you know, they, they're sleeping on the street. Man, I hate City Hall too. I believe <laughs> I'm in telling Deacon you, Blackfire. This is the problem, though. That guy. You would guess that when they attempted to bomb Ooh, the bridge power. or attack City Hall, that a lot of them either got hurt, uh, arrested, or beat up by Batman, especially. And that's going to lead them to. And also, you're led to believe that basically. He brainwashes them anyway. I mean, this is the thing. He makes them with this stuff. Why wouldn't he just kidnap the kid, then get his body in the kid, then you start your plans, then go and attack City Hall, then go to – all it did was alert Batman yeah. to what was going on to get here and just ends up in one of the most convoluted nonsense stories that nothing happens. The art I do like. I will tell you, I think that the art is one of those – I don't like no, art in this issue. I'm telling you. It fits the story. It fits the tone. I, when I we like talk about that, well, I'm saying a darker version. Yeah. It actually reminds me a lot of like a Swamp Thing uh, art or uh, things like that. I think that it does fit the darkness of the story, The even the, you know, the ghost thing yeah, and, and whatnot. So I don't mind that. I think that it plays out okay. It's not the greatest, but it fits. But the story is just nonsense. And the things that lead Batman from one to the other, he goes, he's yelling at this guy. This guy's like, you know, Gotham doesn't believe in you. I, I don't. You know, there's a curse. He's the got curse. A death curse. And the curse is just in the, in the end, it's just Deacon Blackfire telling homeless guys, it seems, that Batman's a piece of crap and we're going to do things. Nothing I'm ever Blackfire. plays I go out. To a bunch. Hey, homeless guys, you know yeah. what? Gotham's just, got a curse. Holy shit, did you hear that guy? Oh, man. He said that Gotham's got a curse. It's got what a else, curse. What else you got, Pass it on. Man? Batman yeah. ate shit. Oh, man. Oh, my God. And then shit. the last. What, what else? What uh, else? I'll give you a couple 40s. He go get us 40s, guys. That's all you need to do. <laughs> but yeah, and even this this uh, uh, narration, I could have been him. He keeps cult. going. I'm telling you, Be- there's Bruce Wayne Batman. I- I'm telling you, I kind of know a little bit a bit about Bruce and Batman yeah. like everybody else does. He's looking at what appears to be a homeless guy in a robe hanging upside down and says it more than once. I could have been just like him. When? What? When you started taking meth? And then he, <laughs> I could have been him. I could have been someone's prey, but I'm not. I'm Batman, and then Batman yells at this guy, you'll believe in me. But the, the problem is he, he's trying to get some info from this guy, never does get it, just gets this gook from him, 
and then just goes off, goes down to the sewers. Are we led to believe the guy eventually then went, whoa, 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 you're, you're, bat- you're Batman? Oh, oh my goodness. The I didn't Batman? realize. I've heard about you. I thought you were Superman. I, I, I maybe you know. I, my eyes have been going a little. I, I didn't really know. Okay, no, 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 no. well then, Joshua's down you there. You realize, you realize, we're still in the sewer right now. Now, if you take this tunnel down yeah. here and you t- hang a right, you're gonna hit this old <laughs> thing. Hang where a Louie. You're gonna hang a Louie right where they're gonna used to build this rail station back in the '90s. You might yeah. remember it when you were oh, a boy. Th- I don't and know. Then, yeah, but and what I want, that. yeah, what I want with that though is also the. Uh, uh, hey, uh, Batman, uh, since it is you, what you do, go down there. You don't understand. Like, they were building this. You think I don't know? I'm going to tell everybody what I know. This subway, when I was a boy, it was planned, and then it never happened. It was going to be connecting neighborhoods. But then the bureaucracy took over, and then I couldn't do it. Uh-oh, someone's close because I hear splish splash. I was taking a bath. It, oh, fucking the greatest, the greatest detective in the world's going down. <laughs> Look at Batman. He's standing in water that appears to be maybe up to his socks. This guy jumps out of the water as if he's the goddamn fucking predator or something. I don't even know what. He's Rambo. Out of nowhere, he jumps up. Where, where was he laying? So stealthy. Where was he? Splish, splash. Uh-oh. Someone's close. This guy jumps up. Grr. Batman, Batman, and then there's where you get Deacon Blackfire, who flies through Batman's chest. Batman's, uh, something's not right. My heart is racing. My mind is clouded. Something's happening to me. I've been compromised. And then he looks to, looks maybe have killed this guy. my influence, Batman. Oh my god. It's so bad. (laughs) There is no escape for you. Not this time. And then you get Deacon Blackfire. He may be a ghost. He may be a deluded metahuman. I've never truly known. I love that. I I always love to see my Batman where he knows nothing. The last time he emerged, the Spectre claimed to have obliterated him from existence. Yet somehow he's here. Powerful enough to return. (laughs) Like You haven't caught up on the, the local things going on now. The thought sends a shiver up my spine. Yeah, whatever. It's just so much nonsense. Then out of nowhere, you, you get the Grim Reaper guys, the homeless Grim Reapers who are there. The Code of Blackfire. Yeah, and they come, and it, you know, you have all this thing. Gotham's mine, Batman. You know, the city's cursed. Think about it. All these years, you're fighting against darkness. You don't know it. It's it's got to you. And there's Batman. I won't let you have. It's just stupid. And then he just starts yelling for this Joshua. Joshua, you're using him. Oh, no. And then that's just basically uh, Deacon Blackfire goes, oh, whoa, whoa. That's not your concern. No, don't <laughs> just, worry about you know, that. Don't worry about that. Your time is up. And then Batman right, just boys, starts yelling. throw him off the side yeah. there. Batman starts yelling, this isn't real. And then they throw him off what appears to be exactly where uh, Joker fell off when he ended up in uh, in the, uh, what's it called? Uh, or where death, Gordon death did of the family. Rises yeah, or that. Yeah. It just reminded me of that whole waterfall type thing where uh, Joker even fell off yeah. and we thought he was dead. Uh, Batman goes down. Just He's... one of those magentic sewer so, so waterfalls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Magentic. Yeah. Magentic. <laughs> Magentic. Wait, where? Wait a minute. 
Must be Medentia Reborn. There you go, Eric. And he goes, and then he wakes up. He's in the sewer, but wakes up and gets this vision of Gotham burning. Uh, you got the blimps and all this, but it's not really real. But is it? It's not. And then he's going around. He sees this debat signal. He goes to get it, and he ends up seeing Joshua there in the, you know, Deacon Blackfire, you know, priest deal, saying, oh, no, it's you. And then them just saying, look, brothers and sisters, this is the nonsense and we're going to stop it and the Batman you can't win because you're alone and I have an army then he wakes up in the sewer again <laughs> and in the sewer the Bat family comes home which Nightwing, Batgirl, uh, Damien and Duke telling him hey Bruce you're not alone That's right, you're too. with you us shit. yeah you're with us we like you you make us better he says thank you and then gets up and goes huh the, these renovations, it looks like somebody put up a new wall. This is old, but this wall is nah, new. I'm going to punch it. It's Joshua. new, it's new enough to, to just have a hole. He punches it. Joshua's there. Please help me. In the meantime, the cold of Blackfire is in here. Me and you both think that this is them, just a sealed up bricked, room. They bricked themselves I'm in telling here you. like the castle of Montiago. Well, here's, <laughs> here's the problem, Eric. <laughs> Deacon Blackfire has recruited an army. He has. Nobody said these guys were smart so what they no. did was he he said basically get get the get joshua on the slab tie him up then when you get out of there brick up the wall unfortunately they just Talk started bricking, bricking it up, up yeah. in a corner yeah they, they just started bricking themselves right? from the inside yeah it is now <laughs> and then they're like boop 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 boom and they, they brick it up and like okay let's go oh no what should we do, boys? I don't know. Deacon's going to be mad. I just love this, too, because at this point, Batman's about to face all these Code of Blackfire <sighs> members after he punched it down this freaking wall into this freaking <laughs> there's room. There's so many the in there. And there's a guy. I can't do this. I just can't. This has gone too far. And I just like to imagine the, the deleted scene is, we bricked ourselves <laughs> up in a room. I yeah. can't do this, no more. I want to see. I want to see Batman punch the wall. Number one, one guy goes, why, why didn't we think of that? Eh, we're dumb. And then five of them run out because they got to take a shit they, they've been in there yeah. holding it this whole time but this no, is the problem is, the and, well just think about this because this is where i think it's so ridiculous because these guys do show up out of nowhere to attack yeah. so if there is a back door if there is a alley that they go why would there be new bricks in this wall that it doesn't make sense any sort of way that there's these new – they bricked themselves Look, in. There, there was two ways to get there. They only wanted one. Let's yeah. brick up this one side. There you go. Hey, brick Actually, it up. I, tell you, I just like to think that they bricked themselves up in I, this I wall. do. I do too. They come out of the shadows and they are there. They're there to pretty much kill Batman. They have sickles. They have Joshua. hammers. They know. have maces. They Well, to protect him but to yeah. get – they all have weapons and they do end up attacking Batman. They pause – and let Batman one, two, three, four, five, six, six full word bubbles that are very filled with words, he says. And then another guy steps forward because Batman says stuff about basically, listen, you've been fed a bunch of lies. Deacon Blackfire doesn't care about you. He has said that there's going to be, you know, this big thing coming down the line for you. I don't know what he promised you. He probably promised he'd break me. I don't know why these guys would care about that. But he's only going to end up hurting you. And he's hurting a boy in the process. Why you, are you, you doing He this? said he's going to break the bat, Yeah, yo. don't do this. <laughs> and, and then out of nowhere, like, this is the pep talk, and this one guy's just like, 
you know, I, I know that we bricked ourselves in and, and all this stuff. I kind of was full in, but yeah, I'm I out. can't do this anymore. I'm out. Another guy's out. I have shit in that corner for the last four <laughs> days. Like, I can't do this Basically, it's like, listen, in here. to me, it's like one of those things. You, you go off, or me and you, me and you work together. We have a podcast. Yeah. Uh, we decide to get an apartment together because uh-huh. shit has gone wrong. Why not? And within four days, we hate each other's guts. These guys didn't know each other. They're all like homeless bums. Now they have to live in a, a bricked-up room with no food. They're they're sick of each the other. Best this, reality show huh, ever. Oh, this guy's just like, huh? I'm done. We take and, homeless off the streets and give them some place to live. But yeah. will they be able to survive their will roommates? They, will they be able to take each other? <laughs> and with, you have this where the guy then says, "Okay, I'm I'm out." He he takes his his hood off, and then okay. Wait a second, guys. Let's not fight yet. I gotta walk over here where Batman is. We're gonna get the sides together. I mean, the the amount of time that they're spending before this fight, and then when the uh, fight the just starts, Deacon Blackfire shows up. They've been in this room for days. Oh yeah, they they they, they don't they're look sluggish. like they're they don't look like they're they have a dental plan in this cult either. Uh, some of these guys are awful, but Deacon Blackfire shows I up. Plan either. And that's the other thing is like y- you get the idea of when and how because now Deacon Blackfire has told Batman before. For. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be powerful. I'm going to get this Joshua only to get Batman more inspired. But why didn't he go right there? Like Batman has been in the Gotham burning of the mind. He's talked to all of a sudden now Deacon Blackfire decides he's going to well, go. Even, that, even Deacon's like, I don't have enough power. Well, now he doesn't. Yet, because I'm going to try anyway for some reason. And it I might have, kill Joshua. I actually, yeah. only vessel, I actually have a feeling try. that he had enough. It's these two guys that are bailing. And he's like, eh, I'm going to try now. And he goes, ah. And Batman's just getting swarmed by these guys. He pulls out a pill, says that I know Gotham will never be perfect. I will never be perfect, but that doesn't mean I can't fight towards the light. And the light is a flash grenade that he throws to blind the home of the homeless guys. They're all reaching around like they're Jean-Claude Van Damme. They can't see a thing. He's, I was ready for the flash grenade. My opponents were not. I work short Thank efficient work on them. Now he beats up the homeless guys who can't see him that far. He well, says how it. else do you want to beat up homeless no, guys? He you says want to blind them yeah, first. I don't want to touch them. You're going to get hepatitis or something. Stay away. Yeah. And then, no. And then Deacon Blackfire's just, no, I need a body. It's the only way. I can't lose it now. That's it. That's I need the whole, to be inside wait, this little boy. Th- this is the uh, the palate cleanser. I don't mean it in that You're sort of way. Deacon. I didn't mean it like that. Now he's gone. And then Batman gets him. I and also recorded that. Everybody's going to know Deacon Blackfire. <laughs> Listen to you. You pedophile. You old ghost man. And then he just yells. Batman yells. And like, hey, everybody, you know, nobody believes in you, Blackfire. Get the hell boy. out of we here. go up to the top of the yeah, world. Yeah, and then this is the thing where he's like, all right, Joshua, I got you now. You okay? You're safe. Let's get out of this sewer. We're going to walk out of the sewer. And then what? You want to see the sunrise? That's kind of an odd thing for a kid All to right. want. But okay, well, I know this place that we can. I know. But but Batman, I'm afraid of heights. Shut up, now, kid. Now, Shut boy, up. Get on that ledge in the tele- yeah. one of the tallest buildings in he the world. He goes up. It looks like he is in the tallest building on the world that they are sitting on the ledge. The kid looks freezing cold because they're so high up. No shoes. He's standing there. He's got no shoes on. And they're gonna watch. We're gonna the, wait for your parents. And then I he didn't says, tell them as well. This building's you. elevator's broken. It's only 190 floors. It's 109 floors. Who's the parents are gonna come? And 
Where's my son? What the fuck are you doing? He's sitting on a ledge on the deal. I've heard the song Tears in Heaven. Eric, it doesn't work out well. These are the things that lead you to write songs like this. I don't want another Tears in Heaven. He's there on this thing. It's so ridiculous that they're on the top oh, of a building. It is. Uh, the narration, the oh, voice of Batman. God. I tell you, we'll, we'll continue later on when we do the Man of Steel talking about Bendis' voice yeah, for Batman yeah. and how it's terrible. This feels worse to me just because we got an entire issue of it. And plus, I'm not a fan of the art as well, but the whole scenario, <sighs> Deacon Blackfire, the almost – like Batman feels almost like he's a crazy survivalist I the way he talks to himself. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's like somebody's been lost in the woods for months. All I know is at the end, Batman pulls out, would you know my name? He's there, there on the building that has to be thousands of feet. I turned my head in. for a second to boy. Jesus he really wanted to see that sunrise. Yeah, he was dead. Hey, he flew too close to the sun. He's dead. I just imagine that these the parents, pavement. these parents, it was actually, the pavement was his enemy when he hit. <laughs> uh, hopefully by the end he jumps out of an elevator. I don't know. I was going to do a Looney Tunes thing. It makes no sense. It's such a stupid thing. And I see people's reviews of, and then it ends by showing you just how great Batman is. Really? Like, this is how he things. got like, Robin's right, we, we killed. the boy to the top of this building. He wants to see the sunrise. I just like to imagine this Batman just thinks to himself as the sun is coming up, I could have been that homeless man, you know? <laughs> I just, the, the way it, it also is to me Batman is like, has. this is almost like what they're playing on is the city kid who's in the, the country and wants to yeah. see the stars for the a sunrise, and he takes him up to the building, you know, because you got to be closer. Oh, my God. I, I have been walled up in a sewer for days, I'm assuming. I, I thought hours. I don't know. I, I, I mean, really. Days I don't think a day has passed. So uncomfortable in this You know what I room. want? I, here. Hey, uh, kid, you, you, uh, you're done. You want to go see the sunrise? No, actually, I'd like to take a goddamn shower and get me something home, to eat. I want to eat. Take me home. Like, why do my parents have to pick me up? Why can't you take me to them? <laughs> yeah, what, what are you, you doing here? You got one of those mobiles. Yeah, the what, what, mobiles. What are you <laughs> What are you trying to prove here, Beth? Yeah, he's looking at it. He's going to make He's the next Robin after Why Damien. Why you bring me up nah. here? I said <laughs> the, the kid's sunrise. Like, Holy shit. I can see the sunrise from the fucking street we level. We level. We came out of the sewer. Why we, we walked come up here? right out of the sewer. And, and the thing is, in my mind, when they walked out of the sewer, it was already daylight. I see light coming up from where they're going. No, we can catch up with that sunrise on, on the rooftops. Nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. I just now I want to hear tears in heaven. <sighs> it's going to happen. Joshua's parents are going to be strumming that one. Uh, I gave it a 3.5 uh, for a lot of reasons. It's just I the, think you are being generous. the story is complete and utter nonsense. I, well, I told you, I thought that the art fit the tone. So I'll go with that. Uh, it does anger me, though, that DC thinks that they can pull the wool over our eyes here and try to make us think that this was like a palate cleanser. I, I that don't this even was supposed care about any of that. If they would have had a decent story that felt no, like a Batman but they, deal. But they didn't. Else. This is my point. They went and read. This was the best. I can imagine the shit they fucking turned down. Yeah, can you imagine it? Can you imagine? Can you believe it? <laughs> I'm, no, I'm losing my you, voice. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the art, even if it goes with the story. That's a shitty art going with a shitty story as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. 
the whole Deacon Blackfire was nonsense. And the, <laughs> the biggest offending offense of all is just the idea of this Batman sounding and acting the way he is. It's just ridiculous and does not feel like any Batman I know or want to know. But I'd give it a three out of ten. So I was being generous, but you only went one down, Eric. That, that's fine. I don't mind that, my friend. Uh, but we're going to move on to the next uh, deal, I was going to try to play a little Tears in Heaven, and of course I went to saying, YouTube. What the hell was that? Well, because I, I went to YouTube, and everything Jesus. has to have a stupid ad beforehand, Eric. Everybody's got to make their slice of the pie here. Here we go, Eric. All right, there we go. This is what Joshua's parents are, are listening to every night as they never clear out his room, Eric. That room will stay the same. For the rest of his life. I just I like to imagine their posters are fucking the sunrise. He just loves that sunrise. <laughs> the death of him. Okay. They go, yeah, that's the thing, too, that makes me laugh, too. Have you ever heard of anybody like, I know the sunrise, that is something, but just yeah. as a kid, like, boy, my son, he loves the moon. Like, yeah, our son loves that sun. He's always staring at it like a goddamn retard. We keep well, telling him not to. He sees blind. Every morning, wakes us the fuck up to see this goddamn sunrise. <laughs> like, I've seen the sunrise, you know. I want to see the I'm sun lie down. Hey, in. son, lie down for once. Sleep until late. God damn it. Do, do some chores. The weekend. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, Eric, uh, you 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 proved yourself right. I had some fun. There you go. <laughs> talking about it. Uh, this next uh, book, though, it, it's a little bit of a prelude. You know, I love that that word. A little bit. Uh, but I just want to say before we go into it, uh, me and you were shouting at each other beforehand, uh, before recording about this. So I we'll see. How, we'll see how this plays out. Well, I do, Eric. I shouted yeah. enough for the both of us. Batman Prelude to the Wedding. You Batgirl were shouting at me. Versus the Riddler number one. Yeah, I got to the point where I almost disconnected. I almost thought to myself, like one of those where I said, there's times when I read or watch something, and if somebody likes it more than me, I lose respect for them, <laughs> and I have to distance myself from them, but I did not do that. That's just me, Eric. That's, that's how I run. I run hot and cold, baby. I, there's no lukewarm here. Batman Prelude to the Wedding Background versus the Riddler number one, written by Tim Seeley, art by Minkyu Young, Jose Marzan Jr., and Jordi Belair. I don't know if you know this, Eric, but I run hot and cold. That's weird that I put that there, and it really, <laughs> why do these preludes exist other than to make money and run, Eric? At least there seem to be reasons for the first two, even if those reasons were a little bit of a stretch. But this yeah. one, if you you haven't bought this one yet and aren't looking to completely uh, get the whole set, I say skip it, and I wish I did. And you liked it enough. You told me beforehand, and you'll say it now, that you thought that at least you're getting a good Batgirl oh, and a I- I'm good I'm telling you, it's, it's a terrible prelude to the wedding issue, but what we got out of the story, it could have been – you could have just put Batgirl on this, and I would have been happy because this, for the first time in my mind during Rebirth – it's the best Batgirl and Riddler we have seen this in the past two years. Yeah, we really haven't gotten that much Riddler, but you know, yeah, yeah. It, it, you get this. We got the redefined Riddler Batgirl, that Tom but, King created. And, it was terrible. And this is the problem. This is where we got in the argument. I will tell you that the only thing I can see that this is, if they're going to try to convince you that this needed to be, would be that they just want you to know a little bit more about Batgirl and a little bit more about the Riddler. I don't know. It's very stretched. Uh, There is no reason. I think that most people going into this and then out of it would learn nothing more 
about background Riddler than they would have known going in. Uh, and really, you're starting to do these, and now I really want to see where these things are going to tie in for this wedding issue, because if Batgirl's there for one panel in the wedding issue, I'm going to lose my mind. If we have these preludes, I think that it's a money grab. I don't think that anybody really is out there saying I anything different. I think she's different. not even invited. Yeah, well, and with that, well, she was just in the sewers telling Batman that he meant something. So with this whole deal, it doesn't even really tie into how we thought these preludes were working. You right. have this backup with the Joker, where's my invitation you keep getting stuff like that this one actually twisted a little um worst yeah but with that leading to what we're getting we we have a joker story going right now in batman so obviously if he's that upset about the invitation why didn't he ask that now he's worried about the best man aspect of it then he isn't you know all of this twists and turns and these preludes are just there to get money. And I said to you, I think that the problem that DC's having is that these Batman issues leading up to this wedding, they realize that people are jumping on to buy this. They're jumping on to get ready for the wedding. Yeah. And they can't just out of nowhere say, hey, by the way, since we're a month from the wedding, we're going to start charging, or two months even, we're going to start charging three ninety nine an issue. They people can't do that. Pissed. People would get pissed. So they throw these in to make up for the money that they think that they should get with this hype of the wedding and just the idea that these are preludes to the wedding uh they're nonsense they really are now where we're talking about the Batgirl and yes Batgirl in this plays it smart the problem I have and and I will have it but I'm not going to yell about it like I was beforehand is you get the Riddler giving a series of riddles and in my mind in my mind when you get the Riddler I mean even to the 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 Batman 66 nonsense of you know when Batman's solving things like uh you know Catwoman begins with a C. The C has fish. And, you you know, you get this funny deal. But with that, with the Riddler and riddles in medium and stuff like this, and I'll say not just riddles but mysteries, twists, things like that, the way that I like them, the only way they can be clever to me and to actually mean something and to go with them is if I could try to figure them out beforehand. If you have a riddle, now if if you're real smart – you get the idea of a riddle that I should have figured out, but I'm a dummy and I'm terrible with riddles. So all of a sudden, like, oh, I didn't see that. I get it. Whatever. These riddles are set up with the punchline or the solution of the riddle being nothing that we would ever know. These are things that are presented as the solution to the riddle. But it's stuff that seems to be made up. It seems, you know, it's all locations in, in Burnside that right. aren't well-known things. They were never set up, uh, all this sort of thing. So when you get a riddle of, hey, there's going to be this, this, and this, and then it ends up being a location in Burnside that I never knew of and, and really I don't know that anybody would have, there's never that moment of a riddle-type deal of, oh, I, oh, man, that's really clever. That's really smart. So basically you're setting it up. It's almost as if the way I go with it – it would be just the same if we found out that the Riddler was whispering in Barbara's ear to tell her the solution anyway, because her getting the solution doesn't hold weight to me because I can't really see how it's figured out, except that she figures it out. There's no progression of being smart, knowing this, just knowing locations that we don't know about before, and there's never that turnaround of, oh, I get it, I see it. Or the great thing when I think the Riddler is when he has a riddle, and you figure it out before, say, a Batman or a Batgirl, and you're like, 
like, oh man, I'm smarter than them. Look at me. And uh, the only thing that I do like about this, though, is you have the Riddler kind of falling a little for Batgirl, but also saying like, boy, you're you're better at this game uh, than Batman. So you do and get not even a... Not the, even the whole thing, too, it's like not even... I can't even say it's the Riddler falling for Batgirl. It's his, the idea that he need, he wants to have somebody to fall for because if Batman gets that man, yeah. to have his, like, the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, he's finding a villain that completes him. He needs to have that same thing. Yeah. And by the end, even when he's fighting, he's like, look, I know you could never love me. I'm a goddamn murderer. I'll kill children yeah, and all this other stuff. Again, but, like, that I'd was like kinda, to have this. That was the kind of the weird thing like at the end then you get the reset you know it, so yeah. it doesn't matter anyway no i like the idea of you know uh, the riddler saying you know oh i want to find somebody like the, yeah, you like know joker well. but the, the weird thing the st- story we're dealing it with. does but it, it just it never clicks with me first off it, you know it's kind of the riddler is a lot older than her it kind of made me weirded out a little bit with that but just like i said the riddles are just set up to be solved uh without any sort of cleverness or anything it's just solved because of what she knows and so you're just basically roundabout way you're you're going a walking tour of burnside and being shown the sights of burnside while she fights her way to get towards the riddler and And that's the thing we have a bunch we have a bunch of kidnapped people that barbara gordon needs to find and the whole thing too i like the idea where riddler is watching himself because he knows that she has a certain like you know uh um you know, skill with technology yeah. and whatnot. Oh, so he's using analog and, devices yeah. like a Walkman and stuff like that. Yeah. But she's listening to the, like Riddler's voice the entire time with headphones and a Walkman. The entire time she's trying to find these kidnapped people, and he's giving her the he's giving her the Riddlers to find out their like to discern their location. Yeah. And I think within the world that they're actually living in, it makes sense to what they're doing. She's from you know Burnside. It's like you know. I, I don't know. It's like if they had something from Philadelphia and somebody doesn't know Philadelphia, like, oh, I don't know that, so I don't like it. Well, that, they I wouldn't. Just- That's what I'm saying. If you had a mystery and the mystery was just, uh, you know, and you knew nothing about Philadelphia and you yeah. had a movie where somebody was murdered and it all hinged on the idea that, you know, the Franklin Institute has a big heart in it display if you don't you have now made everybody who doesn't know that that it doesn't hit then because at the end you, you want to have these things like a mystery like a movie you said uh what's it called scream friday two the 13th. and friday the 13th at the end if it's revealed this is just the same in that person's world they may have a, a uncle that they knew from when they were six that ends up being the murderer that's never introduced never done at the end where you're trying to figure out the whole time and going oh my god it's the mother oh no it wasn't the mother it's the brother it's not the brother and at the end they're like i knew it all along it was uncle harry and you're like who the fuck is uncle harry you never introduced I, him and then you I, fade to the credits you're like i'm just saying though if i like you know the riddler is hard enough to write for as it is because riddlers in my mind are a pain in the ass but if you had to write something that you every reader has to know the answer to like no that's sure why that most know. of the time the riddles aren't ba- that the riddles will be like i said when we were arguing about it before if you had something of a clever riddle that leads you to a boat and then she's like, oh, my God, the harbor, and goes to the harbor and then see and then works it. That's how you work it so everybody can kind of jump in. You, you have it here where it's like, yeah, you get this, this, and this. and Oh, my God, he means the old, uh, you know, the brewery that was there. And you go and you're like, well, I'm not really involved then. I'm just watching you go from one place to the other with knowledge that I'll never have. And so it just takes you out. And to me, it makes the riddles mean nothing. I wasn't even reading. When I saw the riddles, after the first one, when I realized, there's no way I could have figured this out. 
the next riddle, I just, eh, whatever. Let's see where she goes and just watching the action. Now I'm just watching the action because I know that I can't figure out the riddle. She's just yeah. going from one location to the next. So why isn't I, and that's the problem is he is doing the Riddler, but he's making it in a way that basically it ends up just the Riddler. Okay, go here. It never is any, and she never has any problems, really. And yeah, that might be, you know, showing she's smart. Yeah. But these are located, there's no, uh, you know, look up the, the, just the idea. I mean, I could look up the definition of a riddle. These aren't riddles to us because we're never going to know. This would be like me giving you a riddle about something that but happened to the, me I'm when I was though, seven. Within the world that these people but are existing. But we're not in the world, can. though. But we're not in the world. So, so I'm saying the thing is, but we're outside looking in. We can understand that Macro would have the knowledge to decipher Yeah, but what riddles. I'm saying, that, but that would be like, again, I could I could have that Deacon Blackfire issue. And at the end, we all of a sudden, it ends up, it was the Phantom Stranger. And then you could tell me, oh, they knew, they know him, or you can't tell me that just because Batgirl and the Riddler would know things, that this is written well for everybody else to enjoy. You are taken out of the issue because you don't know these things. I can have a movie where I could set up a goddamn M. Night Shyamalan deal that at the end, instead of, you know, hey, I I see dead people, he says, hey, I I got a, a candy bar. And then somehow in their world, that makes sense. It, it's not just you telling me that it makes sense for Batgirl and the Riddler doesn't make it a good riddle. There's no way to solve the riddle. That's the worst kind of riddle when you get, are given something you can't solve. I mean, they, he could just do as much as two plus two equals five. And Barbara says, well, you know, uh, Batman just figured that out on the back computer that that's it. Then it makes sense in that world. But it, we're seeing things that we don't know. And the riddles are fully based on us seeing her figure these but the, out. I, I There's no the reason. The enjoyment of it is when you get to see where the, like, she goes and why trying mm, to tie it back I, to what I the riddle think is. So. I again, then if if you like that, then there'd be more of these mystery movies and murder mysteries that end up that it's just nobody you know, and then go, oh man, that makes sense, his uncle, and, and you never were introduced to him. It just to me that this is like we say that Tom King can't write riddles, right? Uh huh. These are I could write a. This is writing the riddle, and the this the solution is made up that you made it up this is i'm telling you these are even worse i mean i could say blah 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 leads to blah but i made all of it up including the solution so there's nothing to figure out so i can make it anything so they could say oh you know the tower of love is what used to be but when you go you will see and then she'll go oh my god that means the bell tower Okay, well, I, I'm setting it up that it's just, you don't, there's no cleverness to anything here because everything is just what he has made up to force into what the riddle was. And there's no way to figure it out. And that's what, that's what annoys me so much that I don't care about anything going on because it becomes a, okay, here's another riddle I'm not going to be able to solve, so just get to it. God, God damn it, just get to the fucking Riddler at the end because we know how it's going to work out. So, yeah, I, I just, halfway after two riddles, I was fucking done. I don't need to see any more riddles because there's no reason for me to even see them. I'm just waiting for the next location. So I was done, but you seem to like it. I did enjoy it. Yeah, I, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing. It, it's basically making up everything without anybody knowing so you can never even say boy that wasn't clever because he's made up everything of it it doesn't even make it like i said you can't solve it yourself 
So he could do whatever he wants. And I think that that's lazy. I think that he didn't want to think things through. And all he wanted was Batgirl to go from location to location. And with that, it is all filler. Nothing happens. She just goes from one place to the other to get people that were kidnapped. This is as bad as, you know, when you're playing Arkham City and you got to go around and get the kidnapped. That's all it is. There's nothing that goes on at the end. You know what? We, we couldn't be together. Uh, you know, I was silly about that. I'll tell you, as a prelude, though, but if it was the Riddler just going after Batgirl, say, in her own book, I think it would work well because I think this is the most competent Batgirl we've gotten since Rebirth. And as well, like, you know, it's not the Riddler just saying, you know, oh, he stabbed him 26 times because he had something to say or actually just doing the whole thing that Tom King loves where he'll have the Riddler use a joke because he's like, in his mind, there's no difference between a joke and a riddle. So he's interchanging with Joker and the Riddler for anything that he wants to do with either character. So, like, here we actually have these things that I think are pretty thought out for, like, you know, even when Batgirl goes and talks about how she came to be in this location from what the Riddler said, I'm like, I, I like it. You know, it works for both the characters in my yeah, mind, I, and I, I enjoyed the art overall. I think that the main thing of a riddle and, and a mystery and all that is that you're trying to solve it along with the character, and if you're not, there's no reason for it. There's no reason to see this riddle when you're going, and and that whole stab, that thing, that's not even a riddle. That's not something that was thrown out so we can solve things. That was just a statement uh, like that. If it led to something from there, then I would say, you know what I mean? But this is just, you know, just nonsense that says to lead to the next location that we didn't know of and would never be able to. And so it's just basically just go to there and there and there. And then at the end, you can try to punch me and throw me off the building and then I'll run away. And then it ends up with her... uh, uh, or uh, Riddler on a barge, and Harley shows up and says, you know, where's the Joker? There it is. That, and that, that epilogue is just terrible because now, like, you know, we had the whole thing where we got the Bat family, like, doing this whole thing where it, like, led to, like, you know, the Joker going around and for some reason going after these different things like Ra's al Ghul and then the Riddler and then we got the, you know, the Riddler here. But now we have the Riddler in a barge in the back of a trunk where Harley is, you know, grabbed him and did this to him so she can find out where the Joker is. I'm like, yeah. how is this going to lead to Jason and Anarchy in the next freaking Brave issue? Yeah, it's so weird. And I guess that it's – I don't know. I don't even know how these things even work anymore and why they even have And, them. like, when is the wedding and, the, and, and get, like, the way it's concerned with the timeline of these events? Yeah, yeah. Well, this was definitely my least favorite. I just – I just lost interest because of the idea of it just being going from one location to the other and locations that I'd never even know. So you set up this intricate riddle that you've just set up to match exactly what you're making up without anybody ever being able to play along. So I, I didn't like it. Uh, I'd give it a four out of ten. Uh, the art was good, but yeah, yeah, I thought it was just nonsense and it's just filler. There's nothing to do with the wedding in this and all that. So, uh, what would you give it? Yeah, as a prelude aspect, I don't think uh, this is probably the weakest of all the preludes for what we're dealing with here. But the issue itself, I actually had a good time with. I like the character, like the way they are presented here. And it's I really just got excited because I want to have these characters like this normally and we never get a chance to have it. So I was happy to have it. So I give it a 6.8 out of 10. Now, I'm just a, a riddle is a question or statement intentionally phrased. So to require ingenuity and in ascertaining its answer or meaning by the listener typically presented as a game. And I, I just couldn't get involved. So and the listener Batgirl was. But doing no, that. but we are too. I mean, they're writing it for us. And so we're just basically just sitting there. 
just along for the ride of not knowing anything. And it's based on riddles that we never could solve. Like I said, to me, it's so much like a horror movie that there's a killer. And at the end, you would never have met this person before. And then you're just supposed to be like, well, it would make sense in their world. They knew this teacher. Well, it's almost like a whole thing. Like, you know, you have Sherlock Holmes whenever you like, you know, oh, we're going to go here. Well, why is that elementary, my dear Watson? And he explains why he's getting to the thing from what he discerned. Yeah, but at the end, the mystery makes sense of what you've seen. I'm telling you, this would be like if you had a school teacher that abused you as a kid. Uh, or you you abused him. You made fun of this guy, whatever. And you have a whole movie where you never mention this guy. And then at the end, he pops up. Oh, I'm the killer. And you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like he, we used to make fun of him. But it's it's at the end. It just there's no fun to it and no like part. You're not part of it. Where usually with the Riddler, that's what you get. He presents a riddle and you sit there and try to figure it out with Batman with what you've been presented in the issue and how it goes, what you know, you know, normally it's just not just, oh, that means this part of Burnside that you guys would never know because I'm making it up for the riddle. So that's what drove me nuts. Basically, the solution of the riddle was made up for the riddle, and it just never was clever or anything, and I I lost interest. But we're going to go off now to the mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. All right, Eric, starting off with the old wrong turn. He is not banned anymore, but really Says isn't. You. He's not really interacting with us that much, though. We don't see him that much anyway. Uh, but he seems the way to be. I like it. He seems to be a little happier that we're talking to him, and he's always going to be there when I'm going to want him to record more things. That's the only reason the ban was lifted. That's it. And I, I felt you're bad. using that for a retarded he boy. Se- he seems sad, so I, I, he doesn't have many friends. So, and, and why would he? he There's lives, reasons for that. He lives in the parking lot. <laughs> Of our work and never really goes anywhere. So how could he even make friends? And the people but, that he does talk about, he does talk shit to yeah, everybody yeah, else that's that makes happens. up all this nonsense. Yeah, it just goes around. It's it's the we have the roller coaster ride of emotions here on this podcast. He is the merry-go-round of shit talking and friends uh, because they all keep okay. failing. Yeah, yeah. So he comes back. You ki- you try to ignore him, but you can't because he always says nonsense, and you always have to jump in about your horror movie. Well, that's nonsense. the worst part because you you lifted the ban. He came over and talked to you and me together. I didn't say anything at first, but he wanted to talk about Halloween, and like I'm like, God damn it! Everything you're saying now, I told you a year ago. Why are you throwing it at me now that you just learned this? But the problem is. It was lunchtime. You you come back from lunch a little <laughs> bit later than most. Yes. And he came back and decided he wanted to talk to me about a bunch of stuff, like the Meg. I'm yeah. like, oh, you got to talk to Jim about the oh, Meg. Oh, the Meg. He, he never that. did. Uh, what uh, I got from him, and you were there too, he's like, hey, did you hear they're doing the next Fast and the Furiouses? And we're like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. That makes money. He's like, I can't believe they're going to have, you know, they're going to keep going a- after that guy died. And like, the last movie. Yeah, we're like, that's what happened. The <laughs> yeah, but they're going to have his brother, so that's good. But why are they doing it? 
Like, and they're doing it because they're going to make money. I mean, I said, you make money, they're going to keep doing it. I know. But my my brother-in-law says that they shouldn't do it. And then three minutes later, my cousin, my uncle, it just kept changing. Whoever he was talking about changed because he was obviously lying again. And then he walked away. And you said, is this why you lifted the band to drive me nuts? And I said, indeed it is. I'll kill you. I'll kill everybody. Indeed it is. Male section number one. Ooh-wee, Eric, we're starting off with some fun. We can actually, you know, settle down a little, all, all this right. nonsense, and have some fun because if you want to be in the mail section and want us to have fun with you as well or you want to throw shade and get me fucking fired up, you can do that as well. Uh, you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and we will read everything positive, negative, in between. Uh, but we're going to start with a couple new emailers, Eric, one being right. Rick Mills. Rick Mills. Now, unfortunately, Rick is going to email us here. Uh, there's a good chance that he will not hear this email for at least 10 years, Eric, because He's going through the old podcast. So he's emailing us about an older podcast. But here he says, Ray, he says, hello, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and Brandon and Chris, possibly. He has that in question marks because he has no idea if they've continued. (laughs) And they have. (laughs) My name is Rick, and I recently stumbled upon your podcast. I'm 26 and have always wanted to read comics. But for one reason or another, I always, yeah, in your heart, I always seem to not have time to read them. I remember when I was about 18, some friends and I went into a comic comic store not really knowing much about comics i was very it was very intimidating like walking into a gym eric will take your word for that as a kid i just wanted to get it out before you got me as a kid i remembered the death of superman book that my aunt had given me i lost it at some point and when i saw a wall of books i started asking the guy at the store that i if he had anything like that so basically he's like hey you know the one book that he remembers and you have anything like death of superman of course he was suddenly very agitated with me well, now he thinks he has to go over there and do some actual work. He's not used to this. That's why. Yeah, and you're imagining this guy's really fat, right? Oh, Is of that course what you're I thinking? am. Because I'm telling you, when Rick asks him immediately, I hear, <sighs> yeah. <sighs> and then he has to get up and walk over there. Yep. <sighs> and basically, if, if it was like this, he really could have gotten out easy, this guy, and maybe just sh- last days of Superman, maybe. Uh, you know, not that I'm oh, saying he, it's good I or bad. Some of this bullshit. I'm telling you, I'm sure that he has that trade and it ain't selling. So right there, you got a sucker. You, know, you, want, you want another death of the Superman, do you, buddy? <laughs> was it the way I asked or was he having a bad day? No, it's probably, no, probably because a he's a dick. That's yeah. why. I'll never know. Good I for you. Said, we have a comic book shop that's run by a dick. We don't yeah. go there anymore. I, I, I'm telling you, I have gone Little there more than once dick. that I had stuff ready to buy and put it down and left in a huff. <sighs> but it definitely made me stay out of the comic book stores for another six years. It'd be funny. It was like, you know, there's not much else to do in Coopersburg. It's <laughs> all ties in there. Thus, my knowledge of comic book characters uh, limited to all of the Batman games, Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond, Smallville, Superman the Animated Series, Teen Titans, and any movie about superheroes. And I'll tell yeah, you right that's now. That's a good start. And I'll tell you, Rick, y- you are all of those above what I was. Yeah. I had nothing. You know what I had? I had one Eric Shea. 
right there. I had Eric Shea telling me Continuity everything kid. that I needed to know. Yes. Uh, he says, I may be dead inside, but I love my superheroes yeah. to be filled with emotion. So Green Lantern seemed like the perfect place to start. After doing some research, I was recommended as a good starting point to read the 2004 run of Green Lantern Rebirth. That's a yeah. very good time to start. I absolutely loved it and continued to Blackest Night, where I was enamored with the character. I you started missed the reading... Sinestro Corps War, the I second st- part of the trilogy. Yeah, listen here, buddy. I started reading the New 52 and enjoyed it up until Relic arrived, Eric. I hear that. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Like I decided. Ben- Diddy came on. I decided to start looking into other superheroes. Captain Adam. I, I mean, really, they, what is going on? It, are you and Rick already becoming best friends, Eric? Listen yep. to this. Listen to this nonsense. Captain Adam, Constantine, Deathstroke, the Fury of the Firestorm, Martian Manhunter, and Wonder Woman. Some of these were good, but I didn't really know what characters were out there and what I actually liked. So I decided to look into graphic novels that had team-ups. Again, this is Eric Shea. Demon Knights, <laughs> Justice League, Justice League, Dark Stormwatch, Suicide Squad, and Teen Titans. I'm glad I did. I got to learn about some really cool characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Overall, I have never had much interest in Marvel Comics. Every podcast I've tried to listen to split their time between DC and Marvel Comics. I had no desire to waste time listening to Marvel reviews that I didn't care about. Shade on him. Shade on Brandon. So I tried to find a strictly DC Comics podcast. I, I was waiting for this where I'm reading this, and Rick seems like a real nice guy. And I'm waiting for this, like, then the first thing I heard was Brandon's marble mouth from Buffalo, and boy, I didn't listen to you guys for another year. I saw your podcast length. And immediately knew you guys had something going on down there. Like in real life. <laughs> he said, I saw your podcast like that. Immediately knew you guys were what I was looking for. That's, it says you That's and nobody else. Bar. This is, well, this is what I want everybody to say. Like, oh my, it, it's so funny. There is a weird divide. You have a point where people are saying to you, oh my God, thank you for all this work you're doing. Then somewhere where I would say is about the five and a half hour mark, Eric, yeah. when it starts Probably beyond that is, how dare you try to Where'd make me? And, and all of a sudden, it's that we're making people, we're holding them hostage with, with a longer podcast. Listen, me and, me and Eric don't have lives. We have nothing. We get done here. We don't I'd have like anything to have else to life. do. After listening for a little bit, I realized that from just a glimpse – it seems like you guys are negative. Now, again, it's funny because he's way back in the 70s of the podcast. And I'm, I'm thinking Ooh, to myself, wait. those were the good old days. <laughs> wait till he gets to it a little bit. But you guys are just passionate and real about your reviews, and I greatly appreciate it. It wasn't I wasn't sure where to start, but then it hit me. I hadn't started Rebirth yet, and I thought I could start reading some uh, with you guys. That yeah. is why you are getting this email about a podcast you did two years ago. And like I said, I think this is about – and I didn't write down the deal because it was in the the uh, the header of it, the subject line. I think that this was about uh, episode 73 possibly. I'm trying to look. Now, oh, yep, it is 73 because he writes back again. But I understand if the email just goes to your spam or trash. Since I've just given a bunch of information you probably don't care about. That's now, what he calls I'm the alone. podcast. Yeah, and <laughs> I jotted down a few notes and thought I'd write my own thoughts. Not that you asked for or cared for, but I like it. Now, here's the thing. This is what I really like about when we get emails like this. It, it's going to bring up something that me and Eric argued about that when you hear about it now, it's so silly. 
It's ugly Ruggin, but he says, Jim, you've become my new hero with your fake grocery story. Returning to your car with fake groceries to avoid interaction with people is something I would do. The fact that you actually did it was amazing. Yeah, I, I have done that. I may have even done it this week. Also, as you uh, will hear coming out of this, I have a little story that I saw Eric at Walmart after we got done recording and just didn't even say anything to him because I didn't think that me or him wanted to talk to each other yeah. at that point. So I just let Let's him go. Keep professional, and then Jim. I thought he died. You'll hear that story in a minute. Uh, you guys were talking. Here's what I said was funny. You guys were talking about the rankings of freeze pops. Damn right. <laughs> here's my rating. Ah, uh, hey. yes. Number one, he says red. Number two, green. Gross. Green. Uh, Number no, three, pink. Number yeah. four, orange. Orange, really? I mean, anybody in, in, who's sane, purple and orange are always at the bottom. You'll, if you go to anybody's Blue's house, at the bottom, if Jim. anybody has no, kids right. and you go to their house, there's a good chance they're going to have at least a couple orange and purple pops. I think pops. I have orange and purple ones in my freezer right yeah. now. Nonsense. And you don't have kids that you know of. Number five, blue. <laughs> Number six, purple. And I wrote back to him and I said, Rick, I love your email. Thank you for starting to listen. And I love hearing from people who are, you know, behind at that point and see what they're, they're liking yeah. and not liking. But it's blue or nothing. You're a bunch of bullshit is what I told him. <laughs> so take Pink. that, buddy. I mentioned earlier that I've never really cared for Marvel. I heard that Captain America was actually a Hydra agent, was intrigued, never looked yeah, into it. But I hypothesized that he was actually a triple agent. I'm curious to what happened with that series. And I'm going to go with what you already told me. You don't want to hear this Marvel nonsense. So I'm going to uh-huh. go on there. He kind of was. Uh, reading the new 52 Just League's Dark Side War was a lot of fun. Being that my knowledge is not as extensive as you guys. I mean, really, Eric. We are performers and entertainers, right? Oh, my. God damn it. Performers and informers. Just say it once. No, we're dummies. I'm not going to say the informers. Uh, I'm not Snow. I'm no informer. If I didn't, you you know what they say, informers get the stitches. If I didn't understand something, I just said, that's comics. That's what Eric says to me. You know what? Just replace that with, it's just the war of the immortals. And then you're right there (laughs) on line with him. Both of you will drive me nuts. I probably need to go Quiet back and down, do research. Dummy. Maybe one day you'll be able to understand yeah, what's really. going on with the war of the immortals. <laughs> I just don't get it. It's just me. <laughs> However, yeah, wait till you hear that later. When it came to the anti-life equation, I was so confused and all I wanted to do was get through it and move on. Now, I I'll tell you right now. You have to go. Every time it's brought up, I just want to move on. There's there's a couple things that have crippled me in life. One, my meeting of Eric. That's one of those. Uh, My other is my ADD. My ADD is such a cripple. I I cannot – like Eric will ask me, hey, you should watch this or watch that. I I just can't pay attention. I can't do it. I go all over. Really, the only thing though – the ADD has helped me out in a couple things that drive Eric nuts. One, the anti-life equation and also time travel in books. I cannot wrap my head around it uh, for enough length of time that I just go with it. You show, you say, hey, he wants the anti-life equation. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm with it. I don't cool. want him. If he's bad, oh, my goodness, he's a bad guy. Don't want him to get that. I, don't, uh-huh. I have no idea. And then at one point, I wish that I had this uh, set up where Grant Morrison pretty much spelled it out. And I'm telling you, it's like love plus – it's like Lo- that. No, love minus yeah. hope you minus – You know what it was? 
I mean, if, if you guys know what this is, you'll probably get a chuckle. It's that girl who, that lady who ended up getting arrested for stalking that guy by sending him 8,000 fucking uh, emails and texts and then went to him and she got arrested and basically said that love is a black hole of this minus infinity. And I'm telling you, she was actually telling us the anti-life equation is what it was. And I'm saying, uh, my ears, Jim. it confused me. I'm glad I'm not the only one who had trouble understanding it. When Hal gave Batman his ring, it was supposed to help Batman increase his will. I immediately called bullshit. This is when my knowledge of the Green Lanterns came in handy. Now, all of a sudden, he became an informer and a performer. In the Green Lantern rebirth run, the Green Arrow used a ring to produce a single arrow to fight Sinestro. Moments later, Ollie says, I don't know if I could have used this thing again. Feels like I haven't slept in days. Hard to think I'm exhausted. Forcing your willpower into the ring uh asking it to give your thoughts life is that what it's like to which kyle rayner ex- responds every time every damn time now i understand that building a construct in the ring? and actually but what's he talking the ring and actually producing will to get out of a chair are two different things but i've always understood that the ring selects people who already have strong willpower not to give strong willpower and that is true throughout people this series Ability to the ability to overcome great fear, which i that's not me, Eric. That, that is not me at all. Not me either. Yeah. Throughout this series, I really enjoyed reading about Mr. Miracle. Oh, no. And I intend to learn more about him. Oh, my goodness. Right. Wait till you hear that coming up. I'm telling you, this is why I like there's Rick, and we're, we're basically now this is time travel. And I want to go and warn Rick about what he is about to embark on. <laughs> Keep doing what you guys do. And I'll be writing it again soon. Oh, Rick. Oh, you, Rick. Ricky. But yeah, he, he's in for say. He thinks that, and really, he is listening to the podcast at the beginning of Rebirth. And I'm telling you, to me, everything was flowers and, oh and, and fireworks and RC Cole. It was. Wait till he gets to this episode. Holy moly. Dennis is next, Eric. And Dennis says, Dear Jim Dennis, and Eric. Dennis, I don't know that name. Yeah, I know because he's new, Eric. These are nice. new people. This is awesome. Dear Jim and Eric. Uh, you know, some up, people Dennis. actually end up listening to us and like us enough. Uh, let me start by saying that I really enjoy the podcast and I've been listening since around the start of Rebirth. I've been a fan nice. of comic books since I was a young kid, although I did take a long break from comics and other geek stuff to drink lots of alcohol and chase girls, just I like Eric Shea. So I was allergic to hops, which you'll learn later. It's not really true, Eric. Oh, my goodness. No, they were allergic to me. So (laughs) Rebirth really had me excited. It's funny, too, because they say that because somehow every time they were with me, I gave them a rash, Eric. I'm not sure why that happened. I just don't know why. You should get that checked out. I should. So Rebirth really had me excited. And at first, I was okay, perfect. It was an okay, perfect jumping on point. Started off great. And then DC was like, fuck these guys. We're going to do what we want. Who cares what they think? And we're going to let Tom King totally ass rape the Batman comic. Oh, my goodness. And basically take Batman out of the Batman comic. I think by the end of this, he's going to tell me it's the War of Immortals. Yeah, <laughs> no, Wednesday is a day to look forward to for comic book readers. Let's go pay two ninety nine for a Batman comic and read about Booster fucking Gold. As you can tell by this email, I like Batman. He's awesome, but I have to go and buy new 52 trades to get a good Batman story. There's something that Dancing Mike does not appreciate. Thanks to you guys for recommending those Court of Owls. It was great. I, I did like that. Also, I started reading the Rebirth Deathstroke trades, and those are really good, which you guys no. also recommended. Anyways, I would like to have... Look, we're, do- we're doing good work over we here. We are. Jim. We're doing the God's work, Eric. Anyways, I would love to have What's the it? Batman comics put back on the regular podcast, basically because I want to hear Jim Rant and Rave and lose his goddamn mind. 
I think I've just shifted it to the fucking immortal men. I hear enough of this. Come <laughs> yeah, on, you don't want you. this. Yeah, but you you have to hear it either way. He says it is I entertaining. Hear it before this even gets on record, like starts recording. He says it's entertaining. <laughs> Almost as entertaining as Wrong Turns, dumbass. The Wrong Turn soundboard that you use cracks me up and often has my wife wondering what the hell is so funny while I'm mowing the grass. Is that the case? Must be Eric Shade Reborn. Oh my goodness, watch Shut out. Wrong He's turn. mowing right now. Watch out for the pistol shrimp. Pistol shrimp. <laughs> Wrong Turn actually is the one thing that keeps me sane. I picked up the Fresh Start Deadpool number one. Cue Eric saying, Fresh Start, all sexy like Eric. Fresh Start. Fresh Start. How's that? Was that sexy? How about Sires. that? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do my sexy voice. I'm actually, I'm so glad we do mail because I was having such a bad time tonight. <laughs> and nobody would ever know listening that we're recording this after the end of the podcast when I was about to just end it all. Uh, here, Yeah, this, you're about to slice I, your wrist. Here, I actually told you to put it down. Yeah, here's Fresh Start for me in a sexy way, what she really wants. Fresh Start. Is that good? Yeah. Does that sound good? Fresh Start. Hey there. Fresh Start, sexy days. Hey, you want to come over to my van and get a little Fresh Start there, kiddies? There you go. That's what I say. That's what I'm picking up. I need a fresh start from this fresh start. That's, that's when I'm picking up my kids at the pool. I enjoyed the Deadpool a lot. It had me laughing out loud. Maybe DC will die. I guess he didn't listen to our Marvel podcast. Uh, we'll deal with that again someday, hopefully. But until then, I'll still tune into you guys reviewing the books. Keep fighting the good fight. Sincerely, Dennis. But you guys can call me Windsock. I forgot how much this made me laugh when I saw it. You can call me Windsock. Maybe one day I'll tell you how I got that name. And then he says, P.S. Eric. Okay, Dennis. He says, P.S. I like the killing. I like the killing. And it's funny <laughs> because I ended up sending back. I'm like, hey, thanks for writing. And I did see that at the end. So I like, hey, thanks for writing. You know, keep writing and all. Windsock. I gave it to him. That would be funny. We're like, okay, Dennis. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you, Dennis. And thank you, Rick. I always like hearing uh, from new people. And really, uh, yeah, I great. thank you guys because you pretty much have recharged my batteries now, uh, which we're now going to go off to books. That's going to sound like I've lost my mind again, I think. I think the first Good book, because I think the first book's Wonder Woman. I think I do lose my mind a bit, and that may call it garbage. But we'll see. We'll see, Eric. I, I don't remember. I don't remember these things. But yeah, uh, and back to the whole deal with Dennis, uh, with Batman. Again, it, it is on Wind the Patreon stop. right now, and I'm not going to say, like, oh, you're going to do that. Eventually, we said, it will be back on the regular podcast. We just want to give it a little breathing room because of the fact that people were kind of complaining and saying, hey, you know, you, you just were saying the same things over and over again and whatnot. I actually – your Dennis is now part of the process. I trust the process uh, because eventually we will come back, and then everybody will be happy to hear what we say. I, I think it was going on deaf ears, Eric, uh, meaning your when I go on like what? this. Yeah, there you go. Not only were you blind, your ears are supposed to get better when you're this blind, and suddenly Man, you, have, you have selective problems. Selective I'm not on a soapbox. I, it might be a step Oh, you're just trying to reach the top shelf. Oh, the top there we shelf. go. This top shelf. I'm getting the, <laughs> the top shelf stuff. All right. Well, we're going to go off now to some more books. So close, no matter how far. Ginger views come straight from the heart Forever trust in one as words Cause ginger views matter Jim 
brings himself this way to his wife or his family. Let's not forget Eric Shea, cause his reviews matter. Trust I seek and I find in him. Twelve hours a week we get jammed. Open mind for fuck you five. Cause Jim's reviews matter. Boom. Here we are, Eric. Here we are. I hope your reviews matter because there's two books in this section oh, that are yours. Oh, my. Oh, yes. Uh, and mine. I only have one. Uh, this is our largest section, I believe, of, of books me and you are talking about. And so I, I hope it hits hard, Eric. I'm trying to gather up my gumption uh, God, to get through does. these reviews. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, last night, after we got done, me and you did our uh, recording for all right. our spotlights, the Patreon and whatnot. And I had talked on the Patreon spotlight about how my uh, credit card, uh, my debit card was not working, that I have a strip on there that's not working. Also, I was getting a malfunction of my chip. chip. And we were talking about it, and I said, ah, you know, I'm going to have to deal with it. I'm going to have to get a new card, whatnot. Uh, after we got done recording, I went to Walmart. Me and Rafe and Logan went to Walmart. We're shopping, and I'm yeah. going, and suddenly, Eric, I saw Lady Jessica there. And I saw her, and she kind of – she looked at me, and uh, then she didn't know. She she I've never really met her, so she, she yeah, really doesn't know once. who I am. Yeah, I met her once at the library. Uh, she didn't really know who I am or doesn't know, so I just – kind of i don't want to get her all nervous and jerky or whatever so i just who is this hopeless man who's this guy so i thought oh i'll probably see uh eric shea we were walking around looking for we didn't see us so we go and we were checking out at the self-checkout uh where i saw lady jessica had already checked out and was waiting patiently for you and as i was checking out I said to the kids, I don't know if my card is going to work. So they got all like, oh, then we're not going to stand around and wait. They, you know, they didn't want to do that and stand around uh, to be embarrassed. So they walked away. And then I looked and pretty much right next to me was one Eric Shea checking out with his stuff. Uh, and I said nothing to you. And you went through your whole process. You checked through. You walked by me. You, you ended up just leaving. And uh, the whole story of this then. And I ended up having problems. Not anything to do with the goddamn card. It ended up to do with Walmart. At one point, I scanned this uh, pizza. Of course, Eric, I'm not buying full-price items. I'm no oh, Rockefeller. No. This was a you know half-price deal. But the hand scanner was, was disabled. It wasn't working. So I tried to scan it. And uh, it scanned the big thing because they put those yellow stickers, but they're so small it doesn't cover things. So I asked the lady, hey, you got to come over. She changes it by going, oh, you have to realize that you have to cover. The way she had to do it looked like you needed three arms and a foot to cover up this thing and scan it. So she scans it. Well, then we get to the end that says, uh, "Did are all the things out of your cart? Have you emptied your cart? You know, that sort of thing that they give you at the end. And I put, yeah. 
all of a sudden it says like you need assistance or uh you know i needed the lady to come over and verify that and i was so angry so she comes over I, this was taking forever so we finally get done the card works then when i when i put yeah. it in and so we're going to leave Mine works faster and and tanya well it wasn't the card that was the problem the card was fast as hell it was everything else so i get in the car <laughs> and uh tanya calls and says oh are you guys on your way home and i said yeah and she's like oh good because there's a huge accident on 309 i'm like oh no eric and jessica got in an accident and then i'm thinking to myself this accident was caused because I didn't stop you, and yeah. I could have delayed that. So I thought you and Jessica died, and if I would have just had you stop for two seconds. You could have said so, something. I can't see no, anybody I'm not around gonna, me. I'm you, not you looking right around. By. I don't need to talk to you. I, I just got done talking to you for three hours. I, I didn't need that nonsense. What are we going to say? We didn't see hey, each buddy. other, though, Tim. Uh, how's didn't it see, going? I'm going to turn the video on right now. Uh, so we no. look at each other. Hey, oh, how's it going there, buddy? What you buy there? I, your I peanuts? I see you got a pizza there. You That's got the Oh, my goodness. You eating the pickles? And so I get home, and I get on my tablet, and I'm like, hey, uh, what you buy at Walmart? As a joke, I put, what you buy at Walmart, huh? And you'd be like, well, the fuck did he know I went to Walmart? And you guys didn't respond. And it was like 20 minutes. And usually, you know, you get home, I'm like, well, he's either making love to sweet lady Jessica, or he died in a car wreck. I'm like, oh, no. He died in a car wreck. So I messaged Jess. I have her cell phone number because I, you know, basically I needed to yell at her when you don't show up at work and then say, is he coming to work? So nobody's answering. So I ended up having to get my car and drive over to your goddamn apartment to make sure that your car was there. I see it there. I was going to start honking. Then I was going to, you know, start playing in your eyes with with my phone above my head to try to get you to come. Yeah, no, I just was like, God damn it. That asshole. The best part about all. Oh, this is, is uh, I was, you know, I got home, I grabbed some peanuts, I was eating some pickles, oh, I was watching some pickles. Highlander the series. Mm. And then at one point, I actually get done the episode I was watching. I go and I see that you sent me something. So I sent something to you right back. At this point, Jessica was walking to the bedroom to go to bed or Man. something along those lines. The thing is, she comes walking out after I talked to you for a couple minutes now, and you're just all mad at me because you didn't I even tell me that. You, you did. Exactly. You didn't tell <laughs> me. Jess comes out at one point. Oh, Jim, Jim sent us a message about he saw us at Walmart. Isn't that nice? He's checking up on us. Yeah, yeah, checking the up on us. What the fuck are you talking about no. checking up on us? Because I didn't get the rest of the message about yeah. the whole accident. I'm like, yeah, I was talking to Jim. He's like, isn't he so nice? What are no. you talking about? No. Uh, he, I sat there. He saw I'm us like, Walmart. He's a fucking creeper. It, it was it was all selfish because I, I thought that I had caused your death and then I would be miserable the rest of my life thinking I would have gotten over it. But I thought – then I thought like – the fuck we have goddamn for two things i thought we have a lot of work to do this weekend for this podcast he better not be in an accident then i also thought god damn it he's not going to be at work tomorrow i need to take off because i had to do some shit for tanya and her disability nonsense so i had to take off then i'm thinking if eric's not there they're going to be really pissed if i try to take off so yeah i was all selfish i didn't care one bit then i was like i hope he gets in an accident and then i was going to egg your your jess's call you could have told me you weren't going to be in today well, I, I didn't know at that point uh we were well, still trying know. to figure things out and i was I, at work i was at work today where you weren't everybody's come to me yeah jim was saying he wasn't feeling very well yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, he was seating his goddamn yeah no i told you i told in. you when we were talking yesterday i felt dizzy this. i felt dizzy all day <laughs> and i ended up going to get something to eat and that goddamn car didn't let me so yeah i actually left a little early yesterday too yeah. but no i had to get this shit done 
uh, for Tanya's disability, I had to call and all this stuff, and I called all day, and the son of a bitch that was supposed to be there and take my call, I, I just kept getting an answer machine and kept, you know, saying, oh, when are you going to call me back? This is bullshit and all this stuff. It's all, it's all downhill for me, and, and nothing works out, Eric. It never works out, so it was a wasted day off. And the thing is, too, nobody actually ever came back into the warehouse today mm. at all. I know I they didn't. I didn't see anybody, and Edwin wasn't there. No. It was it was it was ridiculous. So I actually had oh, no one to talk to. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I knew that my kind of main boss, he wasn't going to be there. I yeah, actually looked. Was. I did an Eric Shea, and I, I pretty much gathered up what was going to happen today. And I'll tell you, I could have asked you last night, are you definitely going to be in work? And you'd say, I don't know. We'll see how, how things yeah. roll. And I didn't want to be at work today by myself because I knew I had nothing to do. There was nothing at all. I'm, I have stuff that is set for me to do on Monday. Nothing today. So I'm like, screw it. I, I ended up. And the other thing is calling in sick because you'll never call in. I do. Yeah. The problem is we have a night shift. And if you call before two o'clock, they answer. I don't want to talk to somebody. So I actually Absolutely had not. to wait up. I stayed up till two thirty so I could call into work. I didn't even. Then I went so to bed and I got. Oh, it's really ridiculous. And here, when I call in too, I put it on speaker and I have my finger. I got an itchy hang up finger in case somebody is there still. I'll hang right up. I'll never talk to anybody. And then I, oh, this is Jim. Not, not gonna be in. I was making up all. You should have heard me. It sounded like I was half dead. And now I, I figure nobody was there. So the hell with yep. it, Eric. The hell with it. But yeah, I was just worried that you had died. Uh, mainly because then I'd have to go to work, and I did not want to at that point. But, Eric, we're not here to talk about that. Everybody's alive, and nobody went to work. <laughs> yeah, everybody's alive, and, and well, and now we have some comics to talk about. And it's going to start, you know, obviously, it's already started. We've, we've talked about two books, but this is going to continue kind of this process um, I, I'm just waiting to have some fun with these comics. I, I just, that's all I need. And I have some people sending me messages, Eric. I don't know if you're aware of this. They're sending me messages to ask if I'm on a ledge ready to jump up. <laughs> I got at least three messages today that said, hey, I'm worried about you. Uh, I hope that you're not really as upset as you seem at these comics. Seems like I, somebody listened to the Mr. Miracle yeah, review. Well, yeah, well, I, I, I ended up writing back, yeah, I, I'm as angry about these comics as as it seems. I'm not making it up, but it's okay. I said that a lot of the stuff, it's, it's peaks and valleys. It's the roller coaster ride of emotions. So what I'm saying is, everybody, you, you got to stay on the ride with us because this ride – uh, it will get better. I think it'll get better once we get to these new creative teams and things like that. But with that, this section of books kind of should be the best of the night because these are the regular writers. We have an event in the middle of this. And still, I, I'm having a lot gods? of problems. Yeah, no, I'm talking about uh. the Flash War. The Dark Gods, to me, is is hardly any sort of event, especially <laughs> after this issue. Uh, but yeah, with that, you just got to hang tight and, and whatever. But and now I'm depressing myself. I was trying to tell a story about you dying. That was supposed to put a smile on my face, and it didn't. Put a smile on my face? Yeah, I thought about go. how wonderful it would be if no, I would have died last night. No, you're like, oh, look at him. He really cares. You said that to me like, who? You let it see. You really count. How shut, sweet. You shut your mouth, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I should have come over and honked. I'm moaning you or something. But let's get on with these books, Eric. What is the first book of this section? Wonder Woman number 48, written by James Robinson, with art by Jesus Marino, Romulo Fajardo Jr., and Seda Timofante. 
The Dark Gods are here, and using the wisdom of Artemis, Jason is able to know who they are. Too bad that he and the Just League are useless here. Thankfully, Wonder Woman returns to her book by the end, and that, and with that, hopefully the art can pick that the hell up. Boop, boop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking. Ding sound. Ding sound, Eric. Ding sound. Oh, what the hell and, I wrote here? <laughs> and I don't either, mainly because I got to ding sound you for ding one sound. thing. It is the wisdom of Athena, my friend, not Artemis. So oh, there you go. Right on, Boom! Oh, the what? There you ch- Did you just change your, your thing? I heard you clicking. You changed it for, for, you know, the next time we, we do this. Uh, yeah, uh, it's so weird that you have a story set up with these dark gods. First off, we know that Wonder Woman was taken away uh, yeah. f- during that annual, you know, the the one issue, the last issue, and then we dealt with it in the annual. W- why have her still there? And I know that you want to have Jason kind of do his thing. He's not really doing anything. And, and with that, you're getting a lot of, you know, progression and story Forced in by the idea of the wisdom of Athena. There is no other. You have the dark speed gods. Of Hermes, there. The yeah, wisdom yeah. of Athena. Where does it, the whole thing is? We are using this issue to discover more about Jason and this whole magical armor of his where he nah, can use one power of a god at a be. time. And not only that. He's got a magical spear that he named yeah, Polly after his Polly. mother that his mother gave him. Yeah, and that's the big thing. But with that, you have James Robinson who has a story that's supposed to be, I mean, big enough that it was at the end of Metal to, to show what was Just going like forward. like the Flash War. Yeah, and so you have this. But instead of setting up a coherent and, and you know, story that makes sense at all or was dealing with info that can progress through a story, you basically have Jason say, oh, here are these things. I'm going to use the wisdom of Athena to know they're the dark gods. This is that one. That's the other. Here's that. And there's God. And there's God. I'm telling you. Yeah, savage fire. Yeah, savage fire. I'm sitting there. I don't know about you. I'm sitting there and I I know that there's not too many fans of the band America anymore, Eric, but I'm sitting there. I was with a god with no name. And I'm like, this this is nonsense. This is, uh, I'm the god with no name. God of doubt. God of nothing. Really, what about and mob all, god? But, but with this is it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This is set up through monologuing the forced in of rights. how does Athena know? How does the wisdom of Athena let him know all this nonsense about gods that came out of the dark fucking hey, universe? It makes no sense. That these gods were coming. That's why they freaking suited him up with armor. But if they do that, why aren't? Why are we getting it forced? You're getting it just told. That's all this is, is, hey, by the way, I'm just going to tell you what's going on because I really don't want to deal with a story, and and I'm going to make it the wisdom of Athena. The last issues of of the annual we had where Carlo just decided in the middle of a fight, you know what, Diana, let me tell you about where I came from and how I became a god, the god of love. We couldn't do that again. No, this is garbage. This is complete (laughs) garbage because as it goes on, it's more than once Jason's like, oh, well, let me see. Well, the wisdom of Athena tells me this. And and then but Steve Trevor tell me oh so no, much. And Steve Trevor calls, Hey, what's going on? Well, there's this uh the best God, God the best, uh he's best. not yeah, he's not here yet. Uh but I know this from the wisdom of Athena and Steve Trevor's like, Okay, whatever. Ooh. It's just what's going on in this? That's because spear poly. And and then he has a spear. That, that he named the after his mom spear. that we never saw before. And then with that. Well, that's the one so, I think that, like, uh, Hippolyta gave him when he was in Themyscira. It's still, it, it's just here. 
and then it doesn't really do much. And then you have Supergirl show up because uh, while this is going on, yeah, everybody around the world, they're worshiping these gods. They, they kind of, that whole concept kind of is left behind a little, except when you see him have to use the speed of Hermes to yeah. save a bunch of these people and him saying, you know what? They, they might be bad right now, but it's not their fault. I still have to save them, but th- there's nothing that hits. In this story, it is generic. It is not well told. You get things that happen here that are just told, like I said, because of the armor. Then you have yeah. Supergirl show up, uh, you know, and and she is there. Oh my God, she she punches uh, what's her name, the the mob god. Mob uh, god, no, yeah, Savage yeah I Fire. think it was, wasn't it? Savage Fire is the mob god, though, because no. she says she's yeah, the Savage god. Savage Fire is the god of war. Yeah, but it's the god of war for Pau. Yeah, I'm telling you, I don't even care. It's the god of war, but not the real war, the war for profit. The war for – nonsense. <laughs> the dark multiverse gods are winning. I've dude. had enough. I've, I've really had enough of this garbage. You have Supergirl there punches goddamn Savage Fire. Then, mm-hmm. oh my god, I'm a little dizzy because of that magic. Can you Punching help me? Like yes, that, I can. Power. Their yeah, magical and, energy, it is enough to weaken me. We don't know anything about how these gods are making people worship them, why they were – we get nothing. And the idea that the god Mad. of love, you know, the, the whole deal is off with Wonder Woman. And that's it. The, the Justice League shows up to help. That, that's uh, the best uh, part too. The whole thing is we have the Justice League show up to help and we have, you know, Martian Manhunter, Hawkgirl. We have everybody here besides it seems like with Superman, Superman and Wonder again. Woman who are like, you know – who are the iterations of Supergirl and Jason being the Wonder Woman aspect of it. Yeah. So we have it all here. All right. We got the Justice League. I'm going to use the wisdom of Athena to catch everybody up. And let's go yeah. fight King Best. Oh, That's my God. Happens. The Justice yeah. League were just disintegrated. Yeah. Yeah. They just get disintegrated. <laughs> I like, too. It's like we've had this now. We had it in the Titans deal where Superman they just don't want to have in any books at the moment. So they come in and, and you know, Supergirl doesn't even say, like, huh, where, where's Cal? Looks like I'm taking the place of my cousin. Why isn't she? What does that make any sense? Why? Why can there only be one or the other? Yeah, you can't have two. And she's like, it's it's weird. I have been telling you, it feels like there might be some kind of legal thing behind it for some reason. Just the way it's set up here, or I don't know, like the whole idea that you know you'd have Supergirl and Superman at the same place. We have it in Man of Steel this week, but the reason like we we can't have a Wonder Woman because Jason is the like twin brother of Wonder Woman here because they're going to be the ones to help save him. That's the only reason. They're forced out of the story so that they don't get – I mean, obviously, the Justice League disappears. He, he doesn't want Wonder Woman and Superman to disappear, at least I'm Wonder Woman that, especially. Wonder Woman's off. Oh, she's going to show up at the end of the Well, that's what I mean. A, it's just that's, a weird idea where we have the whole Justice League represented, and then Supergirl has to p- fill in for well, Superman. She's there, uh, but it, why, it's nonsense. Like, you know, I just it's, don't understand why we couldn't have Superman and Supergirl. I'll tell you why. Because he doesn't want her, uh, Superman to disappear. It's they, such a forced way. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm saying I think that he wants either Superman to show up a little later to help or he just doesn't want to deal with Superman because he's too powerful. I don't think there's any other reason. I don't think that he's sitting there and like, oh, we can't fit him in that panel or whatever. It's just a forced thing where – and then have her say that just makes it, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, she's there and he isn't. That That's only to make sure you realize he isn't there. And then they get they disappear a, a page later, yeah. and it just must be that they want 
you know, obviously Diana's not there because of you know she's off, but I'm it's, doing Star Sapphire. But she's still it. off doing Star Sapphire, and it's still forced that she's not back yet. We there's no reason why she wouldn't have shown up at the beginning. They just want see, James Robinson wants us to go. Holy crap! It's so powerful. It got rid of the Justice League. Oh my goodness! That's it. And then you have Jason kind of get the shit beat out of him, and he's down. And then you have Steve Trevor's like, "Hey, Jason, you got to get back in the game." Okay, he gets up, and then Wonder Woman shows up, and then they just basically like, hey, you know, they have this family reunion I'm right there, right at now. the deal. We'll hey, how are you doing? God's together. Yeah, yeah, they are there with big smiles on their faces right when they're getting attacked, and they're like, up, oh, let's face it together. And that's it. This is I can nonsense. see Jason having a huge ass smile because he was just kind of left here to deal with things, and, and he is way out of his with them. Yeah, it's just nonsense. This story is getting worse as it goes on. It's it's ridiculous. We we learn the only thing we learn is the basics of it's this god's name, that god's yeah. name. There's no story. There's yeah, nothing really setting it up. This. And then you get hey, the Justice League's here. All of this is through this whole issue is wow. Oh my, a spear that he called out his mom? Oh my, the Justice League! Ah, it, 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 nothing leads to anything. It only leads to the end where Wonder Woman says, oh, let's face the dark out. You could have had that three issues ago. There is nothing in this that is anything that that has any weight to it or progression. It's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense. I'll tell you right now, I'm waiting for Steve Orlando to take over this book. At least we might have some fun. This is not fun at all. It's a forced story. The art's okay, but that even gets wonky at points, yeah, I, I thought. I enjoy the art, Mr. Uh, but uh, what did you give it? I gave this issue a 5.1 out of 10. It's all because I love the art in this issue, Man. but – also, you know, you got a few decent things here, like the whole thing, like you think it's ridiculous, the whole idea of Polly, the, the the magical spear and whatnot, and the whole idea, you know, showing more of what Jason can do with his armor, really spelling out it's one god's power at a time and stuff yeah. like that, because other than that, there's no real reason to have this issue besides for naming the rest of the dark yeah, gods well, themselves. Well, and with that, you say, you know, you see Hermes, the speed of Hermes, the, yeah. the wisdom of Athena. I'll go to Wikipedia right now, and I'll tell you all the rest of the things he can do. I'll get the main gods and tell you what their power are that's it it's not you even know clever. that readers of comics don't like doing no research. but it's not even clever I, i'm saying it's nothing like all of a sudden you're like okay the cuts gave it to him i get it now he just has their powers and even with the idea of oh i only have one power at a time but yet he also has his set powers from before yeah. so that, that doesn't even matter anyway he can still do most of what he had and then add the deal like oh i need the wisdom of athena and then just knows everything only to tell the reader that, that's the only thing. He didn't find out any weaknesses of them. He found out their names and, and what they're based on. A again, it, it's the, the wisdom of Athena is the magical Wikipedia that they go. And I, it's just nonsense. I give it a four out of ten. I think that this run has been just not good. And it, you know, at points I thought that this story was going to pick it up. We're having hoping. a little bit more fun and, and this, this issue you you could skip, and, and I'll tell you, you find out from somebody on the street, hey, the Justice League disappeared. You, you're ready. That's it. You're, you're good to go. You're good to go now. There is nothing that happened. So, yeah, that's just – Savage uh, fire. No, uh, yeah, savage fire. Like, like these the names mean no anything. Name. Like they <laughs> – it's the worst. The guy, he's the guy. I thought he totally gave up on that. I, one. I love it too. Oh, I, I'm telling What's you, that's your name, Dark God. The God with no uh, name. Ridiculous. Hey, hey, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, what, what are you God of? 
Nothing. Uh, what? Like, well, what are you? <laughs> I'm telling you, what is this? The, what the you 90s. Doubt? I doubt you know my name. It's, it's the 90s grudge, grunge god. <laughs> he has flannel on and hates everything. I just, I don't get it. It's, but it's not guy. that fun. Yeah. It's not that fun. And it's just everything's forced and we'll be done soon. And then we can leave it behind. Here we go with the next thing. Flash 48, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Howard Porter, I find Steve Wands. The Flash War continues. It's all about family. It may not be a perfect issue, but the stakes are set pretty high here with Barry trying to stop Wally from changing things like he did in Flashpoint while everyone else disappears into nothingness. Maybe it was the god of nothing that came. I may uh, have liked this more because of being so upset about all these other books, but a guy needs something to like, Eric, in this crazy ride we call life. Uh, this issue has some some issues, actually, and there's some bad issues there's actually some typos in this you mean and, golden glider yeah golden glider that's that's the big one they they call her golden glider it's golden guardian you, you can't mess that up at this point now there's also something that maybe kind of goes the way of the thing when barry calls wally his nephew i believe at one point and that might be time kind of going together but at this point it kind of isn't yet but we'll go with that and with that it's such a weird idea of what we're dealing with now because you know like we're in the 25th century we're in a flash museum where you see that you know barry allen has married iris west so at that point you just go with future talk i'm telling you this is what i was going at and when i read it (laughs) each time i read it i'm like oh like can i make this work and i'm like i kind of can but i can't because you're really hinging on the idea that barry doesn't remember anything and that's why wally is trying to you know really stress the point of you don't understand you don't remember this stuff so I kind of went with it, but the, it shouldn't be what he said. But is it like Clyder. slang and different parts I don't of know. town? You gotta know what the current slang is. No, I, I don't know. It's all Wang to me, Eric. But you start <laughs> off and it's in time forgotten. And Man, that's do, so Wang. Yeah, you do get Irie and, and Jay. And a lot of people, this is what they've been waiting for since Wally came back. Oh, yeah, and I like it. I really do like it. I like the art. I think Howard Porter does a really good job with the art again. Okay. And as this goes, you do see that Wally's remembering stuff and he's remembering his kids. Now, with this, he does say at points, you know, me and Iris, or not Iris, me and Linda had twins. He says to Barry, whatever. There's not as much stress here on Linda. Like, I really thought that he'd be stressing more of, I got to get this back. I got to get Linda because Linda was the big thing before Barry pulled him out in Rebirth. Yeah. Uh, it's just the kids now, and it's pretty much I got to get my kids, and I, I do like it. I like That's all I needed, really. And the progression of Wally uh, being upset about what might be happening to them. Also, I just you like, get the, not even like the whole idea of the kids, though. It's like, you know, I get these kids back. I present them to Linda. Though, she'll have to remember and kids. Maybe. Get back together but, again. but even then, by the end, it's more about fear yeah. and how he knows. So I do like that. Well, with this... You do get this whole deal with Zoom that Zoom wants him to remember, so he's obviously doing this. And Wally thinks that Zoom's doing it to have him break the connection of the Speed Force with him and Barry, all this. Zoom is saying, no, no, no. I know what happened to you. Uh, I'm your biggest fan. I'm your your best friend. Your all friend, this. Yeah. I want to help you. I've changed. I've I've realized. You know, I can be a better guy. Whatever. Wally doesn't want to listen now. Wally, so you're getting this, you know, kind of crazy deal. Where Wally then gets mad and punches Zoom, and it seemed to be he needed 
Joshua Williamson needed him to touch Zoom, you know, yeah, so that, that he can see. The whole thing see. so far is you, he had to touch everybody for them to get their memories or him yeah. to get his memories back so far. So why not continue that trend? I kind of wish that it wasn't a punch because you kind of don't get that much of a transition with that. But as he punches him, then he remembers everything. Yeah. Now he's mad. I'm telling you, the punch comes before the anger, which is kind of, you know, I'll never follow you, jackass. And he punches him. Then he sees everything and says, oh, my God, you're Hunter, you're Zoom. And Zoom's like, yeah, yeah, you see what's going on. He's like, oh, I see. You tried to kill Linda. You, you tried to grab my kids. And, you know, we got them back, but you did kidnap them. This is Are you bullshit. doing this again? Yeah, and so now he really is, you know, this is bullshit. And this is where Zoom says, no, 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 listen, I, I'm not – this isn't me now. I, I'm, I promise you I'm trying to make this right. Please listen to me. And Wally is just freaking out. And Look, it's, I'm not even connected to the Speed Force right now. Look at me. Yeah, I'm slow. Yeah, he says, I don't, I don't have, have Yeah, he says, I don't have any powers. And Wally says, you don't have powers? He's like, no, no, no. You know, he goes through the whole thing of the exploding, uh, you know, cosmic treadmill. It corrupted my mind and all. He's trying to, you know, pretty much spell out that he's on the up and up. He just wants to now help Wally. Uh, you even get a explanation of Flashpoint from Zoom yeah, I talking don't get about this, it. This. I, I, it's a weird thing where the whole thing is, you know, Zoom was able to realize, you know, that Flashpoint happened to still remember everything pre-Flashpoint and go into this, but like, things were missing. And then Wally's like, Barry wasn't responsible for that. Was that me? No, that yeah. was much more complicated, but I saw the changes happen. I saw that he, what he did to the world. I'm like, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah, here. I don't I'm either. Like, what but, I'm looking at, but it's kind of what we got with Reverse Flash before. He kind of knew more than we thought. Yeah, that he was a reborn things. though kind of thing where both of the yeah, but like, they the might have been combined. It might have been the same. It, we may have this is because he says he was corrupted. His mind was corrupted when the when the explosion of the cosmic treadmill. I think that that's what ended up doing it. Somehow that explosion of the cosmic treadmill. He said I, it corrupted my mind. I've had a hard time slowing down. Uh, you know, but still we're friends. I get the idea that he learned this stuff or they're going with something that in the future, I don't know. It, the the yeah. problem is it's wonky it in the future anyway, because at some point, maybe somebody wrote this down. Maybe Barry had a journal and wrote it down and he somehow got it in the future. I, I don't know how they're playing it. Gets a little more confusing after this, though, because then you go back and you have the whole idea. Iris is there to be on trial. Uh, obviously, Barry went and so did Kid Flash Wallace. And, Wallace. Uh, you know, you have uh, Captain or Commander Cold and all of the guys. They, they're still trying to kind of go with the plan here. Like, we don't want Wally to have escaped like that or whoever grabbed him. But we still have a job here. You guys are going to have to go into a cell because you can't interact with anything going on here because that screws things up. My and ass. that's when they get back and, you, you know, you have Golden uh, Guardian. They call her Golden Glider. But she comes back and says, no, 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 the, the judge is gone. Who is Zoom? We, we know. And But we found evidence in his chambers that Iris was acting in self-defense and they the see that. video footage. And, and so that, like, he just left it out there for anybody to grab, but they did. And now all that Iris stuff is just, okay, it's done. All right. Let's Thank get God. on with We're it. With that. Yeah. So they're like, oh, well, you know, that's bullshit. You that, so much tax dollars. Yeah. And Barry just, Barry's freaking out and says to, you know, cold, listen, I, I don't care what you're going to do, whatever. 
I'm going with you. If you're going to find Wally, I'm doing it with you. Uh, and that's when you go and you see where Zoom is explaining to Wally about Flashpoint and things like that and how things weren't put back the right way and all that, uh, which basically just leads to Wally and Zoom coming back to Barry and Cold and they're going to have a fight. You end up with Wally running off, Barry going off, and Zoom pretty much I, – I don't know what. He grabs this hammer in the background. The gavel, the judge's yeah. gavel, I'm guessing. And the thing yeah. is, where and the it's hell did cute. you get that from? Yeah, well, you see it. He's getting it from under a cloak in the background at oh, the I point. Oh, I see it now. I didn't yeah, see that he's before. actually like, talking to him. And, and that there's just like weird things with, you know, I know you have a cosmic imagine, treadmill. I can only imagine that's his own judge's robe. I guess. But yeah, there's his robe. He's grabbing it. Get and, my and gavel out here. With that, Wally, and ba- ba- Wally goes off. Barry goes to follow him. And now you get the... Zoom with this gavel. It's just like, you know what? I created you guys that, you know, that you guys, the renegades, your nonsense. And that's where Cold's like, well, then I guess we're going to have to go rogue. And I hate rogues. Hits the gavel on the ground and disappears. And they're like, okay, I don't know what's going on. But with that, something is changing in time here and everybody's disappearing. There is an anomaly happening and everybody in the room with at, at that point, Cold. Iris and Wally. Because because Zoom is telling him this whole time, because of these temporal anomalies within him, he's able to have the whole frequency that he can enter the speed force and get Jay and Iris back. Yeah. And I just don't understand because, you know, after Wally and Barry have their blowout about, you know, doing the right thing and Wally zooms off there to go to like, you know, I'm going to go and do this to hell with you, Barry. No. He goes goes back in time, like to the present day, like our normal present day. I'm like, well, what are you doing? Why did you go back to this time instead of just going into the speed force? You know, like we have to go. But why, why is everybody going back to the present time at the end of this issue? Yeah. Well, I the thing is, I actually didn't even think they were going back in time. But I guess I'm looking at it now. I just see them there, and it's a wasteland outside. So I didn't even get the idea that they went back That's to just the middle present America. time. No, I'm telling you, I just think that he went outside of the city. I never got a idea at any point that he well, actually Barry went. Barry uses the cosmic treadmill to catch he up does. with him. He has and, to go back he, in time. But even then, it wasn't even a treadmill. It ended up doing some crazy thing that Captain Cold hit, and it was like zoom, zoom, zoom. No, no, and he they went. teleported him to the uh, cosmic treadmill so he could get there, like you know, yeah, and go back and never, grab but Wally. But I, I don't even think you ever see him on it that's the thing no that's you don't the, he just says i need I, to get to your yeah. tribal and he, he teleports him to where it's at and then he just ends up catching up with wally yeah, i actually never got the idea that he went back in time but i guess he may have uh because everybody else disappears in the future yeah. uh but we don't know if it's what he's done if it's what uh zoom did but yeah he goes there they're outside of central city and wally's just kind of remembering everything about the kids and linda and stuff like that and running and that's where barry catches up and punches him and he's just like you know hunter's lying you you can't do this and that's where wally says i don't care i'm going to go in the speed force i'm going to get captured it's pretty much giving yourself up to the speed force again where he was you know uh, lost before but only a second so he can grab his kids and bring them out and wally or barry thinks that it's just a trap that it's a trap and he shouldn't do it. And while he says, no, I remember all these things about the kids. I know what their favorite ice cream was. Uh, you know, Jay was afraid of the dark and all this. I, I, I can't just him leave him now. Iris. Yeah, I, I'm, I can't leave him in there because I know how afraid I was. I can't leave kids in there like that that are my kids. So I'm going to do it. And it's bullshit that you won't help me. Of course, Barry has already told him all the nonsense. You know, I tried to do this before. Uh, it doesn't work. Trust me. Wally doesn't care. Wally's at a point now that 
it's either do this and if he's lost in the speed force. I mean, really, for what they're saying is the biggest thing that will happen seems to be Wally will just disappear in the speed force again. He's willing to take that chance. Uh, Barry's worried better, that it's going to change off some the things. Speed force yeah, but it's, it's weird. It's not even stressing that anymore. It's more of the idea, it seems, in this of you don't want to get lost again. You don't want to get lost again. Now, you know, you came back. You don't want to do that. And they're really stressing that. Well, at the end uh, here, it's like, what if just like Barry's telling Wally, he's like, what if destroying the speed force is bigger consequences, consequences than just us losing our powers? Yeah. He's like, I don't care. No, yeah, he said, I don't care. I don't give a shit. Yeah, he says, you know, he's going to go and do this, and he doesn't care. He'd rather have his kids and not have powers. And if anything else happens, he's he knows enough too much now that he's just like, bullshit, uh, I'm going. Like I said, I'm, I'm looking at the deal, and it definitely looks like it's just a ruin out there. So I, I really don't know if what he did was go through time or just space with it. It's very odd because, yeah, they're outside Central City. I mean, there's a road there that's just crumbled up and, and stuff like that so uh, i didn't know uh anything i just thought he caught up to him so we'll have to right. see and that's where you know wally goes off and says you know i'm, I'm just gonna go without you and, and now yeah, the right race before, is on yeah right before he's like do you remember when we raced when all this and you get these you know nice little moments and things and bad ones too uh but yeah he's like nope i'm going so there you go the the war continues and it just seems the war is just uh you know what you find a more important family powers i mean he did set this up when the grad deal it was a little over the top of barry just doing anything to get his powers so that later i i I would say it's still going to get thrown in barry's face like look you did all this nonsense to get your powers well i'm going to do all this nonsense to get my kids and that's more important to me so i'll have that but i gave it a nine out of ten i really liked it i i'm having fun with this it's one of the only books i enjoy now uh so probably why i give it a nine out of ten because i really i have not enjoyed any of my other books in probably months so that's what i'm sticking you, with you what, like what that stroke last week come on man that was okay I, i'm telling I, you i probably went high on that because i just these books are just making me depressed so uh, i'll tell you i love all the books i'm going to be reviewing next week but i'll tell you about that in a minute eric what would you give it <laughs> i already saw i have none. I, I would give I would give this a 7.8 out of 10. I'm not a biggest fan of Howard Porter's art, but a lot of this issue, though, where I do like the whole idea of the Flash War, it just seems like we spent a lot of this time reiterating stuff we already knew going yeah. forward, the whole idea. And even when we get to the whole idea, you know, the whole thing where the, you know, the judge and Iris West, oh, we don't need that anymore. No, Let's no, that seemed that, that again, that I'm, was just the reason to get them there. Yeah. And they, that was the only reason. Yeah, that was forced. And there you go. But, and uh, the whole just the whole thing, like, you know, we actually spend time to try to talk about the Flashpoint, but we can't do enough with that, so it just becomes very kind of – I can't even say convoluted because well, there's not enough there for it to be yeah. convoluted. We have to talk about it, but we can't talk about it because we don't know what's going on with it yet or how Hunter is involved. So well, it's just yeah. very, like, meandering. Oh, believe me, I don't think about. we're going to get more. I, I think that's it. I just think that no, that I'm just was saying, just – everything we yeah. have in this issue, though, I'm like – I don't oh, yeah. know why we even stopped to talk about it when you I can't talk about it. I think that you had to tell people that wouldn't know that there was a time when he disappeared. There might be people who didn't even start at Rebirth. They started, you know, this is oh, their I first know. deal they're picking up. So I do think that that was just a force way to talk about what Flashpoint was. Also, to keep, I mean, really, Joshua Williamson wants everybody to know, which everybody should. But if you didn't, that Barry ended up changing. 
arranging things to get his mom back, and yeah. that's what Wally is willing to do as well, and thinks that that's bullshit. That you know you can do it, but but I can't. It's you know do as I you know say, not as I do. I, I just wish and, Hunter would have actually talked about what his involvement is in this whole thing and how he knows all this other stuff. Yeah, just I, kinda, I, again, uh, yeah, that, that's not yeah. me. That, that's complicated. I, can't I just took that. it as a Zoom reborn. <laughs> so I, I mean, that's what we're getting in everything. Yeah, so we'll see. But uh, we'll yeah, move 7. on. 8. Hey, I, I still enjoy this. Here's the next book. What's next? I have to get to my notes. Yes, I know what's next. It Red is, Hood and the Outlaws, yes. number 23, written by Scott Liddell with art by Trevor Hairstein. Hope that's how you say it right. Hairstein, Ryan Wynn, Rain Barreto, and Taylor Esposito. Now that Jason has the letters that his father sent him so many years ago, he begins to understand Willis Todd more than he ever has before and realizes that the deadbeat is still alive. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's alive, Eric. Willis. What you talking about, you Willis Todd? So funny because uh, Willis that we always laugh about of the what you're talking about. Willis was played by Todd Bridges, so it makes me laugh when it I see it. So it's Willis much. Todd. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is okay. I mean, yeah. of the of the issues this week, uh, I like this. Uh, people were saying that, you know, oh, man, Scott Liddell really knows how to put on the feels or whatever. I don't know that I'd go that far. Uh, because the idea, no, because the idea, the guy's a piece of shit. I, I really, all of this and leading to Jason finding out that his dad was alive and he's not in that, you know, in the grave deal doesn't give me any feels. It's just here and he's still a piece of shit and we'll see how that goes because he also, they have that weird throwing of him getting chemicals and, and things like that. So I'm expecting him to come back like a, a blockbuster or something. Well, no, that's the thing is, actually, through. Anthony Jackson on the, uh, the comments kind of thing actually put a lot of this in the perspective where I wasn't even thinking about it when I was reading the book or reviewing it. The whole idea, it's a little, it's a little too convenient unless you think about it happening beforehand because it's all leading up to this where, you know, uh, Willis Todd would be uh, going to this whole experiment kind of thing to reduce his sentence. That turned out to be Lex Luthor's thing where Artemis then sent everybody out to like, you know, he sent Artemis out to kill everybody except for that one person. Nah. And then we also have the idea that Solitaire is still out there who set all the outlaws up together, Bizarro, Artemis, and Jason Todd, to set all of this up in motion, and this all just might be Willis Todd. It it might be, but that still doesn't do anything for me, really. In general, it's just there, and this whole issue, though I like it enough, there's not much going on here. It's him reading letters from his dad. It's the setup, and yeah, it's going to be something big, and I think Anthony's right then, uh, that it would be solitaire. Again, that's fine, uh, but with that, you know, you you waste a, a whole issue well, of a monthly is, my, book. My this book never goes this, ahead. You know, we finally have the letters. Like Ma yeah. Gunn's granddaughter, Faye Gunn, she made sure that she delivered the letters to Jason Todd. But the problem is, I don't know why she would have them. We talked like you know, Ma Gunn before she got you know shrunk down and put into the Ma Gunn bottle by Bizarro, Smarty Pants Bizarro. She was telling Bizarro about these letters. Why wouldn't he have made sure this that he the had problem. these letters yeah. so Jason couldn't have got them before yeah, he shrunk her down? Weird. And she's still, you know, what I'm saying. She is still shrunk down in a bottle, and I yeah. don't know if the Smarty Pants of Zorro is on the up and up and trying to get clean or not. Well, and that's my biggest problem is and, – and again, I did like this issue. But my biggest problem is, is that pretty much we've been stalling on the Smarty Pants Bizarro for so long, and, not and even then stalling. we just it's have just this. Like, you know, we had the thing where 
He's to- he told Artemis he was going to get clean, but by-, by the end he had all these inhalers. Like, yeah. oh, man, he was just tricking her. That's and then the we issue. From no, that. he's clean and sober. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what the hell just happened? Yeah, and with that, I just – all of a sudden we're starting this. And, yeah, we had the idea of, you know, Solitaire. He had been around these – you know, and all these things checking up on them and things like that. But even so – it's it, it's just we're not getting very much progression from this book. So, I mean, this is going to take us two minutes to talk about because basically Jason reads through the letters, finds out, you know, the history of his parents, how his dad was a scumbag. He was a drug dealer. His mom was a scumbag. She was buying drugs from him. Well, that's the thing. I, she came from a rich family, but she ended up buying drugs from yeah. him. And then they ran off together where he, you know. He uh, wanted to get out of the whole life of the whole thing. She couldn't cut her, like, you know, kick her addiction. No. So things were just a problem until they eventually – he had to go and do some henching jobs. You yeah, know, he ended yeah. up getting with the penguin well, and all these other people. because Jason was so born going sick. To jail because of it. Yeah, Jason was born a drug addict. He's a baby yeah. that was born a drug addict. They needed medicine and, and stuff like that. And with that, they couldn't afford it. So he had to do bad stuff. So all of this, you know, he started the process. So there's nobody that you can feel bad for except Jason. And you get this, you know, I always wanted to be a good dad. I wanted to do this, but he's just a scumbag. And so was his mom. Uh, There you go. And I really don't, at the end, think anything of like, oh, I want Jason to get back with his father or whatever. I really don't. Though, we, like you said, now that you mentioned that, what Anthony said, it makes complete sense that he's trying to get them together and Oh, you know, you'll you'll get the whole deal of why'd you do it, Dad? Well, don't you see? I wanted you to have a family. You didn't have a family because of me, and now I set you up with one now. You're right, Dad. Thanks a lot. High five. <laughs> and that that's what it seems to be. But yeah, he's there, and Jason's digging up the the grave. Uh, he and ends up knowing where it is. With, yeah, you know, Jason digging up the grave over in Potter's Field and getting ambushed by the Penguins men. Right, it's, it's like easily takes him out. But the whole thing is. By the end, when we get done the whole thing where he finishes up all the letters and we move back to why he's in Pottersfield digging up the grave because he needs to find out if he Willis Todd is alive, alive or dead. Or dead yeah. And when he opens up that grave, the casket's empty. The and casket's in the background, empty. you have the penguin with a sniper realize, you know, he's about to take the shot on Jason Todd and just finish his Red Hood problems once yeah. and for all. But then he just realizes, no, you know what? I would have hurt, this is I would have hurt better. Red Hood. I think he's yeah. hurting enough so far. This is, this is better. He's hurting right now. Uh, and you get the, you know, the typical generic, no, I yeah. don't care. It's and it's raining. It I just to imagine be raining. all the shit that, you know, we've seen it. All the things that Jason has put Penguin through. I'm like, yeah. oh, look how bad he's hurt. Take the shot. I don't yeah. want this fucker around yeah. me ever again to yeah. kill him. Kill and, him now. Yeah. And with that, it seems like even the, the other thing that ties into it is like one of the last things that he did was with the Penguin. And then he, he had to take the fall for the yeah. Penguin, Jason Todd's, Todd's dad. So the reason he went to prison was because the Penguin hired him as the yeah. fall guy. So you have that connection as well. Well, uh, and it, it's kind of a weird deal that it wasn't like the penguin leading him fully do this to to kind of you know screw with him because he wants to make him hurt. Uh, but it does end with him like, no, don't take the shot. This will be better. This is a shot to the heart, and you're to blame, Eric. You give love a bad name. But you, you end with this basically, no, oh no, and then you see his Daddy. dad. And then you see, you know, his dad. Like, I they, don't care. Yeah, and, and with that, you know, the whole deal with the, hey, uh, you getting a transfer. It looks like you're Hail Mary bid for freedom. You're not getting those letters back. And he's like, you know what? I just want to be a good son. And, you are a good dad, a good Willis dad. Todd. Like, hell I am. <laughs> 
What is going on? That's the on? best too. This guy, this jail, this you know jail guard, prison guard, he's just talking to te- like Willis Todd. You know, he just sees him write a few letters out, send them out to his son. You're a good dad, Willis Todd. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, no, he isn't. <laughs> Look at him. What do you know about him? He's in jail. I, I mean, just imagine this this prison guard is like, you know, he is a father as well who lives with his son like this. I ain't never sent my boy any letters. This Willis yeah. Todd, he's really showing me how to do this parenting <laughs> thing. People don't write shitty letters anymore, man. He's going all out. He won't even email. He's he's, uh, he's doing the snail mail, as the kids say. <laughs> he's he's paying for a stamp. Holy moly! Yeah, I love that. You're a good dad. Like I wish that Willis Todd's like, yeah, he says the hell yeah, I am. I wish he'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where do you get that? Like, really? Uh, is he the yes man of the prison? Mr. Prison he, he, God. The prison, he's the yes man. He walks around. Then the, the next guy's there is like, yeah, I ate five people uh, because I'm a cannibal, but I'm not a bad guy, am I? No, you're a good guy. But you know what? You he got just some pretty teeth. This guy, all this guy is, shoppers. he's the hype man of the prison. He goes next. He's like, you know, hey, I, I was drunk and I ran over that family and killed him. But, you know, uh, you want to hear me sing? You got the prettiest voice. I Boy, you're worth angel. something. Oh, my goodness. But uh, what did you give it? I gave this issue a 6.8 out of 10, mostly because, you know, uh, the art's not up to par for where it usually is. It's still good. Don't get me wrong. But I always yeah. miss when Dexter Soy is not on this. But the whole thing is. Like, uh, I could actually take my scroll up another point five for what all that stuff that Anthony Jackson Yeah, does. I actually, that actually makes about. me, uh, think more. But again, but, you can't really rate this issue until we see that kind of come about, though. Yeah, that, I think that he's right. It's kind of come together pretty well. The whole thing is just the progression of everything we got. And the reason why I would never think about that for some reason is the progression of story. And I think it's off because we've seen Solitary show up twice. We had that weird little bit where, you know, Artemis has a flashback to when yeah. she used to work for Luther as a merc, which was a weird thing out of nowhere. And I, it's just everything we're dealing with feels out of nowhere in the series right now while the Smarty yeah. Pants Bizarro thing is going on. Yeah, And that, so that's I'm going to keep it at a 6.8 out of 10, mostly because – I think the progression of this could have been a little better. Even the whole thing of just reading the letters finally, it's just pointing us towards this whole thing that, you know, oh, he's he's this. I'm like, yeah, this is what the whole thing is. This is the, the letters that Ma Gunn never yeah. gave him to point him exactly where we need to be at this point right now. Yeah, that that's that's the forced nature forced. of it. It's yeah. very forced. And uh, without what Anthony said, now making that making sense, uh, even so, it's felt like an annual to me that you do an aside and with the pacing of this whole series where we, we keep wanting to get something and let's get somewhere. And yeah, it, it does seem like the pieces are, you know, falling in the place that maybe we're going to all of a sudden get this real kick ass issue where everything's going to end and reveal and whatever. But you end up stopping everything. And I think the problem, like you're saying, is where all of a sudden you go to this issue and you have these letters and things. And it's not even just the forced nature of the letters. It's the idea that we heard about these letters a half a year ago. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we get them just for, you know, to push the next issue probably. And that's my problem with all of this. We have the Smarty Pants Bizarro. That's lasted way too long. Everything in this book just ends up lasting. Yeah, everything lasts too long. You end up, I look, you have the 25, issue number 25 coming up. You know, we have 24 obviously, but 25 is like a big, it's a big Red Hood Batman issue. Then you have an annual that's a little, like it seems like all of these other stories are about to be told. 
and it took you so long to get to the end anything in this book. So to set up more of something before we even know that anything else is resolved is kind of upsetting. But yeah, I'm going to go 6-5. I like the art enough. Uh, it, right. And and I, I thought it was funny at the end with, I don't care when it's raining. That <laughs> made me giggle. Uh, I wanted him to start shooting his guns in the air, you know, all that nonsense. But, go Keanu uh, Reeves style. Yeah, yeah, but it's just, I need something more. It's just stalling all well, the time. It's, it's a weird thing. Like, I was actually laying awake thinking about this last night because I'm going through terrible withdrawal and can't sleep since I quit smoking. Yeah, yeah. But... It is a forced nature of the story, and it's not. The whole idea where Solitaire, if it is Willis Todd, he has said to us the first time he showed up to, to Bizarro, he's the one who set all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, he set of it thing. all up. So if you take all the little moments where you like, you know, Willis Todd would have met Artemis in that flashback. The flashback, it's kind of forced. But we need to yeah. have that moment to realize that there is yeah, this whole it's thing not, where he would have been able to put it together in progression. The it's just not told yeah. as well as it could have been. And half the things weren't like meeting. It was him, you know, zipping around and looking at things and like, well, oh, here we go and all this. Yeah. And it's just whatever. And I do think it's just going to lead now to kind of the hokey, I wanted you to have a family. And I would sit there and say, well, how about instead of making an outlaws group where you're going to get your son killed by a sniper from the, you know, from the penguin, how about just going to him and saying, here I am, I'm your dad, let's have a family. I mean, really, if I want to have my kids have this whole deal and set it up, why are you setting up this awful, you know, situation just, that this life continues where your son is a I'm just saying, you know, though, if my dad came to me out of nowhere and he had one of those fucking really weird like fucking wobbly heads like in that yeah. ghost from house on haunted hill or something yeah. i wouldn't want him hanging around no, you wouldn't. so instead shaking all over the goddamn place i don't need that in my life i i know because instead you'd want me to show up as a backwards talking retard that skin is gray and i think i'm superman the, the, what, the, the one yeah he doesn't need either that's what I'm saying. I, all of a sudden, he's there, and it's going to be him setting up something that's set up, and it's not the greatest of things for a, a dad to do, though. freaks me out, man. Yeah, but he's going to have him anyway, probably, except that he'll probably end up dying. <laughs> I'm telling you. He'll end up saving Jason, and he'll end up dying, and then Jason will go back to that grave. No, I don't and bury care. Him. He'll just bury him at that grave, then. Looks like you, you had it waiting for you, pops. And then he'll just throw him in there, and off we go. But we'll see. But yeah. I, I like the book in general. Yeah, it's so just the, the slow pacing that's killing me. But we're going to go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast a week. Even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go. All right, we're back, Eric. We're back well, with hello. more mail, and this mail section is dedicated to all our vested guys up in Buffalo, Eric. Does this one go out to all the ones up, uh, up in Buffalo? This one goes out to all you guys up in this Buffalo. This one with goes your, out to the, <laughs> to guys, the guys in, in Buffalo. Buffalo. 
drinking more. I forget what Brandon said. I'm doing my morning drinking. <laughs> the AM, I forget. He has some term. Uh, One of those terms those Buffalo people say. Uh, but this is mail section number two, and it's dedicated to Brandon. This one's dedicated to the one I love, I like All to right. say. He says, sup, fellas. Let's kick things off on a light note. Happy Father's Day to Jim, father of half the children in Quakertown, and all the other dads out there. Enjoy your day, fellas. Eat donuts, steak, wings, and drink lots of beer, as he just says is every meal in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, my kids will have not said anything about this weekend or anything. They've forgotten about it. I don't even care. I got in a fight with Rafe. He's not talking to me right now. I actually told Tanya he hates my guts. So there you go. That's what I get for Father's Day because we were talking and having fun, and then he starts trying to upset me, and then I kind of slapped him in the back of the head, and then he got mad at me, and then he told me, why don't you go podcast? And I said, the reason I podcast is to get away from you. <laughs> you know, yeah, fun stuff up. like that. I, I can't keep my mouth shut. I, I can't, so I got to come back. I have to have some comebacks, So uh, He also says to the non-dads, as we enjoy, and that's not you, Eric. You just don't know. know your kids. As we enjoy I was our day upset now, that he didn't include me in that whole thing. Yeah, as we enjoy our day, no, we wait in eager anticipation of the day old gray, gray beard Eric Shea or any other member of the GFC slips one by the goalie to join our exclusive club. You'll be initiated when you Fools. suffer the wrath of your first dreaded diaper explosion. I remember mine. I've done that. It was Zach, actually. It took I'm me, the oldest of six. I've done this. It, it took me two kids to get that. I'm telling you, though, when it's your kid also, you have to uh, – Brandon will, will laugh at this and anybody else who is a father because when you're saying this about this diaper explosion, there's also a lot of things involved because that when you say that you have to deal with it because I know Brandon. He ain't dealing with no diaper explosion if, if his roommate's there. So usually this is when you've been left to take care of yeah. the kid, possibly for the first time. And I'm telling you, my wife ended up where she would not – like I must be the worst person ever because she would never – it would take forever with each kid for her to even be able to go to like the grocery store to get something and leave me. And that's all she did. She's like, okay, are you going to be okay? Alex was there. He's a little older. He's watching TV. But are you going to be okay with Zach? Yeah, I'm fine. She left and on cue, he <laughs> shit. He had a onesie on with the diaper underneath yeah, obviously. Yeah. He shit so bad that it came out the top of that onesie. And I'm like, I didn't even know what it was. I'm like, holy shit. And I go and I'm trying to take off the onesie. It's getting all over. It's on me. It's everywhere. I run up to the thing because I'm thinking, okay, you know, the, the sensible deal is get him in the goddamn bathtub because this is disgusting. So I get him in the bathtub. I start to, you know, he's got shit all on his back. I mean, I'm not even to the diaper yet. So I start getting, I get the shower head, and I'm squirting him off where he's basically laying flat on the, it looks awful. Tanya comes in right at that moment. The diaper's still on, and it looks like I'm showering him down with a diaper on. And I'm like, I, you know, and then she got all mad at me, was screaming and yelling. And then I'm telling you, it took, and basically, I won that day because yes. she would always do it then. And this is where, you know, I see it with everybody, and this is nothing new. You know if you want to get out of something, you do it poorly, and that's what yeah, I did. that's why that's, Jess does that every time she does anything, and yes. I have to do everything around yeah, the goddamn exactly. house. And that's why I'm an awful father. For a week, uh, starting Wednesday, 
I'll be heading out to San Diego. Oh, my goodness. He's heading to the West Coast. I wonder if they will go for his Buffalo Ways out there. Man just bought a house and now he's going on vacation. Think of that. He's a Rockefeller. He's Buffalo's version of Howard Hughes. He's getting in the Spruce Goose (laughs) and heading off to the West Coaster, which means a whale's vagina, he says. That's what San Diego means. People forget that. I have a graduation to attend. This trip is also a quasi-family reunion, and I think we'll be heading to the zoo out there and doing some other tourist nonsense and i hear the san diego zoo is fantastic eric and you know i love the zoo i was talking to swanee about the zoo swanee was gonna go to the zoo and got the cat scratch fever and couldn't go to the zoo i definitely want to find a comic shop while i'm out there i'll need something to do to avoid family or an hour or so at times and you would think there'd be a lot with the whole comic-con deal and all that in my mind so if anyone in that area knows any shops holler at me and let me know where to go Books, not a great week, to be honest. I yeah. agree. Detective, this book, since I swore off Flash and picked it up again, is my new I can't decide what to do with this book now every time I get it. I read it. It's usually average to below average. And then I file it away never really thought of or read again. That's not how a comic should be treated. I'm here through the hill run for sure. That's a good deal. But what's happening after that? Like a lot of DC books, it just feels like it has no direction and be random for a while. And I wish there'd be uh, something to turn to, like an outsider's book, and be done with it already. However, we know with a thousand coming sometime in the not-so-distant future, this thing is most likely going nowhere fast. And can you tell I am struggling to read this email? (laughs) Brandon, I think Brandon's mind is halfway to San Diego. He's already in, say, his mind's there. The vest is still typing up the email. I just hate spending money on directionless titles and keeping them on my pull list. Sometimes when I'm reading Brandon's emails, I am, and I know we'll sing the song, but I am on a runaway trade. I don't know what's coming up next. Next, Batman, Riddler, V, Batgirl, colon something. About all I have to say about this book is, is Sean Gordon Murphy's Batgirl designed for the current continuity? Or is this something new he is doing in the Murphyverse? No, it's going to be for no, the it's upcoming, it's going to be for the upcoming Marguerite, uh, Scott's Scott, yeah. run on the book, Nicole which, Pelletier. which is funny too, because I remember at one point, I think she even told us directly, because I think I ended up asking her on Twitter, I, somehow I think this, I may be making it up. I but at least some be. somebody – but I think because somebody said, oh, you're on the book. That's awesome, whatever. And she said, no, no, it's just a limited time. But now I'm seeing things that she's really spelling out that maybe she's on full time. So we'll see what's going on. Now, in the meantime, do you know what we just read of hers and what gets me a little wary for this new Batgirl That's run? That's the thing is I knew what it was when I was thinking about it before. Like, it's you the know, Green Arrow with Parasite. The it's was. the Parasite Green Arrow deal. And she's going to be yes. doing the next issue, you know, coming up. And we didn't really like that, so we'll see. Uh, so but I think for a while we were calling her Marguerite Savage. And yeah, we yeah, we were, and that's Scott, and yeah, I that's somebody which else. Book that's, it was yeah. we were talking about it. And will this maybe possibly lead to an interesting character? Asking for a friend of the in the Get Fresh crew, and that's ooh, ooh. the thing. This is the problem, and, and it's brilliant for DC. You have Batgirl, and whether or not you like it, this is nothing towards that. Uh, it's not selling well. It really isn't. And I think that they, in their mind, Batgirl should be, say, a 30,000 an yeah. issue seller, and it's like 18. So they want to get a bump. So what they do is get Sean Gordon Murphy, who has some hype right now from the White Knight book, have him redesign the Batgirl. He has nothing to do with this book. He's not doing anything except covers. 
He's yeah. the so he's not even the artist. You said Pope Pelletier's. So you have this new team jumping on, and I really think they're trying to get people a little confused at first by throwing Sean Gordon Murphy's like name Manship. into the mix. Yeah, Manship will be fooled. Uh, so and but what Marguerite Scott's saying. She's saying all the right things. She's she's singing our tune of saying, like, I want to get a smarter Batgirl. I want to get a Batgirl that's kind of a stealthier Batgirl. The problem is, and also seems out of Burnside. Something's going to happen. Something's happening in Burnside that's leading her away from Burnside because this is where it gets a little wonky. This redesign is what she says is very much like Batgirl year one. And the reason it is, even though I look at it, it still looks like Burnside to me. I, I, it's like I, full metal background, metal gear, freaking <laughs> full metal background. I'm like, why does that not sound Shit. right in my head? In the in the issue, uh, you know, you have Commissioner Gordon going to a bathroom and, and she's just loading up a pistol. Yeah, <laughs> looking like it's fucking. Yeah, That's yeah, all yeah, I wanted to go with. I'm sitting here as you're going on. I'm like. Full metal, full metal background. That doesn't sound oh, right. What me is, so horny. <laughs> I don't want that background. <laughs> uh, yeah, with that though, she said that the reason why it looks like the year one background suit is because this was one of the original suits that she made, and since she can't get to her suit and bat and Burnside, she goes back to her house, you know, her dad's house, and yeah. gets this out of storage. To go on, I'm like, why would you continue? I mean, is this like, did Burnside, is it going to blow up from a nuclear explosion or something? I mean, it really doesn't make much sense to me. And you have a, a, you know, a hero that seems to be, you know, back and forth, a millionaire. So I don't know. Maybe she's, maybe what they're going to have is Gordon Clean Energy do something so awful that uh, Burnside just revolts against her and now she doesn't have any money. Well, well, well I it, find her revolting, so why not? Oh my goodness. The two minis. One of my new comic book buying rules is if the minis uh, I'm bullshit about, I'll be buying digitally it to try <laughs> out first. What? <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to read it as it is. And if I like it, I'll keep buying it digitally. And if not, just stop right at the moment uh, and archive sucker on Comixology. <laughs> there you go. I'll translate that. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to get my inner Buffaloian. Is that what they're called? And I'm going to sure. translate that. He says, when I get these books, if I'm not drunk, I have no idea what's going on. I'll be back in a minute. Those buffalo people. Yes. I just don't ever want another Batman and the signal stinking up my comic boxes ever again. Although if DC is going to do minis, it's best to focus on the more known characters and cult favorites like Plastic Man, Hawkman, then, uh, then going with Ragman and those bums. Who thought that was a good idea? I agree. Etrigan. I mean, really. At this point, we get a Hawkman, you know, book and a Plastic Man miniseries. Why are these coming after Etrigan and Ragman and all these other nonsense? I don't know. Red Hood. Because a lot of people still tell you that these characters are still nonsense. Yeah. Red Hood. I think Anthony connecting some dots together that I missed in the comments of the review made me enjoy the issue a lot more. I agree. Uh, me and you both said that when it was all said and done, more so than when I was done reading it. Sure, I got some background on Jason's dad, which hit some feels and wasn't Except bad, but Lewis. I kind of wanted more Penguin versus Red Hood stuff than we got. When those two have been on the page together, it's been fun, but it's such a background thing being fed in pieces. I kind of actually forgot about it at times. 
I'm struggling, Eric. But yeah, again, shout out to Anthony who actually made me want to go back and reread it a lot yeah. of this series, Trade Style. And yeah, I, I agree with him as well. That that actually really helped me out as well. Old Man Logan. Not a bad issue this week, but in two weeks, the next issue I think has Juan on art. And that's Juan Ferreira. Uh, I thought I'd drop that nugget in here for the Get Fresh crew. Maybe you guys can weasel yourselves into the Marvel Universe as well one day. You can only Not on hope. my watch. You can only hope. All right, fellas, no email next week, but I'll be back. You know, because you, when you're in San Diego, you can't possibly email with, like, a, a phone or something. And may, maybe what the problem is is this phone doesn't have as good a spell check, right? <laughs> is that what it is? Uh, yes, but, yeah, I hope Brandon has some fun uh, in San Diego. Uh, Tanya's one uncle lived in San Diego for a while, uh, and she loves San Diego. I will probably never get there, so enjoy yourself. I your thought son. about moving there one day. Did you? It's very expensive. I it's I very expensive. That's why I decided yeah, not to. Yeah, that's a good good deal. You ain't no Rockefeller. But, yeah, no. we're going to go off now to talk about some books with Reggie. Now's the time to hear reviews and to what Jim will say We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores We don't want to hear Eric Shea all right, here we are. Here we are with Reggie. He's here with Woo! us. How you doing, Reggie? How are I those? I am good. How are I those things treating you in your life? Couch. <laughs> I am Vic E. Yes. Hey, Vic E. We need you to vacuum <laughs> the roof. I don't know, that, that vacuum big, the I, roof. Why? Why? Why did I go to school and the kids had smoke coming out of their mouth? Oh, Vicky, you don't want to get involved with that. Yes, I do. There you go. There's uh, the new episode of Small Wonder to be Very good. Uh, are we going to get smoke, a Small they Wonder? cigarettes. Yes, they just love it. Well, are we going to get a uh, a reunion of the Small Wonder, you think, a Netflix? You know, uh, I don't think so. Deal. You know, that, that, fella, that fella that played uh, Jamie Lawson. Who, yeah, isn't uh, he like under a bridge? Like, <laughs> he was living under a bridge like yeah. uh, 10 years ago or something. Yeah. And that Vicky, she became like a spaced out hippie. Oh really? She did. Yeah, she she became like a total like you know. Living, that living, does not compute. Northern California. Oh, well, type there she space goes. Yeah. There she goes. She went from being a robot to a space cadet. Uh, you know what else could we think uh, would happen? But yes, here we are, Reggie. I'm going to count All on you to cheer died. me up. Yeah, they, I'm sure they have. No, do your blurb, and then we'll then we'll get into it because I have some other things to say. Yeah, it's the Man of Steel number three, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Ryan Sook and Jason Febach, Wade von Grawbadger, and Alex Sinclair. Meet Rogel Czar. He's a badass biking warrior from the planet Go to Hell with a planet-sized chip on his shorter, shoulder. There's only one thing that will cure his lust for genocidal revenge. A trip to the Fortress of Solitude. There he can destroy a Kryptonian robot in a microscopic Kryptonian city before going halfway around the planet to wait for the last Kryptonians to show up. It's Weekend at Superman's. Rated R. Yes. Uh, I do think that what happens in this issue, too, that we are kind of seeing a little bit of what Brandon was talking about as well. It did get very wordy at points to me, uh, where really well, not a lot happened. There's that conversation with him and Supergirl, which yeah. is also 
I, to be honest, I like I didn't mind the way he wrote Supergirl in it general. Was okay. I, I I liked seeing the two of them together, but it definitely was more of this is how this is how nice he's going to be, and he's going to be yeah. secretive about Lois. You know, yeah, a lot that's of, like, okay. I, I didn't little, mind that. Where I didn't uh, like it was the Batman, Superman, and you know, yeah. Fire Chief. That just went on way too long. Uh, like you yeah. said, You're Batman. Not the Melody Moore. No, and, and with Melody Moore, she's okay, but it's like, I, uh, where, where are the rest of the firefighters? I mean, she. Is, we don't need uh, more she firefighters. Doesn't need Melody Moore's on the yeah, case. Yeah, it's just yeah. her on the case, and you know, Superman shows up. Hey, how you doing? Like, I, I, I forgot how darkness and light affect you humans. I, I'm like, okay, I, I get I you're trying Ridiculous. to, you know, do the steal, but this also over- the idea that he would scare her when her, when her light lands on the fucking S on his yeah, chest. Yeah. Come on, like, you yeah. know, it's not a, a spider. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then Batman's <laughs> just there, and yeah, Batman's way off uh, with that. But I do like, I actually did like the ending of it, where Superman just goes off, and it really, like, he's, Bendis really set up well that he's going off to something that shit has really gone bad. Because yeah. he goes off a signal that only yeah. he can hear, so that yep. shit that means something terrible. Yeah, has something happened terrible has happened. Yeah, and Batman, you know, as he explains, you know, when the the nicest guy in the universe leaves without saying goodbye, that means he's got a good reason. But he, I like that. I like that idea. But it was still clunky dialogue from I'm Batman. Saying, it's, it's, I'm telling this whole thing here. What the word says. If the politest man in the galaxy is that a, like the right term for that? The politest? yeah, that's what I'm I think saying. That is a word, but it is it is. It feels so I, weird. Yeah, coming it feels out of my weird. Mouth. It feels. I think it, I think it is a word. Yeah. It, it feels weird though. It does. And with that, you have that. Just Batman kind of. We we have this whole idea of you know, hey, uh, and maybe this is something people have wanted to see because we don't see it a lot. Where you're like, oh, Metropolis. That's Metropolis problems. You know, you don't need Batman there, yeah. and he's here to do this. You know. Digging into things, but he's very surface level with, yeah. with this thing. Basically, you have the woman there who's doing her job, and Batman's big thing is, uh, did you put pins on on the uh, map? It was so awful. Yeah. What was yeah. that? Yeah. And so sometimes weird, it makes shapes, and she's like, yeah, yeah, it's a smiley face. Oh no, Joker! Yeah, they, they, <laughs> what, what do you get it from it? It seemed like Batman was retarded out of nowhere. It does seem that. Did you see that. all the scenes and they put the pins on the map? Sometimes <laughs> they make the pictures. It's, it's wrong turn. Did it you see like the it. pictures that makes the pretty pictures, ladies? Hey, lady! But yeah, with that, yeah, it's... Again, I think it's Bendis giving you the wink like, hey, you know, it's kind of a given that Batman doesn't go to Metropolis, but I'm going to do things a little different. And if that's what it means, and if he gets Batman's voice a little better, I don't mind that. I really don't. Last issue, it's, it's, it's kind of forced. But last, but again, last issue out of nowhere, (laughs) Hal showed up and we said, oh, Hal's never there. I mean, this is obviously a ploy. To, we're, to we're show a this, bit of like, uh, the guest star yeah, yeah, it is, and JLA, it's a ploy so. to show that he's going to be involved with everyone. But get it right, uh, you know, don't make Batman show up and, and kind of yeah. seem like a, a dumb cough. Uh, but yeah, ba- Superman. You goes know, off. Melody. The one times I put the pins in the maps and it led me to the penguins. <laughs> what happened is. I put the pins in and it made the arrows. It went right to the bat's caves and I arrested myself. <laughs> I just, what is it going to get? It, it, this, it's so, and she, and the best is, she says, yeah, yeah, I, I did that there. That's <laughs> the first thing that he would do. That, that, but, exchange, that exchange was weird. Uh, almost it the was point weird. Where I, I almost would think that, uh, Batman had, a reason for being weird like I that, actually but I, I don't think we'll too. see him again in this, in this series. I'm telling you, I actually thought, no, I actually thought, yeah, that we were going to see something that Batman, in a roundabout way, Superman later would say, like, 
you know, why were you acting like such a retard? And he was going to say, you know, I, I can't let people know I'm that smart. You know, how do you think yeah. I got so smart? Or but, I, uh, well, I, I picked her pocket while I distracted yeah. her. Or you figure out that he already knows exactly what it is, and somehow this putting the pins in would be that. You know, he's kind of set it up, but no. It, it's just really clunky. Superman goes off to the Fortress of Solitude. It's destroyed. And the big thing is the, the bottled city of Candor. It's done. And I didn't, he, I didn't know Superman was in possession of. I thought that yeah, was so it was always Brainiac, just sitting but... there. It was always sitting there oh, yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yes. It was always sitting. The problem oh, is, true. I love the idea though with this, where it's almost like he goes back. And to me, this is me growing up. Uh, my my brother was, you know, I he's like I, you know, I should know how much younger. He's about five years younger. So like yeah. I'm fifteen, oh, he's ten. He starts playing with my Playmobiles. I'm 15. I'm like, huh, where? How can you do this? Or whatever. He he gives this explanation. Yeah, I was gonna work on that there city of Candor, but yeah, I couldn't really do it up until then. It's again to me, it's so clunky just to get this reaction from him uh, because yeah. he really hasn't done anything with it. And then you get a big thing. He's crying. That, that was, I, I had like kind of forgotten about it. I was like, yeah. all right, that, yeah. that's still like a thing there. I, and I that's one of the things I'm actually glad it did because. It's added kind of stakes to Rogozar a bit. It's I'm telling you, it's adding stakes without really adding. It's like the faux yeah. idea of stakes because right. we just killed all of these Kryptonians, yeah. to, like the bottle city of Candor. One thing you raise the stakes a little bit, you know, because you can get rid of this thing and say, "Oh my God, he's such a monster." I'm glad we got rid of the bottle city of Candor. Yeah, I, I don't that's, ever want to see it. Yeah, you know that, that's okay. Flamebird? No, no that's okay know. though. But I don't know if Eric thought this uh, or even you, Reggie. But when they did this, you said it raised the stakes. All of a sudden now, it got into jokes and riddles territory of we're going to raise the stakes by me mentioning or Superman mentioning the names of yeah. the people from the bottled city of Kendor. I, I guess there was only three because he yeah. gets sidetracked and goes. It means nothing. And really, again, to me, it was this whole deal. I didn't like even you read said, that. I just kept going. Oh, yeah. I, just, I, I don't need. I don't need their goddamn. It names. was. It was Man the jokes and riddles again. Yeah, it was the jokes and riddles again, where they were just naming names and they Akbar. didn't mean anything. Yeah, really. And then it's funny he said Leslie that, Lord. and Supergirl said, "God bless you." And then, like, oh. But but with that, you, you get this Bottle City of Kendor, where Kids I see, see I see on uh you know on the internet that people were going nuts, like, oh my god, this did this, this did that, oh my god. I think I this think was. Z is a real one, actually. I think I think that right? this was a just a. Kind of a cheap way for Bendis to try to up the stakes here with a thing that most people well, didn't well, care about anymore. Kill Lois? You know what yeah, I mean? Well, that's like, what I'm saying. There's a lot of ways he could go here. I, I would think that what he'd do is he'd have him try to kill Superman and Supergirl, which we're going to get anyway. What? Because getting, he just destroyed. It, yeah. I think that he's more <laughs> evil be because issues, he you know? destroyed that's, that's, a thing. Like thing. Eric said, he wanted it gone anyway. We haven't really dealt with it. No, so when you it's, have a it, fucking, it's a stupid goddamn concept. And every time we do it, you're like, okay, we're going to make the Kandorians big again oh shit they're evil why did i do yeah. this yeah I don't that's what that always happens they have a statue of superman in there you know that right yes, they do. Right. And which superman. which continuity there which yeah, is uh, pre-crisis well, post-crisis i'm yeah, gonna be upset on. i'm gonna be upset because i always did love when people the, the best thing about the bottled city of candor is when say lois and jimmy they got shrunk and put in it and then yes. all of a sudden you get that big uh, uh it is an actual one of my favorite visuals of when you're in the city of Kendor and just see the big super Superman symbol. <laughs> like, ooh, with that. But the other thing is, at any point in this, does he have 
the bottled city of Candor. Does Superman pick it up? Does Superman try to gather it? I don't even think it's destroyed. I think he took it with him, and that's what Superman thinks it's, now it's destroyed. Now on the ground. Shattered. I don't actually see it. I, I didn't see there it at all in any of these. It's right there. I see that. I'm telling you, I don't think that it's going to end up being destroyed. I don't think that it's going to end up meaning I think that something's going to happen. I see it now, like you said. Uh, and it's, but it's funny, even with that there, then why is super, it's like, I, I'm going to lie to her and not tell her. She sees it. It's right there. But yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that we're going to have that stick. And it's going to be, I you know, Superman reborn again. We'll have something crazy like that. Candor yeah. reborn. Yeah, yeah. Nightwing. Yeah, now back. I see it. So maybe, but it, it's just Please. to make Superman cry. And for the, my oh my god, Superman cry. The Silver Age. One of my favorite things in the Silver Age uh Superman is that when the Superman uh you know squad which were a m- bunch of Kandorians wanted to get out, yeah. they would use jetpacks to fly to the top and actually yeah, had a machine I? to push the cork yeah. out of why, the top of the bottle. You? The city I mean, of Kandor, so they could get out. That's the only reason I actually was going to start. I I got my tips from Brainiac. I thought he had something going there. I was going to start bottling cities. The problem is I, I can't afford the cork. It's uh, what always. That's always what ends it. It's the damn cork that got me every Please. time. Uh, yeah. But with that, Superman goes off, and now we're going to battle. Uh, we're getting to the point where we had that, uh, you know, DC Nation, where you know that you would think would be around the next issue or two, uh, going because they'll be say fighting it's in them between then. issue three yeah. and four. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that when we get to this, we may have like the little bit of that DC Nation that we had for the next uh, number four coming up. That you see yeah. the ending of that scene. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're there and they're facing, you know, they're facing Ro- them, Rogolzar. You know, even at that, there's like weird things where Superman is flying off. He's just cried that the Kandor, the city of Kandor is destroyed. He's naming the names and then stops to say, you know, I also always love when Perry gets panicked. Love that voice of his. I'm like, really? Like, why are you doing these it's a weird thing to that, say. It is very weird. Why are you, you doing these up. asides so that he's still trying to prove to us something? But yeah, you have Jimmy run out. He's going to take some pictures and you're getting a big battle where Superman's like, you know, holy shit, whoever I'm fighting here, he's pretty strong. Uh, let's do this. And, but yeah. Supergirl, Supergirl I, saves one him. of my favorite things, what I think worked pretty well in this issue was uh, Supergirl showing up. This is something we haven't seen a ton of. In no. New 52, we saw Supergirl constantly crossing over into the suit yeah, the other yeah. books, and it wasn't so great. And then since yeah. then... They really have almost kept them artificially apart, you know? Like well, for the they, most they part, have. Superman and and what's Girl. weird, too, is hopefully what uh, the biggest thing that we would get from Bendis uh, coming is that when we get the Supergirl book by Mark and Draco coming up, that it is not even just crossing over, like you said, but it, it really, when me and Erica reading the Steve Orlando Supergirl book and doing all this stuff, it just didn't even seem to be happening in the same universe at points. Yeah, like you, you had, yeah, this, this you had things where the DEO, you had the whole thing with no Cyborg Superman, else, you know? and they were dealing with another one, and all this stuff. It never seemed to connect. And, and also, because of that, you'd have Supergirl always saying, like, boy, I could call my cousin, but, you know, he's busy and stuff. I, I didn't this want that. This is Nash problem. Yeah, I, act- yeah, I, actually, <laughs> I actually want them to have some crossover and I'm not saying you have to have a six issue, you know, big crossover event. I'm saying like in this, you see them in each yeah. other's books and stuff. 
stuff because it makes sense. So they should I, I have do each like other's that. backs. You know, they yeah. are they are the Elias Kryptonians, and, and, and with they that, are good, you, uh, and really and now but because anyway, so I was glad to see that, and then yeah. I guess next issue, issue number four, would be the big. Showdown with yeah, it's gonna be the, the showdown. Yes, yes. Rogelzar. <laughs> Rogelzar. And we did uh, kind of gloss over the fact that we did move another second into the mystery of what happened to Lois yeah, and John. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking at that page right now, and it's like, yeah. Now we see it was like some weird scarab. Dad, what is that? Dad, what is that? Dad, what is that? What is that, Dad? And there's a guy in there that looks like he might be a Mezo almost. I'm not to sure. To me, I, he looks uh, like Lex Luthor to me. That's who he looks I mean, they're really Eclipso, playing a lot. Too, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't think it's Eclipso. Yeah. But even it's, so, it, say, like, say it's Eclipso. Say Mr. Oz. Say Mr. That's what I'm. It I can only be somebody that Superman knows and is there taking them away to keep them safe or else there's no way he would show up to work when his son and wife are kidnapped somewhere in the universe it would make no sense to me so whatever this is i think that we're going to get you know next issue we'll get another second and then it'll just be revealed son let me take your son and and wife things are going wrong there's this freaking rogue kryptonian fucking destroyer uh they're going to go after john in the meantime let me take lois and we'll keep them safe it because does even have a, a very amazo presence to it though just yeah. looking at that outline for some reason again i think you know, that that's all ears, just the deal empty, you know what i'm saying but, but uh i but, can see it being yeah. Dorel also that's a possibility but with that if this we, is somebody who out. say it is eclipso and he, he kidnapped them why wouldn't superman tell supergirl she maybe asked. he made a deal with eclipso eclipso it does have a good uh Maybe. A good, a good guy. I don't know why Eclipso is freaking walking around with a goddamn giant like machine like this when he's a magic-based character. Well, it, it, again. That, there are a lot of questions. I'm not denying that. If yeah. it's Eclipso, there are probably a lot more questions than there needs to be, yeah. but we can't we'll say. It's just I a just, silhouette at this point. And like, you, and like, it's not like Eric said, it's literally like a one second, such a small yeah. increment of information. Now, it's like uh, we I, might as well just save it up until we have actually something to say, you know. Yeah, I, I think it's that probably, the big tell again so is if it was something wrong, I think he'd tell Supergirl. I don't think he'd keep it from Supergirl. I think that he would. And, yeah, and no, with I, that, I don't think so. Whatever yeah. it is, it's it's a benign uh, yeah, incident. I, you know we'll what I mean? See. It's we'll it's a benevolent thing. Whatever, whatever this person is, it whatever seems. happened to them, I don't think it's a bad thing. They didn't get no, vaporized. They haven't been kidnapped. Not okay. So what what did you give it? Uh, I'm still enjoying this, and actually, this is now the third issue in a row. I yep. ended up giving this an eight out of ten. It's not perfect stuff, but I really do think it's a fun, well-paced comics. I like the way uh, Superman and Clark are written. Uh, the worst part about it was the way Batman was written, yeah, and that, that was, was only a couple of pages. So I and also, it, it wasn't even it. necessary. It was weird to have that, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not having that much fun. But I actually am not having. I'm not mad. Uh, it's kind of just there. I do think Which, that this isn't is, that almost like having fun. Uh, it's, and lately, it is. If you're not mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least I'm not angry. At least uh, you know. And I could say some things are forced, but it's not forced. Like all of a sudden, uh, Superman shows up with the wisdom of Athena. Uh, we don't get that, Eric. I don't need that nonsense. <laughs> all of a sudden, we have the god of nothing. Uh, but yeah, with that, I I still. 
it's one of those, I want him to impress me. I want uh, Brian Michael Bendis to get me so wowed that I think, now I see why they've handed every super book to him and even got rid of some because of how great his storytelling is going to be and all this idea. I'm worried that when they got Brian Michael Bendis, they came, they can tell us all they want. I think that they're like, well, what character do you want or how are we going to sign you? Well, I need Superman. And basically, he wants to be able to, after he retires, say, I wrote him, 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 and him. And I think that maybe he didn't have a story yet. And now he's giving us the story when I wish it was something where he went to DC and said, listen, I'll sign with you. I have this awesome story that I yeah. need to tell. And then, like, okay, you know what? It's so good. Let's stop all these other books because this is going to be better. Because right now, after three issues, I've, I've had enough, you know, fun and whatever. Uh, or at least I know it's not angering me. But, but this now isn't... it's time for the reach around. Yeah, well, right? I'm right saying this right? is not this is not better than anything I read before from Tomasi or Gleason. I mean, yeah, I they both you. had you. you know their ups and downs and Jurgens as well. This is not you know it's not like all of a sudden we got a JLA book that went from you know a Steve Orlando to you know I don't know I can name somebody sure, and sure. everybody's going to hate well, no, the you're next right. guy. You're, but... Like say if, if, if Bendis had had been taken over JLA, we'd probably be fucking having a parade yeah. because. The, what came be before good. it was unreadable. Yeah, and, and this is yeah. So and it, it just it's it's starting to just make me wonder why this is all happening and and if it's a good thing in the long run. I I just don't know. Uh, we'll see. But the one thing that I do like is like you're saying, like that he is showing Superman as a good guy, showing him as a caring guy. At least we're getting – well, at least we're getting that because most of the other books, everybody's just a uh, hard ass who doesn't care about anything and does – you know, and it's miserable. Maybe these will be you know, uh, nice books that we'll have some fun with eventually. But right now, I can't see that. So I'm going to give it a I, – I see – I want to give it a 6.5 or a 7. I'm going to go positive. I'm going to go 7 uh, just because the only thing that really got me upset was Batman, and that really didn't matter anyway. What about you, Eric? I give this issue a six out of ten, and that's mostly our and the whole idea. You know, we move a second to the like ahead for the whole like you know the idea of who's behind the disappearance of Lois and John. Everything else just kind of seemed tertiary. Like you know, Rogozar he shows up, goes right to the Fortress of Solitude. Somehow he blows the whole place up, destroys Canada, and gets out of there before Superman even shows up. Makes his way to Metropolis somehow that he knows that Superman is Clark Kent and he's from Metropolis. It's all very like, you know, point yeah. A to point B and it doesn't really give an explanation why we're doing this in the meantime. It's not it's that Robo he doesn't Zarr. just wait for him. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. Why is he to stay in the Force of Solitude? Like, and even the whole idea of upping the stakes by having Rogozar kill all the Kandorians. Yeah. I'm happy about it, but really, it does nothing except for, you know, no. maybe get Superman a little bit pissed it off. It gets some headlines, too. Exactly. I'm happy as hell that the Kandorians are gone because I always hated that bullshit. <laughs> yeah, they, were, know, but you, they were I'm always not, evil, like you said. Yeah, that yeah. was a Millions of people, Eric. Yes. Millions of. I don't know. He only named like three or four, so I yeah, think that yeah. I, I think, think they, they were all out of starvation. They were all on vacation. No, he kept putting yeah. a, a fish food in there. Is what he used to do. <laughs> I don't know but this this story's not doing much for me overall. I do. I'm telling you, I like Superman being a good guy. I like the art enough, and eventually, I'm sure I'll like the explanation about what happened to Lois and John. Right now, I'm just kind of bored reading this, and that Batman was fucking terrible. Yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, well, we're going to get some more Batman. We're going to get more Batman in this next book. Uh, What is it, Reggie? It is Suicide Squad number 43, written by Rob Williams, art by Philippe Briones, Hugo Petrus, and Hi-Fi. 
In a world gone bad, there's only one thing to do. Go better. Yes. Deadshot and Batman take on Cobra and assorted comic relief characters in an action-packed story. With heart. The heart of a snake. Don't tell Daddy the babysitter's a rattlesnake. Rated R. Boom. You'll end up being cold-blooded. Yeah, I, I actually, this is the weirdest thing about this issue. Me and Eric were talking about your books beforehand, yeah. Reggie, but I, were your ears burning? Actually, I was just yeah, like, was hey, like you know, Reggie's books. Uh, this is a weird book because I'm, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> it's, I don't think it's awful if maybe you need these characters. You know what I mean? Like you, you have, mm-hmm. there's not a lot going on. But if you haven't been reading Suicide Squad and you just happen to pick up this issue, I actually think you could have some fun with it. You have Harley acting crazy. I, I had to- a good time with this issue pretty much all the way throughout. I loved the action. I, you know, I liked a lot of the, the silly quipping, like Harley, yeah. like you said. But it ends exactly where we left. This is the much. problem. There's That's my biggest problem. The whole issue. And I'm telling you, if you just happen to like, oh man, I haven't read Suicide Squad, Batman's in it and pick this up. I actually think that you could have a lot of fun with this issue yeah. because you even have like out of nowhere, like I know that most of us don't know that, that Batman had a tragedy in his past oh, that no, may dude. lead him to want to protect kids and things and oh. not want them to have bad luck. Also, I don't know if you realize Batman does not not like people shooting other people so you no. get that so no if you're killing. if you're reading this but uh, this could be i bet you if i gave this to my son ethan just out of the blue all the issues this week even with number ones with hawkman and plastic man and stuff like this i bet you he'd like this the most and oh. it, so i can't say that this is awful he likes but the it, yeah he does like the <laughs> killing you you just you just revealed wrong turn is actually my son oh. Oh. The, the problem is this is where we we get one of those things where if you have been reading and reviewing the whole series like we are and also right. getting very upset about the pacing of it and not much happening and whatever, that's when you kind of, you know, read it a different way. And unfortunately, it does put the score down. But boy, you have a giant snake. You got yeah. it. I mean, there are a lot of things There's a lot of to have fun like with this book. Yes. I'm telling you. And, I'm and, telling and you it's really of... well drawn and plotted. Yes, and like, I like it. It just looks awesome. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of this book, though, is when, you know, Batman and Deadshot actually come together to fight as a team to take down Cobra yeah. and the giant, you know, snake monster. And we get to a point where there's almost this camaraderie while, you know, uh, Floyd yeah. is telling himself, oh, my God, Batman hates me and all this other, like, narration we have to the point where everybody's down. And there's just one more Cobra agent, like, left. It's like, what we're doing to your girl, you have no idea what's coming. And then at that point, he just shoots that he guy loses right head. And, and yeah. like, I love this whole progression but out of nowhere. Everything we've built up right now, boom, <laughs> shoots him dead, and it's all fucking gra- yeah. like back to square, bo- like it, one. It, you know? it's, it's such like- a yeah. It's such a weird thing that that he thinks maybe he has to do that. So when this is all said and done, Batman just doesn't let him go free. He wasn't gonna anyway. Even I mean, that, this is yeah. the whole thing. It's he, he like, has not to even the whole face. thing of letting free. It's just like you know, it's we're working well together. We're gonna yeah. go get my daughter, and he sacrificed everything because he is a scumbag. He is a yeah. goddamn emotional. But that's the scumbag, weirdest thing. You have to point it. that out. Yeah, you have to point. It's just a weird deal that you have to throw that in. Like I said, either for him to say, you know what, Floyd, you got your daughter. You know, you guys can disappear. I'll look the other way. Now he can't because he killed him. But also, maybe it's thrown in there of why, like, boy, they really got along. Why aren't we getting more of these team-ups? Well, now you have a reason why they don't. I just want to think, too, it's one of those things, like, almost like Batman's the parent, and you're like, a bunch of kids are in the backseat of the car. You're on a long road trip. It's like, 
quiet down back there. I'm going to turn yeah. this car around because he's always like, look, Floyd, you kill anybody. I'm taking you right back to Bell Rev. Yeah, now they're yeah, so far fun. that it's like, let's see you turn back yeah. now, Batman. I actually, you know what it is, and this has happened to us recently. It would be like me having my kids in the car and saying, listen, if we get, you know, we're driving to, say, the, you know, the shore or something. If you guys can behave and not fight. I'll get you this, that, and the other thing. We'll have a great time. And I actually see the hotel right as Rafe decides to smack Logan right upside the head and ruin everything. And it just, it, it actually, when that That's happened, I was like, and when, when it, when it happened in this, I'm like, oh, why did he go and do that? I mean, you could have had the cool thing at the end of this where Waller's like, you know what? You, you did all this nonsense or whatever, but I have to take him back. And Batman kind of being a little conflicted by it, but he's not going to be now. Forgot. He's the bad guy. He that's is. Well, that's oh, the yeah. problem. Well, even the whole fight. thing when Batman obviously has a problem with Floyd killing somebody and then they go to toe to toe, but the whole thing, it's like this. And if you weren't so scared of the truth, you'd kill every bad guy yeah, in Gotham and I like hold it. that yeah. down. That's why you wear the damn mask because you're a coward. I love this line that gets the whole big fight started. Yeah, it takes yeah. up a lot of page fights. It does. And it's the, uh, like obligatory kind of fight that you'd expect from a dead shot Batman team up but I think it's really fun for some reason yeah yeah, yeah. And, and, and with that it does lead to the end of Batman you know kind of explaining you know why he does some things and why he doesn't and things like that though I really thought it was funny because as this goes on you do have again that there's not a lot going on it's all action. So you yeah. have Batman and Floyd fighting their way to try to get to Floyd's daughter. While you have Harley, uh, Cold, uh, Captain Cold, and Captain Boomerang in the helicopter. And I'm telling you, even the way he writes Harley here. Yeah, and it is a whirlybird. And I love that type of whirlybird. I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, it looks like a G.I. Joe, uh, really you know, does, a, yeah. an action deal. And when you're doing it, Harley has a, a couple lines. You know, you're going to, they play her as the crazy mm-hmm. Harley here. It's not so over the top. It actually made me laugh. And I cannot say that Harley in this book has made me laugh a lot recently. And just the idea that she thought she was driving a submarine just mm. makes no goddamn <laughs> sense. And it made me laugh. And, yeah, the th- worst lingo. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. And even with it continuing, when they're like, Harley, this isn't a submarine. She's like, right, right, you are, Captain. And then it just keeps going. I, I got a giggle out of it. I got a chuckle. And, and I like the, even the look of when she, they got there. She actually tried to kill them with the, 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 you know, the, the helicopter, blades. the blades. Yeah. That was awesome. That, that's yep. what I would do if I had the action figure and I was, you know, a man child like Eric. Uh, but with Hi. that, you also get Captain Cold. He gets to do something. He freezes Floyd. They kind of get icy. And, yeah. yeah, and the the best to me is this: where they're there, they end up. You know, it's Thelma and Louise with with Batman and Floyd. They're running towards this big gorge, and uh-huh. they got to decide. And Batman's just like, "You're gonna have to make the sacrifice. Come on, we can do." It. I'm like, "He's not gonna live, Batman. I don't know how you're gonna live, but you're Batman." Floyd's dead. Right. You know, now it's it's the combination of Thelma and Louise and the fugitive. They're, they're going to jump in there. I was having a lot of fun. I really was. And then you go, you know, to... See, that's the, that's the oddest bit of dialogue for me, though, because they're running away from Harley and that whirly bird and stuff like that, and which is crashing as well. And yeah. they jump off. It's like, not going to make it. And then Batman says, Deadshot, I know where Zoe is, Deadshot. Survive for her. And out of nowhere, Deadshot just looks at, how did you... Yeah. 
And that's where I'm like, I don't understand that line. Yeah, I, I don't know I, what the hell they're going with with this. Okay, I'm telling you, this little tiny panel that's in between these giant. Maybe bells, he just wanted to know how he knew as much as he did. I don't know. It it's is such odd. a weird thing. It actually, I'm telling you, I spent so much time just looking at it. I'm like, did I miss something? Or did it, like, do yeah. I go back and read it again? And for and, some and, reason, yeah. it threw me off. I well, don't know weird, why it's there. And the weird thing about it is actually, uh, maybe it was a little miscue uh, because through this whole thing, Deadshot's big deal is the. Why did Batman get me? Why did he need me? He could have done it. Why did he get me? Why did he get me? And maybe that was part of it. But, Reggie, tell us once we go into the Cobra Command, what happens? Uh, Inside the Cobra lair, they're still doing (laughs) the the same shit. The Cobra Command! Yeah, they're trying trying to infuse that leader Cobra with... uh, what, what's her name? Zoe. Franklin Berg so, yeah. into Zoe. They even put like a yeah. little stupid helmet on her. So, so yeah, she gets the helmet. It does. And, you uh, shall become recoil. Yes. I mean, really, really, they just they just reiterate what we learned last issue that this guy Keaton a cool the, helmet. <laughs> but yeah. she, but that's the difference. She gets a cool helmet, and so, so, I guess supposedly it's getting closer and closer to her yeah. being controlled by uh, Jeffrey Franklin Burr. But that's the thing that's is they keep saying along. this like. Breathe in, young child, and your yeah. soul shall die. I'm like, she just holding her breath. Hold, I time. would. <laughs> Why would you breathe in? Like, okay. <gasps> Again, I mean, I, she got one of those no balls dares. You know what yeah, I mean? Well, then you're gonna. Do and anything. like, what's keeping everybody else from getting the goddamn, you know, the the, the, the like the soul of the original leader uh, from you breathing know, the shit in? Things, cobra stuff, Eric. That's snake <laughs> stuff. It's cobra a that's snake magic. things. I actually think that the only reason they they put that mask on her is I think that you they want to have the scene. He wants to have the scene where you have Floyd come in and think that his daughter oh, no. has been turned into a snake, and I, then will almost go nuts. And I, I think that actually that's when he'll hold back and not kill the people to show Batman, look, uh, I'm okay, I'm not such a bad guy, right? Or he may just go nuts and kill oh, everyone. Uh, kill his own daughter. Well. Here's the thing. If I went into the uh, the deal, I went into Cobra Command, and I saw my son as a, a snake, I would kill him. And then when he took off the mask and said, look, Dad, I'm not, I'd shoot him again. I just, <laughs> I, I've already committed to it. I, I won't yeah, be able really. to live that down I after that. I will not have a snake in this no, family. No <laughs> way. I always knew you were a snake. But yeah, uh, I liked it. I actually liked it. Uh, as this goes on, like you said, you do have, you know, Floyd and Batman jumping off this cliff. You have the helicopter. <laughs> the dam. They're doing yeah. the fugitive thing. Every, which is yeah. cool and and everybody is dying. Yeah, everybody is, is dying. Harley's kicking out the, the freaking windshield of the whirly yeah. bird as it goes down. Oh, uh, Captain Cole does not know what he's in for. And, and this is still. where, I, this is what I'm talking about now of all these other books. And I'm getting so depressed that I'm getting people writing me notes to tell me to you know get off the, the side of the cliff uh this is all i need i, I mean you didn't have this is not going to change the my world favorite issues this week yeah, this isn't going to change the world and i said derek when i first read it, i was like well you know what it, it's a lot of nothing it's a lot of fighting or whatever now that we're talking about it i'm having a good time yeah. and that's what i kind of want and it's it almost is like a breath of fresh air for this book that we have not liked forever I mean, well, really. Well, I mean, we have... but, but, but the fact of the matter is, you, we end the book no further along, really. No, no you don't. We, we begin nope, it. you don't. Uh, so, from reading a series and from, you know, what yes, I can say, this, you can have this issues book is with worth it. the money, I would say, eh. However, I can't deny it's a fun book. No, you know it's I mean? fun. It was I'm a having a good time. The was yeah. nice. The uh, pacing was great. The yeah. fight, both fights that, you know, really stick out to me, the, the fighting the giant cobra, and then even the, the slugfest between... 
Batman, Batman and, and Deadshot yeah. was cool. Yeah. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, it was. Cool I even and, like uh, at the one point Deadshot's like, let's just take off the masks and fight. You know, I'll take my off. Yeah. I actually thought that was funny. And then even he where Batman's like, you have no idea who I am, Lawton, but I'm going to teach you. I'm like, here's a badass Batman. We haven't seen him yep. in a while. Where'd this guy come from? Uh, you know, Did he's you not... put a pin in the mask? I mean, I mean, that's shot. what I was thinking. Did you get the pins and make a d- 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 thing there? Yeah, but yeah, I actually I had fun with it, and maybe that's this is kind of the thing. Even the the other great thing that I love, one of my favorite moves in any sort of fight, is when Floyd throws the sand in Batman's throws face. Sand, love yeah. it, love it. I, I, all of a sudden, Batman's freaking Jean Claude Van Damme. He's, you know, he's a bad guy. You know, yeah, he throws yeah. the sand. He yeah, has he no does. scruples. Uh, no, why would you? Why would you? But yeah, Not what'd you fight. give it, Reggie? Uh, like I say, I enjoyed it, but I can't really go crazy because it is sort of not really worth the money if you're reading the series. You're not going to get much story, so I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. All right. 10 out of 10 from me. I'm Whoa. 11 out of now. I, I'm going 7 out of 10. And if you've been listening to all of this, <laughs> that might as well be a 10 out of 10 it's from the one. stuff that we've gotten. <laughs> Usually these reviews of... Suicide Squad end up with me losing my mind and screaming about things, and I'm having fun. I got a smile on my face right now, and that, that never happens. Also, I just want to point out that even though nothing happens, actually, there's something for everybody to do, except maybe Boomerang. But Boomerang, even you know, he's doing his normal nonsense talk. He's trying to tell Harley that they're not in a submarine. Yeah, he's but, yeah, yeah. But with that, everybody seems to have at least a little something to do, and I think that is the best thing that they, that Rob Williams did with this was to narrow down the team, down team but yeah. also separate it in two. So you can have, yeah. you know, them all interact with each other. And this was the best Harley that's been in this book since it started. And that's why why it was is because it was funny and you didn't One overdo it. Shots you didn't overdo it. Yeah, yeah I, I really liked it. I really did. Uh what about you? I'm going seven five. I'm going up. I might even you keep talking, Eric. I'm going up to an eight. Yeah. No, seven Whoa. five I'll go. Uh, like Reggie said, nothing happens if you've been reading this yeah. it, it kind of dribs and drabs but the other thing just as i now that i'm excited i want to talk about something uh <laughs> even the idea of zoe there with cobra while you don't get a lot of it, it just that it, it's something that i'm interested in it's something that i do want to see them get it's there I don't, things are escalating you know that, that yeah. that's still happening and, and you i, I don't want to it's a little ever. girl you, you know you you have you some the stakes there's no time for fighting dr jones no. you little girl's about to be turned to a snake and, and, and with that back on the hunt. and with <laughs> that we say that but that other guy on the side was there yeah. like yeah Kim, this isn't how it should be he's obviously going to save the day by that's trying not to save the day yeah that's all it's good it's my precious he's going to go and try to do that that's gonna bumble up the work the girl should not take yeah. my future away from me God damn it can, can we start again and talk about this book again what are you giving it eric <laughs> i'm giving this a seven out of ten it's one nice. of my favorite books that reggie has this week i really enjoyed the art but the problem is it does not move very far <laughs> no, from the story doesn't. that we have but i had a really good time with the interaction yeah. between batman and deadshot and that's why i love seeing these characters together it's almost like you want like the whole thing with batman and deathstroke as well it's a very similar dynamic you only get like a like a slighter thing because Floyd's not up to Deathstroke's kind of par. You know, in my mind, Deathstroke is the anti-Batman. Yeah, Deadshot's a little bit further down there, but I like whenever Batman and him get to like you know do something together. I had a good time with this issue. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I did too. Uh, before we yeah. move on to the next book, before your blood bridge, I have something for you to listen to. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escaped my sight. 
Your Warthrid's evil might. Aware of my power, Green's light. Green's light. Green's light. Yes. Oh yeah, that's uh, I miss that yes. so much. I love uh, it. <laughs> the oh, yeah, true Green Lantern it, oath. That is the true Green Lantern oath, and because we are talking, because Man of Steel kind of ruins the section when Hal Jordan comes out, because we always would start with that. Uh, we're going to end this first section of your books with it. Uh, give me your uh, blurb, Reggie. It's Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 46, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Clayton Henry and Pete Pantezis. Roland Gardner is a man tortured by his own demons. Having lost his family, his self-respect, and most of his life to the devil's drink, Roland is a man plagued and tortured by regrets. But there's one thing he doesn't regret. That's beating the crap out of his ungrateful son, Guy. It's father meets son meets robot in Happy Father's Prey, rated R. Ooh-wee! I want to see that. And uh, I think the Devil's Drink, actually, if you would ask Eric, he would say the Java <laughs> Monster it is I, the Devil's Drink. I want to drink. know how deeply this affected the two of you, because you have lost your fathers. Yes, we have. As uh, thanks we know. For, thanks for bringing you, that especially, up, <laughs> well, I know it's especially a tough thing for Jim. Uh, but, Eric, you have a story about uh, alcohol and your father, don't you? Yeah, I'm my sure. father never beat that shit out of no, me. No, no, and, and, that was and, nice of him. No, and and my dad, uh, I have a story with my father and alcohol. The only time he ever told me he loved me was when he was drunk. That's and, nice. Uh, and but the thing is, well, he was he wasn't a drinker. So my dad really no. didn't drink much. But I remember he got drunk one night. Uh, I think it was like some party or something, and his mom – or his mom – my mom and my dad were drinking. And then my dad, like, called me into the, the room, and it's the TV room. And he's like, I just – because I'm the third. I'm James Alvin Warner the third. Obviously, my yes. dad was the junior. And when I got – he's like, that's why I named you after me because I always loved you the most. I'm like, well, Dad, this doesn't really hold water here because yeah, I'm, the fir- the first I'm the firstborn, so you, you knew you loved me more than the brother that I'm going to have five years later. So, oh, I get you. Yeah. I get you, That's asshole. how it works. always loved the firstborn more. G- gave, and, gave him the lame cum. And really, uh, in a real roundabout way, if I'm going to turn the, the – I'm turning the chair around now. You can hear it. Nice. Uh, I'm turning the hat backwards. Uh, nice. That is actually the reason why I didn't drink in high school, not that I was allergic to hops. There you go. That actually – that story. You didn't want to tell love somebody anybody? That somebody? No, that, that, <laughs> yeah. I, that he could never do that, and the only time he ever did it was when he was drunk the one time. Never said it again oh, yeah, that's how ever in, in his life. Yeah. Never, ever said it again. Well, Eric, Eric has dude. a deal where uh, – I think it was his grandfather or something got drunk and said he loved Eric and then felt like he was not as much of a man and then punched him to prove that he was. That that sounded some sissy. What am I? You're turning me into a sissy. I'm going to show you and punched Eric right in the face. I bought him that whiskey for his birthday, too. There you go. That's what you get, Eric. Uh, But yeah, uh, there you go. The devil's drink indeed. Uh, but yeah, this, this issue, uh, continues the problems of, uh, the pacing that we've had in, yeah. in this whole series. And the, the issue I have is we're getting to number 50. Obviously, that's going to be an oversized deal that's going to end, uh, Venditti's run. And I see a lot of people, they're, they're very impressed with his run. They really like it. 
I just, I'm not getting enough from it. And when we're going into this final story, you should be, this should be where you, you hear it again. This is a sports thing or whatever. Even what, a, you, you got to lay it out on the, don't leave anything in the locker room here. You, you have this yeah. one last deal. Go for gusto. There should be no reason why you need a long drawn out setup just to get to 50. Make this exciting throughout. Uh, all of a sudden, it's character work time, especially with Guy, with stuff that you kind of know. Now, maybe people with Rebirth wouldn't know, and that's what he's going. But we already had this kind of spelled out earlier in this series. The about, last time Guy was, yeah, came down uh, to Earth yeah. and dealt with this shit with his That's father. what I'm saying. You right. had this whole idea of why he you know, is, is the mean one, why he's always angry and things like that. It's fine. What you get on the page is fine. And I do like the idea of this will be kind of the roundabout way that you see, you know, guy pull out of it possibly because he's there to, you know, justice on his dad who has actually gone himself and tried to clean up and whatever. It's, it's only six weeks, whatever he says. I, I like to uh, think too, because Roland's dead, like, you know, Roland Gardner. He always seems to care about what he did to Guy. You know, Guy is the yeah, like, you know, I know, like the third I, I know child. What you're going to say, you, there's, yeah. there's a sister, exactly. There's a sister and a brother. How come that Roland doesn't think about anything it's, with those kids? The weird right, thing about those, it is, those kids are yeah, They you don't even. Mean? Not only does he not care, but nobody references it. It's not even like when he goes down. Yeah, Dad. You know, you said I washed out, but you like, uh, you know, the brother. Why did you hit me? Why did you do this? Or you get that way that I've seen at, at points where Guy kind of shows that he wanted to be the one to take the brunt of it, so he kind of yeah. acted up to get that way. And it would have been nice to kind of deal with that as well, but you're kind of, you know, getting this. They might have wrote his siblings out of continuity. I have no yeah, idea. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but it's it's more to me. It's just you got limited page space, and let's make it and all even about this, Guy. The, the whole thing about us, we have Guy Gardner as a dark star, like we saw at the end of the cliffhanger last issue. And what does he do with this Dark Star technology? Yeah. He goes to Earth because his father beat him around as a kid. Yeah. And now he's going to kill his father because it's the Dark Star saw that. And so I'm like, what is yeah, going that on now? Like, yeah, that doesn't like, make sense. That's the whole thing. Killers, we're going to kill killers. And this whole thing before <laughs> with, like, you know, guy doing this felt like a ruse kind of thing. And now I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go kill my dad. Then it's going to be a ruse. I'm, I'm Green Lantern all the time. Yeah, the Dark yeah. Star it's just a weird thing where all of a sudden Guy Gardner becomes a Dark Star. Big cliffhanger. Bum, bum, bum. We go to Earth. And he has a heart to heart with his dad in the middle of this gigantic. It really did put series. the brakes on the whole thing because yeah. I mean, here here we've got this like galaxy wide threat of the yeah. dark star supposedly going around basically exterminating people on site because they may have killed at any point in their past. And then, but but instead we get a whole story crafted around this relationship between Guy and his father. Yeah, it yeah. Really did. It, it, it sort of put a, a pin in everything. Well, and it, yeah, uh, and with me, the, the thing that gets me. Cry babies. Well, that's, it's, it gets me <laughs> that, uh, you know, you even have at points, hey, you know, the Dark Stars will be after you next, maybe. And I just think to myself, well, I don't know that I know a Dark Star, and they seem to be very personal here. I, I don't think I upset one. So, uh, but yeah, he goes to Earth. I don't know, that where lady at Wawa might become a Dark Star. She might. But even so, if she t turns into a Dark Star, have and an the awesome big, day now, and die. The, the biggest thing that she's upset about is I left a coffee sitting there in a sandwich. Again, I'll have an issue that there might be some worse people on earth than me there may not be but well, we there should the be buck, yeah well it's just going down the line it almost is like with guy now he's going right for his father but it seems like he's like yeah i'm gonna go to earth there's like eight trillion bad people but i'm gonna make his pit stop and kill my dad first and it's almost like he's That's gonna kill 
It's Baltimore. You know there's a lot of shitty oh, people fuck in Baltimore. Yeah. I mean, go go it's away. A haven. <laughs> you just I think go Dan Stransky lives there. I think he does. But it's funny too, is this is it gonna end up being the weirdest thing where it's a Robocop situation of you're fired, then you can kill him? He's gonna kill his dad. But there really isn't that much of a reason to kill him. Now the Dark Star in him is going to want to kill himself. It's all going to short out because it doesn't make sense of Does all these other things. You. you have mass murderers getting – and this guy beat his son. And yeah, that's awful. I mean it, it, it's awful that you let other people know about it. it? No, you shouldn't do this. But just, it was the devil's trick. He, it's guy who opened his mouth. Do? He opened his mouth. But yeah, exactly. it just seems – got mouthy. It ends up making it very small, is basically what I think. Like you said, there's a universal threat, and now he's dealing with his dad again. Uh, and then the wraparound is just... And this issue feels very small, though, for yeah. everything we're dealing with. I'll tell you, we have John well, Stewart... We, we do get a, 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 you know, an advancement in every other story, so that was nice, too. Yeah, but even just, them, this, this you know, you, you do it have this... It wasn't huge, but yeah. it was something. You know, how, we have Kyle Lato in a cell life. being told, no, you, the new gods aren't going to help you well, until I mean, next it, issue when they might. That's yeah. more than we got from him last issue, which was nothing at all. You know, we, oh, Ryan. we didn't see him or Space Cabby one and one no. bit last issue. I just like that. Oh, Ryan, please, please. Yeah. He's, He's like, like no, no. nah, I got to listen to my daddy. And he I goes off. With dad, bro. And this is the other thing is the other thing that gets me is there's two things that I actually uh, think that maybe they should have done because it doesn't seem like I wish that we thought Guy was completely insane taken over by the armor. That we had – we do have this upgrade of this armor and stuff like that. So the Dark Stars are a little different. But I also wish that it was something where they would come to you and you didn't really have the choice to become a Dark Star. It was one of those where it would judge you kind of go because the whole idea with Hal losing its memory at this point almost seems as if Hector's trying to, you know, protect him from yeah. not being taken over because of parallel. You know, you could go through a lot of things in your mind. Well, maybe, but, but but he was definitely trying to take away Hal's, you know, all your stress, yeah. all of your problems. But I wish that it was lantern. something that meant more. Yeah, like, know. you had this idea that the Stark Star armor was going around and would end up consuming you, but also picking somebody who did do a vengeance thing or a bad thing and going, which Parallax would have been kind of that, like this, or... It would have been that you have to know because they could come for Hal about what yeah. he had done in the past, but that doesn't yeah. change if he doesn't remember it. Like it's not like it's it's reading your mind to do this, and then when they come, they if see I kill how somebody and get amnesia and don't remember doing it. They're gonna. That's still what I'm saying, you. and, and all I all I no, can no, think no, of no, is this was. I figured right. this was leading to how being thrown. You know, basically, look, you, you were awful. No, no, that wasn't me. No, no, you're judged. Yeah, you're I, done. I think I, it was it was more crazy than that because yeah. I, I think that Hector I just thought is more that crazy. Yeah. It was just like you know, all of your problems are because yeah, you're yeah. Al Jordan, the hero. I just so wanted it to mean something more. I, I wanted it to be something bigger with that. But when it does go with what you're saying, when he does, when Hector's like, ah, you know, I just want to be your friend. Maybe he wants to also do this where he can kind of mold him to be his friend. The guy's lonely. Yeah, I mean, Look at him. Good. I mean, well, him and Sinestro are the only ones with that goddamn mustache in the whole universe, and they, he doesn't have him there. But when they're there, I just... Uh, there are like at least 10,000 pedophiles. <laughs> I know. Also well, yes. Uh, jo yeah, John Waters. Not that he is a pedophile. Does yeah, have that mustache. But true. I just, when this 
this whole thing with who's Hal Jordan. I'm like, I right away, look, okay, we're on issue 46. We're getting there. We're like, why are you doing this now when I just want to get this story going? And well, now yeah, you're not, drawing not another that, deal. After we had this gigantic buildup about you know recruiting all these people for this giant war we're going to have, now with the, hold up, this war might be cool as hell, but Guy Gunner, he's got some daddy issues. This to is what with. I'm Tell saying. Jordan, this issue. He's got the amnesias. Kyle Rayner, <laughs> he's in a jail cell. And John Stewart, he's building stuff on yeah, Zod's new planet. Stuff for Zod. And Orion, oh, thing I'm a Jew. Orion, he ain't gonna stand up to no high father. What is he gonna do? Uh, and I do. Kilo needs to get his best buddy back. The, the best yeah. too is uh, when I like see Orion in this. I, it just it does get me upset because Eric knows, especially in the Wonder Woman in the New Fifty Two, Orion showed up, and I like when he shows up. Sometimes he's that goofy Orion that's yeah. zipping around. I love that Orion, and then we have to have that Mister Miracle where everybody thinks that he's you know this he's grizzled freaking deal. And yeah, yeah, I don't like that. There's I actually, I actually like the idea of the goofy Orion. And I'm telling you, even when he's like, "Father, I no, no, you can't help them, Orion. I told you this. Let's about, go." Jim, High Father and Orion are dead. These are ghosts yeah. here. Yeah, really. But when when you have Orion like look back and like. Yes, father, and go. I'm like, ooh, we're gonna get Goofy Orion. I I love Goofy Orion, and, and it's what is the what does he even call it? The air jet or whatever that thing he drives around oh, on. I, I love yeah, it. It's the like Astro. Uh, I love yeah, it, the Astro Glide harness or something astro like that. Glide, yeah, it might that, be the right? harness. You're right. Uh, I love that. So I'm hoping that we do get that, and it's a setup that Orion is gonna disobey High Father and go and help, obviously. But uh, yeah, with this though, you just spend a lot of time. Pausing now, John Stewart's with Zod. Zod suddenly is like all for it. I mean, Zod is a guy, he is a roller coaster ride of emotions. He is either yeah. all for or all against. He's all for now. He's going to do this. He figures, you this know what? This guy made me look like an asshole last yeah. time. I better be on his side and, and say it was yeah. my idea to do yeah, it. Yeah, I'll do that. Also, he's just like, you know what? You, you Green Lanterns, you're kind of, you know, you're not so tough or whatever. I can deal with you. These Dark Stars, they seem like a, a bit of a problem. I, they yeah. may come at you guys aren't going to come after me. Anymore, as we sit right now, these guys are these, yeah, yeah, these, these, uh, like, these other guys. I'm gonna have to cell. break a sweat. I'm gonna have to yeah. actually fight them. Uh, but I don't mind that they're trying to figure out a way. You know, at least you get that. The progression is that you get, hey, Eradicator, get over here. Show him the anti-teleportation device. And he gives <laughs> it. And then John's like, you know, I like to build things. Boom! And starts building it with his, you know, his constructs and Let's things. See, it, it, he could do it real fast instead of it taking weeks. I like, I liked him calling the Eradicator over like he was like his little lackey or something. Hey, Eradicator, get over here. All yeah. right, yeah. boss, here I go. Hey, there, boss. I'm here. <laughs> I always Eradicators I, might as well be just a manservant on Jakul. Yes, oh, he might as well be. I, I actually like the idea. I don't know why, because I know it's, <laughs> it makes no sense what I'm going to say, but it's, it's hard like constructs, obviously, the the thing that he's – I always want to think that they're making these machines. These machines are not going to do anything. John's just there, he's, and they're like, hey, Eradicator, go go make this thing for him. This yeah, guy's they just, freaking – They just humor him. They're like, he's oh, acting like a John, fool here. Sure. Like, oh, that looks really good there, John. I, I like those constructs. You see the Jakuls, the Jakulians. Oh, my goodness. They're all – Yelling, but it made me laugh. But uh, yeah, this it's okay. Uh, you know, you end Not with great. basically guy about to kill his dad, and then our killer shows our up. Killer shows yeah. up and says, "No, you no kill. You yeah, first yeah. killed me." 
And again, you would guess that this is the, you know, you don't want to do this type of thing that will wrap around into. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's just I want to get to the fireworks factory. I want to get to the big issue. Well, we have set have up things over and over and over. And it just, yeah. Three. And it, yeah, three. And I, I bet three, you. Three, and then the 50th will be the goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. And I re- don't think, yeah, I, well, I don't think that I'm that crazy to think that we're not going to get much in the next couple issues. It's going to be oh. more buildup. We're going to get a little. And, yeah, it may be the fact that he has to write for so many characters. I mean, you do have all the big lanterns here, so you do have to include that. But like you said, last issue, you got no Kyle Rayner. And then here, where I saw people, the people that I was talking to online who are really into this, like, man, we're going to get Kyle Rayner. This is going to be awesome. Awesome uh, Kyle Rayner issue. We haven't had that in a while, and you see him for a couple, <laughs> a couple panels. Yeah. And so he's in a jail cell with that. Uh, yeah, Cabby's he's in a jail Space cell. Cabby. So yeah, and Space Cabby's pissed, and we didn't even say, but the basic thing is they've shown up there, and you know, High Father is pissed that they have been using a mother, mother box, box, or he has been using a mother box to, you know, kind of steal stuff and and transport, you know, uh, bad things and whatnot. oh, you mortals. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, this is why I don't deal with you guys, and they walk off. But yeah. Uh, what'd you give it, Reggie? Uh, for all these reasons, you know, the fact that this really felt like they put the brakes on the story that wasn't really even going that yeah. full speed to begin with. Uh, you know, this whole thing about the, this, you know, how a guy gets the Dark Star uniform, uses it to go uh, smack his dad around, doesn't really ring true for either Guy or a Dark Star. Seems to be something neither of them would really do. Uh, but there was some good stuff, and I really had no trouble with the actual visuals of it so i gave it yeah. a six out of ten yeah i'm gonna go i might even go a little more positive i'm between a six and a six five and i'm trying to be more positive lately so i'm gonna go six five but the same exact <laughs> reasons i mean you you don't go very far but you, you get some interesting things it's just that's all this series has been is a continuous deal of oh man i can't wait to see how that works out and that takes issue after issue after issue and it's just, you know, I want to see Goofy Orion, but we're not going to get that told, you know, the end. We're, all of these things are going to work out by the end for them to fight the Dark Stars. But as it's going on, uh, there's just not a lot, and it just seems very padded constantly. Uh, like I said, it, it may be because of so many characters, but even so, I, I need something. And we're just kind of always stalling. So, yeah, I'll go 6-5, but I just want more. But what would you give it? I give this issue a 5.5 oh out of 10. Well, the art's okay. I don't think it's up to par for what we usually get. But overall, this entire issue just really throws onto the brakes of a series that I was really into. And now it's just, we're going to pad it out, and it doesn't feel as big as it once did. Even the whole thing where they try to do the whole tie into metal, where how subconsci- subconsciously wish for the Dark Stars to be created for what yeah, he really right. wants. But, like, it, it just... This issue, because of what we're dealing with and everybody putting, like, you know, doing their own thing, like the Guy Gardner thing, which was ridiculous, but it makes it feel way smaller than it did initially, and it's really just killed the momentum for me going forward. All right. Well, we're going to move off to another section of mail, and then we're going to come back with Reggie uh, with a couple big books. Woo! Yo, it's mail call.
Boom, Boom shakalaka. Mail with Eric. I am wrong turn, and I prove this message. He proves this message, Eric. Proves the shit Story out of, of continuity. Story of continuity. Knock, knock. Who's there? Does this rhyme? <laughs> Shut up, wrong turn. Shut up. There, there's a riddle, Eric. That's what I'm talking about. I can get involved in that. See you on the seventh. See you on the seventh. I'm just going to go down all of America. Oh my I like God, the killing. Why? There you go. He loves the killing. And of course, who could ever forget this one? Load up your pistols. Continuity. People. Coming to town. Thank you, wrong girl. That is, that is my best thing I've ever done ever. Just the spaces, because when I did it, I got both of those lined them up to make sure the spaces were exact. I mean, to the T. Ah, yes, this is mail section number three. And really, as Wrong Turn would say... I don't know. I don't know either, Eric. Your reviews is a big shit. This comment masterpiece. Going die. Going die. Going die. This mail section's all about Josh. Josh Vermillion, Eric. Voice up, of an angel. What's up, Jim, Eric, and everyone in the Get Fresh crew? Boop, boop. Pistol shrimp? It's been quite a while since I've sent a mail in for the podcast. Pretty much just been hanging out. Keeping an eye on the Slack chat, reading some comics, that kind of thing. But this news about Jeff Johns brought me out of the woodwork. Uh-oh. I agree with almost everything Jim said on the Weird Science comic news show, Eric. What's on Patreon.com slash Weird Science. And he wants this, Eric. He is actually asking for this. Ding sound. Ding sound. Jeff Johns has a lot of projects. And, and if, if people aren't aware, this is the idea that he is kind of a uh, a free agent now. He has his own kind of production company that's going to deal with movies, TV, and comics. And... I got a little upset. And it, it, it was mainly just upset, and I and then I took a lot of flack for it in the slack of people yelling at me, saying basically the whole delays of the Doomsday Clock are probably Gary Franks and not Jeff Johns. And I just said he was the creative officer, all this stuff, and, you know, he's still involved. And yeah. uh, it just – it's almost as if, like, you have a guy who – you know, you have a, a guy who's your big football player. Oh, my God, Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz is injured. You know, he has his, oh, no. his knee injury. But then he announces that he's going to do five marathons the next week. I'm Don't like, what the Carson. fuck is it? Don't. We need you I, on the field. Finish up what you're doing here. Jeff Johns has had a lot of projects coming out, and he can barely get Doomsday Clock out as it is. And I know that art delays are the thing as well, but – I just, I also sit there and I'm like, his name is attached to a lot of these movies that people don't like at, at the DC front of things, but yet he goes off and do it, does his own thing and they think everything's going to be golden. So I don't know. So how is he going to be able to get all that done on top of three new books and all the movies he's working on? And yeah. I do think. I do think these books, <laughs> including he's going to have a Shazam, uh, you know, he's going to have these things. I think that what we're going to get is when we talk about Vibe, where mm-hmm. he's going to start a couple books and then hand them off to guys that he hires. And I said I'm actually expecting to hear as this gets near and near some other guys that he has kind of hired to be his guys. And maybe big names, maybe not. I don't know. But I think a lot of the I things are going to – I don't know. I think a lot of the things are going to be like from the mind of Jeff John. And oh, no, shit it's J.J. Like Abrams. He shit. is. He's J.J. Abrams now. I love his writing, and I want him to write more comics, but not if every book he's on has these bullshit delays that not only throw you completely out of story, but put a hold on everything else at D.C., and that's the problem. It's really putting us on hold. Also, 
I, I just really have to say, I read Doomsday Clock, and I don't – I said this to some people in Slack even, that when I'm reading Doomsday Clock, and me and you are both big fans of Jeff Johns. You yeah. were always a little bit more of a fan, but we were. And me jumping in at, in, uh, at the New 52, I've told a lot of people, the first book that I read was Aquaman, Jeff Johns' Aquaman. I thought it was great, and I then I went and read all of his books. I love all of his books. This Doomsday Clock – I, if you just handed it to me, I'm just there, retarded me. I'm reading it, and at the end, you're like, "Who do you think wrote it?" I know that guy. I would never say Jeff Johns. I would never would get that this is a Jeff Johns book. There are other books that I've read Jeez. of his that have these, you know, Jeff Johns tells. This doesn't have it because I think that he's too much writing it to be the sequel to Doomsday or uh, Watchmen. I mean, and I don't think that he's necessarily writing this the way he normally writes. I'm just not, it's not grabbing me. And usually if anything, he grabs me. And the other thing that I said, oh, I used here. to say about Jeff Johns back in the new 52 was this basically, one thing I know about Jeff Johns, he's a grabber. No, I used to say that he was a guy who I thought I liked his comic deal because that's what was the pinnacle of what he wanted to do. It's yeah. obviously not the case anymore. He, these comics are, they seem to be at the bottom of the barrel and I think it shows. But now that being said, I cannot fucking wait for his Shazam book. After I picked up his new 52 Shazam trade about a year ago, I've been fucking obsessed with the character. I've gone back and consumed every piece of Shazam Captain Marvel media that I can get my hands on. Nice. From the DC animated movies to the random uh, episodes of DC shows that would focus on Billy Batson to any comic I can find where he is a major player. I can't get enough of the character and considering he has been nearly non-existent in Rebirth this far, it's safe to say that I'm ready he to have him on his own He showed up in a panel in Constantine. Yeah, he was in Constantine at the very beginning. The Hellblazer. I, that, that's actually a little bit of a trivia. When you go online yep. and you see people who are like, these are the characters that have never been in Rebirth. Now you have, you can be a troll now. <laughs> and we, we pull up. I'm like, should I put it? I really am a showman. Uh, that's it for me. Have a great show. And Oh, wait. I, he says, I know I could still be quite a ways off, but the news still got me excited that any comic book news I've heard in quite a while. The only news that might get me more pumped is if we found out Tom King was leaving Batman. Only 52 more issues to go. That's it for me. Have a great show and talk to you later, Josh. And he says, P.S. Visions this week is going to be... Shazam Volume 1. He's actually going. He usually says at the beginning that you know the deal, and I can't talk like the voice of an angel, but he usually says, like, you know the deal. I, I try to focus on the trade, usually not from the big two. And he likes Shazam so much that he's going to get it. I have a feeling he's going to rate that positively. I have a feeling. Uh, but, yeah, we'll go from that. I, I will say, like, we have people and like, oh, I can't wait. You know, we're going to get 100 issues of, of Tom King. I do see a tide turning where a lot of things are announced or you have these things, and there are more people coming out of the woodwork that are getting a little tired of the run. So maybe that's also part of the process of bringing it back to the podcast, Eric. But there you go. got to be amazing. Uh, he's going to be talking about Shazam. But uh, we're going to go off now and finish off Reggie's books and Reggie. And Chris is going to be talking to Tourney Girl. And then you will also get in this next section Vermilion's Visions talking about Shazam. So we'll be back in a second. Listening to the podcast. Listen all day. I just want to hear Jim's voice. And I'll hear Eric Shay. Reviews. Reviews. 
All right, we are back. We are back indeed. Yes, we yeah. are. We have two books here that we're yeah. going to talk to Reggie about. Yeah, Reggie's going to go off and talk a little Eternity Girl with oh, Chris. Yeah. But uh, this first book in this section is a book that people were really, you know, waiting for, all excited for. And then Including all of a sudden me? it came out. And it came out, and I, I just didn't see that much hype for it. Me and Eric were talking about it uh, together. And we had Hawkman and uh, Plastic Man start out this week. And I really thought there was going to be more, you know, excitement for it after it came out. It seemed like Turns more excitement. Nobody likes Plastic Man or Hawkman. I don't know. It's oh. it's weird. It's just weird. It, it just when it was announced, people went gaga for it, and people then when talk. it went from gaga to caca. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it just seemed weird. It just seemed weird that like I I see people's pull list, and yeah, it, it, people would have it there. People were buying it. It seems even Hawkman, but I never saw like a lot of talk just amongst the people that we talked Ooh, to. Oh, that Hill O'Brien! I can't get enough. Yeah, like like you'd see the pull, and people were talking about other books, and not like oh man, Plastic Man. All oh, right, Plastic Man, and it just seemed like well, it kind of come out in the same week as the ten out of ten Mister Miracle books. Well, so. that is true, and uh, who could compete? Down. Uh, I just think that it was a weird thing to come out, and I think that a lot of people, when it was announced, they were like, oh, man, that's going to be awesome, and never really realized when it was going to come out. And then it just came out, and they're like, all right, I got it, and then read it. I'll read that uh, in the weekend. But even like I, I usually see hype even before you know people read it. It's like, oh, man, I couldn't wait to get this. And I'm sure if you go to Gail Simone's Twitter, you'd see a lot of that, you know, Gail yeah. Simone fans, which I'm one of them. And so – it just kind of came out, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I like Gail Simone. I've liked a lot of her other non-DC books recently. Uh, so I was looking forward to this because I don't know if I've ever really spelled it out. I think that Reggie would not be that amazed, or Eric, not really that big of a Plastic Man fan. I really don't care about Plastic Man. I don't care at all, but I thought maybe – this would be where I jump on, like Hawkman. I'm not a big Hawkman fan, but that number but one you, issue but see, got Plastic me excited. Man shares one quality with a character I know you're a big fan of, and that's Vicky from Small Wonder. That is and true. That they're both fantastic, made of plastic. So <laughs> yes, they are. I, uh, I just you could give them a chance, maybe. You see how you like it. With that, I think that you do run into this deal where if you're going to be writing uh, Plastic Man, you know, Gail Simone's going to come in. You're either going to write a, you know, something that's so over the top crazy, but the problem with that is you're then going to be like, a, people would say, oh, what is this, the next Harley, or even to the point of Deadpool over at much so you kind of yeah, have to watch see, how you do she it didn't go that way though no and that's what i'm this, saying you know, i think yeah. that you have to I, I understand i don't think she wants to go that way uh, because she didn't want it to be just a, a joke and people throw oh look there's another joke character whatever it's kind of caught in between for me it is my biggest problem and the, it is the, but he is like he is like a regular you know he is, he is. This is the first time i can remember him having like a day job i think in the last i i think for the last 10 15 even 20 no. years he's just plastic man all the time Eel o'brien is like a non-entity it's no. just he's just crazy plastic man always bouncing changing shape yeah no, no, he's got like a no. night he's got like a day life you know he no. like owns this nightclub so there's yeah. something there he's and you know he's a this, manager at the nightclub yeah, he's a he's manager, the manager so, yeah, but yeah you know, this is this is something a little more depth, and and Gail Simone is good at writing these kind of like dark and often gross, but with some comedy. You know, that's yeah, really yeah. what her claim to fame is. So, yeah. 
Uh, that's what we got here. And, and you say, uh, and we'll get to the blurb in a second. Uh, Eric will tell you how much I like when guys have jobs and in the comics. <laughs> Oh, it, yeah, always, it always it always throws me off. But uh, We're humanizing the characters, they yeah, got a yeah. job just like I'm you. I'm telling Jimmy. you, it's, it's plastic, man. I don't need humanizing. Plus, if you are, I showed Eric. If you're a Sopranos fan, there is a nice little uh, Silvio from the Sopranos in there. Is a little bit, thing. yeah. Right oh my god, it looks so much like him. I, I, I said think the that. The problem here, though, is that Plastic Man has a better job than you guys. That's what he, that's he does. Off, well, you know? it seems to have some fringe benefits. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you that. Like it sucks. I'll tell yeah. you what. But with that, I really ended up kind of stuck in between what I thought this was going to be and what I wanted it to be. And in the end, I have to admit, it, it was it dragged. It was dragging for me to get through, which I know that'll upset you, Reggie, because I know you like this. Right. But I thought it was a little bit boring. But let's get into it. Let's hear the blurb and then we'll there talk was a spot. about it. Okay, it's Plastic Man number one, written by Gail Simone, art by Adriana Melo, Kelly, Fitz, Kelly Fitzpatrick. He's hunted by the police. He's hunted by the military. He's hunted by the espionage agency Spiral. And what's he hunting for? A decent pastrami sandwich in this one-horse town. The yucks flow almost as thickly as the blood in Don't Forget About My Wang, rated G. Yes, the Wang. Eric was like, I like that. I'm like, really? That that was so overdone. You find that very Wang? Oh, it was so overdone. That no, Wang. That's and, so and, Wang. And with that, I thought that at the beginning was so Wang. But no, I even thought that maybe this little girl that it seemed was the Wang thing when she's like, hey, uh, I'm Pado, Suave Pado, Swackatoon, Prince of Pine. I actually hope that that is a character that comes back because I do think that this book needs something else for for Plastic Man to be around because just Plastic Man kind of talking to himself and giving us, you know, we're getting this whole idea of what the story is. It's, it's almost like the, the, Deal Who where you come back, guard. you come back from the dead, and you're trying to figure out the the mystery of of what happened and things like that. And I'm just not that interested in it right now. I, and I hate to say that because I was really looking forward. I, I've been yelling about I want to have fun with books. Now this was a book I had penciled down as something that I was going to have a hoot with, and I really didn't. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and you with it on your calendar, it's I did. We'll I put we'll have a hoot June thirteenth. We'll have June thirteenth. <laughs> I, I did. I had that will have a hoot, and Tanya, for some reason, thought I was jo- uh, joining some freaking owl club or something, she said. And I said, no, honey, I'm waiting for Plastic Man. And right. she said, who's Plastic Man? I said, exactly. Uh, because I I don't have a lot of uh, Plastic Man background. The, pretty right. much the most I've read of Plastic Man is a metal. We didn't get a lot. So going into this, you know, I'm expecting a little more of, of some background, which we do get here. Uh, yeah. Not as much as I thought we would, but really the, the whole idea of it, it's more of a, I don't know, it's heading more towards, like you said, like a gross out, violent gross out book than what it's, I would have thought. It's going to be violent. Thought. It's going to yeah, be blood. Yeah. That's obviously what this is set up to be. Yeah. Uh, to me, this whole issue, this is pilot syndrome. This yeah, is, it is. Set everything out. That's this is where because we have not had a like Plastic Man status quo since 2011. You know what I mean? Like, no, this is letting us know. Yeah, we, all right, this is. Yeah, we had a little deal in Forever During Evil, Forever deal, Evil yeah. but I don't even know if that's well, the same. I don't want to hear about that Forever Evil <laughs> shit. All you had was a man named Eel O'Brien melted. That's all that happened. Yes. You didn't know anything about his background. No one said he turned the Plastic Man. 
That's a, that I, a total. I, there you know what? I <laughs> that one issue of JLI than there ever was in Forever Evil. Well, when they said Period. he was too crazy, and well, yeah, that didn't make sense the, anyway because he was wearing the uniform. Well, he was shouldn't have been Plastic Man yet, yeah. though, so, because so what you're saying is that if I meet any other Eric Shea out there, I should right. just walk up to him and say you're blind and your dad's dead and you have. I was going to say death. that's the thing. If you went up and said he's blind, he'd have to be blind. He's Eric Shea. But that's what I, I say. That, but what you're saying though is uh, I'll I'll counter that with telling you that I think this is as much bullshit because we didn't get shit. We got shit about shit in this. Origin, you, you and that's the thing out. is, in, in this issue, it's a Plastic Man book. You're getting more Elo Brian yeah, than you are Plastic yeah, Man yeah, with this I, whole you know day job nonsense. Yeah, you find I, out that's, that's what it was. You find out he get a day job. You found out Spiral wants to wants to use him. You find out that that's the other he's thing. On Spiral. The hunt, he's on the hunt of this other job, and of course yeah. you got the uh, Princess <laughs> of Poetry, whatever of the Urban Alley, and uh, that's, that's basically <laughs> the Urban the Alley cast of characters. Yeah, there you go. I just I didn't have fun. I, I really didn't have any fun with this at yeah. all. If I rated this in fun, I'd zero. I actually sat. I was at. I actually thought at one point that this was a double-sized issue because I was at page like 16 and I thought I'd been reading 40 pages and it upsets me because I do like Gail Simone. I think that she's trying too much not to do what most people thought this book was going to do because then she would look like a hack maybe. I don't know. I want to have fun. I don't really care that a stripper wants to fuck Plastic Man. I don't care. And then him saying, I don't want to do it with her because she has bad, you know, she, she doesn't like that. me. Yeah, I just all of this just led to me to be like, I don't want to even see what's going on. Then you even have where he's trying to figure out who shot this guard when they were doing this big heist thing and all that. And it looks like it might have been him. Then the guy's drawing in blood, JLA. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But you tell me. Would it be the JLA? <laughs> you tell me. I, 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 I don't know. Right there. Yeah, that's that's the mystery. That's it. That, that is the mystery. I know. Well, right away, I'm I'm thrown off in this issue because we have Eel O'Brien. He's getting like he's meeting up with this old like you know uh, crew and stuff like that who thought he was dead and they want to take care of him because they don't want him talking about the whole thing. But it's Eel O'Brien getting the shit beat on, blood splattered everywhere. And then later on, it was like his legs pop up. Like he starts yeah, glowing. I, it's because he's just plastic man. He's, he and doesn't want anybody is, to why know. Why is he bleeding and all this other stuff? Yeah. And he's plastic man. Yeah, maybe that's. He he's right. He shouldn't be bleeding. But maybe know, that's I mean, made I, up. Maybe he has blood packs. Yeah, like you, blood you are a man who loves pills. the blood packs. I do uh, usually keep some blood packs on. And he does go there with the plan to let them do this, so he can listen to what they're doing and saying yeah. and whatnot. So I, I'd go with that. I just maybe maybe the whole deal is I want more Plastic Man, but I don't really know Plastic Man. I I just I don't know. Maybe he's just not a character for me. I thought he'd be a little more goofy, fun, and basically it, it, he might as well I mean, have he been turns in. Into an Amazon. You didn't like that yes, part. He and, just pops into an Amazon. And I laughed at that. Yeah, but I even that, that, he's like, this is what this you know what this guy hates strong ladies, and then he does that. And that's not what the guy's afraid of. So all that was was just, you know, I don't know, fan service or uh, a joke. But it's one of those things where this is like a plastic man in a Quentin Tarantino story. And I know that you don't like Quentin Tarantino. uh, But with that, it's just the -the over-the-top violence just – it just wasn't what I was expecting. I know that he is, you know, the whole background and all that. Then you get spiral thrown in, and then I really want to, you know, slice somebody's throat. But with that, I just didn't have a lot of –
lot of fun. And then at the end of the, the police or whatever, the army comes in to grab yeah, him. Yeah, the military. Yeah, like, and what I just, the hell? yeah, and and what, from this, all I keep thinking this whole time. Now we don't get spelled out like uh, a full time frame or whatever. But all I keep thinking in this is like, why why doesn't he call Batman or Superman? I mean, he saved the world, he saved the universe, and now he's there, and we're getting what would be probably before that, obviously because it's this background. But from what we saw to this, there's such a, a dish join a deal of what he is and what he wasn't and all this that that's all i kept thinking of why is he like why are spiral after him the police he should be you know being checked on by the justice league and i maybe that's just he me. doesn't want to bother yeah that. i know As but right still now, i consider this out of continuity for where yeah, we are that, and that's I the other too. thing I mean, is, is i do too terrific you know i, mean? that's, that's I don't know it would be pre-terrific i would yeah. just became i think this is pre-everything yeah, yeah. pre-everything you know? yeah I it would so, be yeah. pre-everything that's why i'm saying it doesn't make sense but this is all i keep thinking of and really like you even said i think i'm getting enough plastic man in the terrifics to have a six issue mini of him and you know maybe there was other characters that maybe we should have dealt with besides this uh but some people like it i know you Again, like it and that's the whole thing you talk about the whole idea there are these people who just jump on with rebirth they get the plastic man a little bit metal he's a big egg now he's in terrifics maybe some people want like you know you dc wants to reestablish the character they need people to know who plastic man is so we're gonna throw a six issue yeah issue but you're mini throwing a six issue mini yeah. after all those others started so you're already doing it the the back ass way you're doing it where you're gonna oh i want to have everybody know who this character is wouldn't you have wanted this three months ago four months ago before or even further before metal before he showed up well before he if, was in you, the if your problem is dc's lack of forethought no, that's, that's what i'm saying yeah this i guy, actually think know? all this was was oh my god plastic man's going to be a metal we need to get a miniseries and yeah, see if that bites Miguel simone dan didio approached her about it yeah, so she yeah. didn't go to him with an idea i'm, and, I'm uh, telling you and, but had, and I had an idea for the way he wanted it to go and i guess okay, that's yeah happened. And I, I'm insane. I know this. I, I really know it. Uh, so I might be the only one who thinks this because I'm looking and there's six 10 out of 10s for this. And I just – I don't get it. I don't get how you could read this right away and say this is a 10 out of 10. I, I just don't. But, but everything else is a 10 out of 10, Jim. Why wouldn't this be? I, I don't know. I give up. I really do give up, and I, I see these people. This is a fantastic welcome back issue. And like, really, I just—it's it, one of those where I—I I was left wanting more info, uh, wanting more Plastic Man, especially. And I don't really think that the uh, the direction that I see it going just seems like a lot of fun when this is all I really wanted this book. This would be like if all of a sudden we had a Batmite book again, uh, which hopefully we don't. Eric hated that book. But if we had a Batmite book and it starts out – No, no. It yes. starts out with him slicing three uh, you know, necks and then fucking murdering uh, somebody oh, and eating them. I, I don't need that. <laughs> and, and, and basically this is the continuation of what I've been, uh, been upset about is everything now is back to being dark and people were they rebelled against that in the new 52 oh my god it's so dark i see these people in rebirth oh i'm glad rebirth came because now i can jump back even the reviewers oh it's so good the love yeah. the happiness that's not what we're getting anymore we're getting really. this we're getting like where is the fun and the, and the goofiness this isn't it i mean this happens to be a tone that gail simone excels at you yeah know, she even, does even if anytime if you get her to write something I would think you wanted it to be kind of yeah. in this 
wheelhouse. Yeah, but you're I mean, right. this really, this really, if this. this was like, hey, by the way, you read Secret Six and come read this right away, it really does fit right in. If this was yeah, like, I haven't heard uh, of Batgirl. Yeah, and Batgirl, yeah. It, it is. I understand that. And I do like her, her writing. Maybe it's just the time and place for me that I'm just not in that mode, uh, for something like this. And because, you know, the minute it was announced, I you would go and see people on Twitter when it was announced and people were hyped up the, oh man, this is going to be so much fun. Oh man, this is the best. This is going to be fun. This I wanted isn't to write fun. It. I yeah, this know. isn't fun. The fun is a wang joke that to me goes on a little too man, much so and also doesn't really have a great setup to me of just a kid walking by seeing this monstrosity go from bleeding to death to popping into place as a plastic man. Oh man, that's wang. Hey, is that good or what? And then you just get it. Is Wang like, still I don't mean need penis? That. Does still yeah. mean penis? Yeah, I actually it's... think that Wang joke went one beat too much. That's and what I'm in saying. Doing it, that, it, was, it was still yeah. pretty funny. It was yeah. all right. Yeah, I left. I left. Yeah. I'm sorry. Anything else about this? Anything I'm else very about juvenile. Well, yeah, and again, I I would love to pretend that I love every book tonight. I I realize that a lot of people don't like to hear somebody yelling about all these books they love, and if you love it, then keep loving it. But it just I'm getting frustrated with all of this stuff as a whole, and it's just it's just killing me. So it's not just this book that's bringing me down, but it's just it, everything seems to be against me. And wanting to have fun. I'm telling you, I think I'm so crazy. I think that they are writing people. Those TV shows are talking to me. No, no. I think that they're having meetings to screw with my head. They want me to have a heart attack. I know it. But yeah, uh, yeah. what did you give it? That's a tough. Let me tell you, that's a tough thing to screw with your head. That's really. Yeah, I know. I do it all the time. To get you all paranoid. Exactly. Uh, You know, I had I had pretty much a different experience than you. I thought this was. Pretty well paced. I really thought that the jokes were pretty funny. I didn't think it was like a gut buster throughout, but I definitely chortled and chuckled a couple of times. Uh, definitely, I did think this has some pilot syndrome, uh, you know, kind of effect where you essentially had to meet everybody that's going to be involved in a way that isn't really totally organic. But at least we met, uh, hopefully, the key players of this thing going forward. And I think you will see plenty of Plastic Man in your near future. So yeah. I gave this one a very optimistic 8 out of 10, but I could have gone between a 7.5 or yeah, an 8. I, I just, and it's, this is one of those where I'm not reviewing it on the site. So a lot of the things that I'm saying are a gut reaction. They're what I feel, what I wanted. So a lot of it's my problems. You know, it's not like Gail Simone ended up writing an awful issue. The dialogue's fine. Uh, yeah, you have some jokes, whatever, but, and I, I, it's not even that I don't, like, hate, I don't hate the story in general. It's just not what I was hoping this would be. So it's all personal for me. In the meantime, again, I wanted more Plastic Man. You kind of get somewhat of an origin, but it's kind of skirted around a little. It's not, it, you know, you, you're kind of playing around with it as you're going. You're not getting it just there and get on with it. She's being cute with it a bit. Yeah. Uh, so, and because of that, uh, it, and again, that's, what you said that's pilot syndrome to me like you said you're going to introduce some characters but even then the only characters that i know that i would say are going forward are the spiral agent uh, and plastic man uh but with that even, boom bots? i'm telling you i don't know and only because he's after Man. him. I'm saying this isn't going to be somebody that's going to be well developed. That's just the guy he's going to go after, uh, Silvio. But, uh, even so, it's just, I didn't feel like afterwards that I really, really liked the character. And I'll tell you, I, I didn't think at all like, boy, I can't wait for next issue. I'll just be here when we talk about it again. And hopefully it'll improve and give me something more of what I want. But I'm giving it a five 
out of 10, and that is a Ooh. standard 5. That's not an FU5. Oh. I think, and I like the art. I do like the art, but to me, this is pretty much right down the middle. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I could say playing it safe. But it seems like she's trying not to do some things so that she's not called on things. I don't know. Go go with it, Eric. I don't know what I'm saying. What would you give it? I'd give this issue a 6.5 out of 10. I like the art enough in this issue. But the whole grittiness nature of it, the reinvention of Plastic Man for the six-issue mini, doesn't feel like it works with the rest of what we're dealing with with Plastic Man and everything else. And even what we've seen before. Because like I said before, instead of Plastic Man, a lot of this issue we're getting Elo O'Brien. And once he becomes, you know, Plastic Man, it seems like we should have gotten away from that, like the whole redemption of him. I don't want to see him like hanging out in seedy freaking strip clubs, stuff like that, or like, mm. and it just, it just doesn't feel right. Even the way the jokes work, where you want a jokey Plastic Man you can have some fun with, it almost feels like it is getting to the point of Deadpool, but not quite there. So no. it just doesn't really feel like a complete story so far. It just feels it's like it's more, trying to it's reinvent. It's a Bugs Bunny level, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Like we're, it's we're, getting we're, there. We're, we're but it's Bugs Bunny with gangsters mask. and sure. it's just and and blood. Bugs Bunny had gangsters around. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. They told you to wind their watch. Okay. That's what they did. Or said, "What a pal! What a pal!" Shut up! <laughs> shut up! Keep <laughs> shit. Basically, you have Silvio from The Sopranos acting like Robert De Niro with his goddamn baseball bat. You know, hey, I'm practicing my swing here. But yeah, it's just what. But uh. Uh, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to the last issue that we'll be talking about. Oh, and this is a sad one. one. It is a sad one, and it's, it's sad for I really, many I, a I reason. Say, uh, I really, I really felt uh, not thrilled about seeing this one go. Yeah. Even though I think we, you know, we could say it up, you know, up front. It's no big secret that this is not as good as it was in the very beginning. No, uh, it really has kind of like uh, faltered a little bit in the it latest has. one. But I, I still. I really like all these characters so much, and, I I, and so. seeing them all here, this is obviously a, you know, so long. Every this is a battle yeah, of like this all the is main a characters. It is, and uh, what's weird and, though, and I, I had I I was like I was glad to see it and said, yeah, and it. and with that, yeah, when it came back, especially, you can tell that they said, you know, start getting things going. You, you better start towards an end, whatnot, and the pacing, everything was off then. I mean, the yeah. book that was really working on the characters and really giving you progression of characters that would last through issue after issue and seeing these characters become friends, seeing, you know, Keenan go from a jerk off that Eric hated to somebody that he loved. This took time and he really did put in the effort of it. It wasn't like some other books that we get nowadays where basically from one issue to the next, we're told that the guy's yeah. no longer a bully and now he's great. Or he saves a baby <laughs> just to force the issue. There was a really good progression and even at points where that progression of character went back a step and so like, oh man, you know, we thought he was good. Now he's a jerk again and he's going and it was really good. Once we got near when it was first canceled and then yep. you could tell things things were at it's a never quite pace. come back to no and then he was. had uh, there have been little points of you know yeah. definitely glimmering oh, yeah. moments but nothing but you, you had this idea where okay i'm gonna have to scrap this i mean the the lantern core of china that they were there just to be there because they were talked about before and shoved aside all that sure. the thing that that gets me mad and it gets towards the point of what you it's like a roundabout way of what you say it, reggie you hate that you get six issue arcs only for a trade i actually hate 
hate that they didn't let this book go to 25, get that extra size issue so that he can actually have one more issue of this kind of leading and then have a big to do that he has extra page space and people who like this can celebrate by getting that anniversary extra size 25 issue and get more of the story and have a proper send off. But as Eric told me, it's probably just because they didn't want to have an, you know, an uneven trade. And so you're not going to go. So you stop at 24 right before that oversized anniversary. And it actually upset me. I think that Gene Wan Yang, though, the the book hasn't sold. It hasn't sold at all. But you go and look at his Twitter. You go and hear him in interviews or whatever. He is – he's a great guy. It seems like I mean he's better see, guy than I will ever be. He, he but does seem like a good there dude. There has never I, been I, a I, time I this book has done pretty well in trade. Yeah, I and that's what. Why not let it get that extra issue and then you know work the trade so that that can fit in and have whatever. I've never heard him say one thing like uh, you know this is ridiculous. DC uh, didn't let me do this or whatever. I see him just praising DC of letting oh, yeah. him tell a story, or whatever. Just give the guy that one extra oversized issue and let him tell. I mean, then all of a sudden he has 40 what more pages to, to tell. What happened to Laney Land? All of that. Any of that. You you could what have had – and even then you could have had just an extra issue. And then you could have had what this part was, the, you know, kind of the, you know, celebrate, go around and, and have your bows. But don't do it in this issue. And then you, you're just one issue away. And it just – it upset me that we didn't get enough because when you read this issue – all I can think of is people like, oh, you know, that Reggie Jim and Earth. They're always going around, around that book. Well, I'll pick this up. This issue isn't great. It really no. isn't. Uh, we like it because it's we like, like a the series. Issue. For a final issue, it's almost like, oh, this yeah, is sort of like and, a and, whatever. And it's okay. just a throwaway deal. And even the characters are kind of glossed over with almost them being characters. You have some callbacks uh, and stuff like that, but really, it just it's just reestablish all of the characters. Yeah, and it, it's sure just you know, it's upsetting to me. Or Dylan or yeah. uh, a couple, you know, Quad and Kong Joe yeah. is beaten ass. Avery's got sort of a love thing with uh, yeah. Keenan going on, but it's it's still she's very yeah. But fun thing at the beginning just, with a I, video as far game. As far as I see it, it basically looked at like. Gene Luen Yang put a pin in the character, so if anyone wants to use them again, they can refer to this one issue yeah, and basically and get go with it. they need and, to know. And then you, and then he, you know, he's going to be, you know, clever with the deal or kind of wink, wink, where he shows you like this is the future of the deal, but the, almost the whole issue is spent in the ghost realm, and yeah. it's just like eh, here we go, and it basically is for Keenan to learn his last lesson though when he's in the ghost because it starts off they're playing a video game, and it, it's kind of a cool thing where it does transition into uh, what looks to be Keenan just killing by she, and then it pulls yeah. out and it's a video game, and I'm like okay, and I. I even like the idea that he goes a little farther with this, where it's like, hey, I didn't know they had a video game for us. And like, no, no, you know, it's our fan club. They made the skins for this. And I'm like, you know what? That's kind of a cool idea, that they would not have this video game yet. Uh, But that's a cool way to do that. But what he's talking about is quite possible. Yeah, yeah, I I actually think that that's really cool, the way he spells it out. And then you go to the ghost realm. And in the ghost, because, you know. Oh, no, first Kong Joe is using a weird (sighs) fucking... 
uh, I don't know, water beast to yeah, uh, hand I, out Coke. Well, and, and even games. that, that's so, it's, it's such a forced deal because he's using this stupid, yeah. you know, water Pokemon and nobody, everybody's like, it's like we are supposed to have thought that this has been going this is, on this is life. forever. Yeah, this, this is how they do it over yeah, there. Is, is that yeah. their butler, you know, whatever, but it's yeah. bizarre. And like you said, you get the whole deal with Baishi and Daylim where they're like, yeah, you know, hey, I'm, I'm a good guy now. Yeah, you weren't when you were trying to sell us out. Hey, I learned my lesson. Now let's smooch. And then they smooch and you go from there. But yeah, you, you have this deal where you do have Master I Ching, you know, not with Keen and he wants to have it. Uh, him there so he goes in the ghost room to grab him and then I Ching says you're not going to be able to get me all shit goes wrong and then it turns out that he's like all you wanted your parents and then you kind of leave with that you know it's such hey. a weird convoluted way though yeah. that we get there the whole thing is like you know we even had at the end of the last issue the whole idea man I, I went all yin yeah. and I went to this I like you know I have all this darkness kind of thing. Maybe I can do that again to get to the ghost world where I Ching is and I'll be able to get him back so we do that here but he goes all yin, goes to the ghost world, and for some reason, all the Justice League of China go there as well. And when he reverts back to normal super, new Superman, wait, we're still in the ghost realm. How do we get back? Yeah. And it just becomes this whole thing that really never goes anywhere or is resolved. It just kind of no. happens because he believes it happens. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the and, thing is, I really think this was, again, meant to be a longer story. And he just... Yeah. Oh, I think it is, too. ending it. You know what I mean? This was supposed to be over time... Things are going to happen. The Justice League was going to come into it, you know, and that was going to be a much yeah. bigger thing. But it and wasn't. with that, there, there's okay parts. I actually really like the idea that you have Keenan like, what the hell? Who's that? You stop beating up that kid. And it's him. And he's like, yeah. what do you mean? A ghost? I'm not dead. And like, no, no, no. Some ghosts are just from regrets and bad things you've done. I thought that that was a really good tie Summer around to the fears. beginning. Yeah, and yeah. I really like that. And that's where you see the future of the, you know, the Justice League of China. They're all, you know, out there. It looks like uh, uh, Bai Shi's sister would have killed him and became the Joker version of I, Batman I, and things I, like no, that. I think, I think that's Bai Shi as, you yeah, know, Yeah, I don't know. Alpaca. I think that it was maybe even that Alpaca ended up killed. Because even with that symbol over his bat symbol, but we, we'll never know. Because well, look, he's it's still just chubby, them. that's the thing. Yeah. But you know, whatever it is, it's uh, it's some weird dark future for the Justice League. Avery starts vibrating again, has no yeah. loved ones, so she's automatically yeah. evil. Yeah, and even that, she she has no loved ones, she starts vibrating, and she's like, hey, you know, that other Flash taught me how to do that, and now I'm like, we've actually heard this story like five <laughs> times every time she tells it. It's Pretty different. Much, yeah. It's changed, and she's right here. Jean Luang Yang is right. It was Flash. We have heard over and over that it's everybody else in, included, but uh, yeah, you have that. And it all leads to uh, where you get uh, Kurt Henning, uh, Mr. Perfect, right? He shows the perfect <laughs> man, Con Keenan. <laughs> right when I saw my, it's Mr. Perfect there. And yeah, I wanted Keenan to go. Listen, uh, future me—that's nice and all, but that long hair doesn't suit me. I, I don't really like it. He has yeah. finally found balance, but what he did not realize is future <laughs> fear is that there is balance to finding balance, and he well, has not achieved yeah. that balance. And that's the favorite. That, the my favorite part balance, is that. Baby. Yeah, that's what he I'm heard, saying. You Balance you like balance. the balance of the balance. You got the balance. I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. I, my head's spinning. But even then, it's giving you st – at least he's being true 
to the kind of overall concept of Keenan and, you yeah. know, the balance and the, the I Ching, all that. It, it's not, there are, it's very forced. This whole issue is very forced to get to where you can have him leave and we're all friends and I miss my family and maybe I should go with uh, a bad, I waited for one thing though. I Ching at one point, I swear to God was going to say, listen, Keenan, I don't know if you've heard this. You can pick your nose, but you can't pick your family. I, I waited for him. He didn't say it, but that's, that's all it is. In China. I, I'm telling you, it seemed to be going towards that after Mr. Perfect was there. But even that, you have Mr. Perfect there. Kurt Perfect, Hattie. man. And uh, you have it basically there to be like, oh, that's the danger of your future self, but I'm going to get rid of him now. He just disappears. And it's it's very forced. Again, it's not bad, though. It's not horrible if no. you've been reading this. And now I see. This is the thing. We've had these victory lap good, issues. It's just rushed. And we've had these victory lap issues where I get, um, me and Eric both go nuts. Uh, I guess if you've enjoyed the series, you enjoy those. Now I see. My eyes. I thought I was teaching them, Eric. They were teaching me because mm-hmm. I love this series. I really do. And I'll always think fondly of it and think back of, you know, hey, we had a, a lot of good books that unfortunately ended up not selling and getting canceled. This is the the poster child of it. So seeing this, I, I get it. I get the idea now of the, okay, the victory lap's good if you really enjoyed the series and what, uh, you know, it did. So at the end of him kind of, hey, you just got to go to your family. I mean, y- you have, you know, it- it's not perfect, but it's what you got. And don't wish for the perfect thing you never can attain. Get mm-hmm. the thing that you can kind of work be that, on. Be the good person that yeah. you are, not the person that you want yeah, to be that you want to be you know try to don't live in the you know i wish you know you got the you got a case of the wishes uh, you know go with the deal and i'd is like that, right? that. Is that, what that is? you got the cases of the should oh, but yeah with that i like it and the spostas we got a guy here who's got a case of the spostas uh <laughs> and it just ends with them with the victory pose that always drives me nuts but i'm like okay yep. and then it, again it doesn't – I see the victory pose right there. We're, we're at the end. I'm not going nuts. I'm like, yeah. You know what I'm doing? I'm like, this sucks. You know, it's a shame. Look at look at Pai Shi. He's still a big fat so. The guy didn't yeah. even get – he didn't even get in shape yet. We had I, all I think, these things. I we have Robin Bot. We had the alpaca deal that really could have been dealt with. There was a lot of stuff to deal with in this book. And we never really even got what the Justice League of China should have been. I mean, it kind of ended up They're fizzling. They're still rogue agents. Yeah, it, it just ended up fizzling because of the time. And all this is time. And in a perfect world of our weird science books that we love, this would have went to a 100 issues. And we would have gotten a lot of progression. And it could have been the best Superman book out there because at points it was and it it just sucks it really does uh and at least people can go back and read it and trade and stuff like that and if you were you know the first two trades they're pretty pretty great and then after that it starts to slip a little like we said it started to get rushed or whatever but yeah i i would tell people i still say having read the whole thing the whole thing is is a oh you can read read the the whole thing i'm saying that that third trade trade it's going to move at a better clip yeah, in general. Yeah, I'm telling you, though, that third trade points. ends, I mean, ends with that, that nonsense. We just, we just got Aquaman of China, and now it's yeah. over. I would like to see more of him in there. But that was a cool story. I liked it when it, when they introduced him, when they got him in there. Yeah. It's just never been as good as the first arc, though. That's that's the truth. Yeah, that, that was the best. But what did you give this, Reggie? 
Well, you know, I'll tell you, if I was going to just do this one issue, I'd probably go in at a seven. But I really did have to bump it up for my love for the series. And that it did give me the feels, as they say, where I was like, damn, you know, it's like I say, I I really kind of want to see more of this Aquaman, wanted to see this ghost world possibly or this whole thing explored the way I think it was supposed to, which is probably over uh, six, five or six issues and stuff. But uh, we didn't get it. I gave it an eight out of ten anyway. Very generous and very great guy. Yeah, I, I told you I have done it before when I really like a, uh, you know, a series or whatever. I'll bump it up at the end, bump especially one that I think that deserved more, uh, you know, benefit and more of that. So I'm just going to go eight out of ten with you just because of what the whole series was. Uh, if I was just going to go this one issue, I, I could go as low as a six, six, five, where I think Eric will be because Eric does not like to bump things up at the end. But I will well, to be positive. Is, I'm not going to bump it up because this was a mediocre issue to a series I really liked, especially because it's the end. It yeah. actually aggravates me the most because it is just forced to do like a little bit of here, tie-ups here, tie-ups there, just to get yeah. to an ending that really never really meant anything in the long run. Well, here's the thing. I just wonder when it came back, they were talking – craziness like all of a sudden this was going to be like a, a family guy that gets canceled and then go, right. goes on to have 15 more seasons or whatever i yeah. i don't i i don't really think that they told him when it was going to end i think they sprung it on him i think that they said listen it's going to end now you got a month write this because yeah. it, there was he is a guy who we saw has set up a lot of things nothing in this issue was really set up before all of a sudden this issue just happened so yeah i mean it, it doesn't matter whose fault it is i know what you're saying but i don't think it was anything of his fault i actually think that he had done a bunch of these issues submitted it and then they said oh by the way this is going to be your last one and he had to write it because it it does feel that way because you know he 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 did he sowed one seed for this story in the last issue or the one before it but uh, but I even so, had, you were dealing so long, so long with the yeah. Justice League of China. You know, what little we had left going, it, it seemed all of that. And then all of a sudden you're done. And yeah. maybe he would have done it a little different. I don't know. But what would you give it? A? I would give it a 6 out of 10. All right. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at stats on Mr. Perfect he, uh, that appeared in this issue. Did you realize that was I actually didn't realize Mr. Perfect died so long ago. I mean, that guy's been dead for 15 years now. That's a long really? time. But yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But we're going to go off now uh, to you and Chris talking Eternity Girl. And I, I wish that I could say that I didn't know the score and that you would be a little more positive than some of these other books. But I saw the score, Reggie. I don't want to spoil things, though. But we're going to go off and talk about that now. Once in every lifetime Comes a love like this Oh, I need you You need me Oh, my darling, can't you see Young ones Darling with the young ones The young ones Shouldn't be afraid To live Love There's a song to be sung Cause we may not Be the young ones Very long Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have the Uno, Young Animal Uno. Mm-hmm. Uno to read for you. It is uh, Eternity Girl number four, written by Magdalene Visaggio, art by Sonny Liu and Chris Chukri. So do you remember this guy's name with the afro, Chris? I don't remember. Did we ever hear him get his name? 
I don't, I, you know, I for a second I thought this was a crossover with that that Cave Carson thing with the uh, the Prince guy for right. a minute, but uh, but it's not. But it's, no, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> this is this is in the second issue. There were like those celestial characters were talking over the fact that they, you know, that's right. Uh, they yeah. had killed one of them, but we don't we just don't know who they are. But anyway, so this guy, this is the uh, one of the celestials. He's a fellow wearing a tracksuit, has a big afro. He's the DJ guy. He's playing a record. And this record seems to be a reality or like an allegory to a reality, maybe. Uh, in this case, it's the Chaos Engine is the name of the record by Caroline Sharp. And uh, now she kicked the Chaos Engine into gear at the end of last issue when Caroline had her nuclear meltdown in the real world. That was her kicking it at the Chaos Engine in the alternate world. Remember this, Chris? Anybody? Hello? Uh. <laughs> or some such thing like this? Uh, anyway, the allegory here is that the Celestial DJ plays each potential universe as a record one at a time, but always playing a record for some of some kind for infinity. So I figure that's good enough for a, uh, you know, we got all kinds. We got like the earth is on the back of a turtle, right? The, uh, existence is the dream of a child on the atom in the atom of a fingernail of a giant. This, this is, this works just as well. That's fine. You know, you want it to be a record. That's good enough. Uh, so this leads us to the first iteration of Caroline's new reality. Uh, it's sort of like that scene in RoboCop where Murphy first comes online. You see the world from the robot's point of view. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Director Sloan has resurrected Caroline in the body of a golden robot with a decidedly penis-shaped head, I'm going to say. I don't know if that's an, an important fact. Maybe they wanted mm. it to look like she had a lady's haircut, but... I thought it kind of looked like uh, like Joan Rivers' character on Spaceballs. It's kind of like, actually, you know what? Now that you say it, maybe that was more the, the <laughs> I don't uh, know. <laughs> which also, her head was somewhat penis-shaped, shaped too, like a so penis, it, it yes. all works. <laughs> uh, so now the missing component, says Sloan, was that he hadn't given the robot a soul. Having done so, Caroline blinks awake and sits up. But then Sloan's assistant produces a gun from her lab coat and shoots him in the face for playing God. And then it looks like maybe the assistant shoots the Caroline robot. Possibly it doesn't. It just kind of goes to a just blank panel, yeah. but it doesn't really matter, as we'll find out. Yeah, the following iteration is a kind of a Mad Max scenario with a like a tank girl kind of art. Uh, I will say the art here is is, is really good. Um, now in this universe, Caroline is a motorcycle riding archaeologist. Uh, she was hired by the Queen of the Desert to find an ancient machine. However, upon finding it, Caroline decided she does not want to hand it over. Because, you see, it gives her superpowers. Now, the Queen of the Desert, who's actually a version of our friend Madam Adam, is after Caroline with her fleet of war vehicles and a mutant army. But Caroline is able to take them all out with a solid punch. Then she breaks wind in their direction and has eye beams controlled by a smartphone. Yeah. Uh, Why not? Uh, Then the queen of the desert, who's looking very snake-like, punches Caroline through the stomach. And so Caroline dies, and the queen attains some immeasurable power. Yeah, she's cackling crazy. Can you feel it? But then, boom, we whip over to another iteration. Uh, Caroline is reincarnated into... What I'm going to say is probably like a look like a Silver Age comic, maybe even like a 60s mm. Hanna-Barbera cartoon, definitely that kind of a time feel, frame, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alpha, it, doesn't, it has like a a haze over it, but not really the dots or the... Anyway, it doesn't matter, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm getting too into <laughs> it's, it. It's just faded paper. They do, they, they, it's, a, it's a good enough uh, job, whatever. Uh, sure. So Alpha 13 is monitoring world events from their computer banks, and uh, here Caroline's just an ordinary keyboard jockey sitting at this giant screen 
Rick, a.k.a. the Neverman, this is the guy who has an outfit sort of like Geoforces that was called up by Director Sloan last issue. He strolls into the office just as the giant screen is showing a picture of Madam Adam scowling. Rick talks Caroline up, says she's a great great lady, but she's trying to put off by all this attention. Uh, then there's this great explosion, and Madam Adam reveals herself in the flesh with a bunch of helmeted minions. She says Caroline is an elemental superhero with the power of a god, and Madam Adam is able to exchange power with her somehow. It seems that Madam Adam has control over atomic structures, and Caroline is like an atom bomb or something. I I don't really understand. I mean, I thought Caroline had basically the same power also. I thought. Yeah, I um, don't know. So yeah. uh, together they're like Firestorm, right? I guess. Sure. I don't know. Throw them in the Matrix. Why not? Uh, whatever the case, when they connect, Alpha 13 building disappears. Now they're in like, maybe like a futuristic anime world or something. This one was the hardest for me to figure. It, it looks like really cheap Akira. Uh, yeah. In a way, you know what I mean, but uh, not on the nose enough for me to say that's that's what it is. But uh, so the the KS engine I think is humming along, or it's one of those pod racers from this from the uh, Star Wars, the, the uh, first order. <laughs> what is that? What the hell was that one called? Phantom Menace, right? That's uh, so. Madam Adams in an all black costume now threatens to threatens to bring everything all down around us. She's going to ruin everything, but Caroline just thwarts her again. We hop into our next iteration, which is a uh, it's several parody comic strips of uh, Peanuts by Charles Schultz. Uh, Madam Adam is playing Lucy, holding the football away from Caroline, who is Charlie Brown, who tries to kick it, and she yanks it away. Of course, uh, we even go into a parody of the psychiatric help Peanuts strip, where uh, where Lucy's sitting behind the counter with a, with a little box that says you know five cents, but here it says five hundred dollars. Um, in the last strip, Caroline zaps Madam Adam into a skeleton which causes feedback that zaps Caroline into a skeleton. Uh, We end with Director Sloan and his assistant walking by, saying this was inevitable. For some reason. So now the next iteration is one where she's produced that nuclear fission in her body. That's like the reality that we knew about. Uh, And this created a massive mushroom cloud over Manhattan. I'm going to say that that mushroom cloud was by an explosion that eradicated much of the city in the process. So... Caroline's lying on the ground unconscious and at first looks like this to be the celestial DJ, but then proves to be Rick in his Neverman costume that wakes her up and invites her to have a talk over a cup of coffee. Meanwhile, in that other universe uh, where the chaos engine exists, I guess, Caroline's about to touch that chaos engine. She somehow realized the stakes here, but Madam Adam spells them out for us anyway. See, this isn't just about Caroline killing herself, but killing every virgin of herself forever. And she says that Caroline's immortality is a mistake. It's a side effect of the accidental reincarnation that happened due to the Milk Wars reboot. Do you get it now, Chris? Are you understanding? Yeah, I get it. Now, now my <laughs> now my thing is, if one is suicidal, why would killing every version of yourself be a deterrent? Uh, if you know what I mean, sure. if, if you're suicidal, okay. then you're like, you're like, yeah, I want, I want every piece, I want every bit, I don't want, you know, every parallel universe, I don't want anyone, I don't want any one of them left. But uh, anyway, so not that I'm, not that I'm even sure that this is meant to be a deterrent. We don't even know. Adam, yeah. Adam is just like saying things because she's obviously gone totally crazy now. So now the celestial DJs, he's looking on this scene while Madam Adam and uh, Caroline are talking. And now we're back at the diner, and Rick tells Caroline that he was seconds away from being unable to stop from having her meltdown. See, he's the Neverman, king of the things that never happened. 
and so he can activate alternate realities to undo mistakes or something like that, I guess. Yeah. Now, anyway, uh, Rick points out that Caroline would have taken down half of Manhattan, which is something that uh, she never considered because she's a uh, selfish lady in her mid-30s who acts like a child. Um, and then record breaks on a turntable in space. Oh, so it basically ends. We don't we. Couldn't tell you what the hell is going to happen in the next no. issue at all. I, you know, I really, we could end up with a uh, crappy parody of uh, whatever uh, Amazing Man next one, but uh, could be. The backup here was those Shade the Changing Woman sketches, which if you missed them on the other issues, <laughs> then here they are. Here they be, and uh, they're still just as good as they were there. But you know, that's sure. just two pages to fill up. So, uh, what did you think here, Chris? I hated this. Yeah, you weren't into this at all. Oh, this, uh, you know, this is something that we've, I hate this whole, let's look at the meta of comics. Mm. Uh, We get this just so damn often now. Um, It seems to be all these young writers who've kind of informed what comics is by reading Vertigo comics have decided that this is what comic books are, where I remember back in like the around the turn of the century, Warren Ellis had this thing where he said you wouldn't go into a bookstore and read, look for a book about nurses if like all the books there are about nurses. You know, when he was trying to rail against everything being about superheroes. Yeah. Everything here is meta crap. Well, (laughs) I I don't need to see it. You are talking. It's true because you're talking about a generation that came up reading comics where a deconstruction of them was just one of the many. Things that's happening, yeah. and it's it's something that's been happening nonstop since at least I would say since Watchmen. Our births, <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah, I mean, even you know, we could even maybe look back further to other you know more realistic takes on superheroes. But it's become more and more navel gazing as we get along. Uh, I don't want this. I don't want issue six to be Eternity Girl meeting Magdalene Visaggio. Yeah, you know, it. Very, but I, I can't it, bet against it. It may very well have happened exactly like that. Yeah, Animal Man was was very much like the uh, deconstruction mm-hmm. of comics and um, Astro City, which I love, is like that too. And you know, King, you know we can go on and on and on. King sure. comics like that, even to an extent. Uh, the hell's the Marvel one? Legends? What's it called? Marvels. Marvels. Yeah. I, I mean, and we're talking about some of my favorite titles, but the, the returns are diminishing as we go along. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And and now the problem here, and, and I talked about this, is I'm I'm a real sucker for parody and satire like this. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I I just have always liked it. I love seeing that. Uh, one of my favorite things ever. If you ever see this in the wild, Chris, I want to look at it. The National Lampoon Book of Comic Book History, mm-hmm. and it's fake, and it's all like parodies of comics. It's one of my favorite things. Anyway, this one though, because it had like. A couple that were specific, you know, the Peanuts one was right on the nose. The Tank yeah. Girl one was real close to Tank Girl, but the other two were more, or the other three iterations or whatever, however many it was, now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it, they were more, like, they seemed genre-based, yeah, maybe. Yeah, they or, were, like, evoked the genre they evoked where they something. didn't just lift. Yeah. Uh, that that kind of kills the message that you might, you know, that you're, the connections you're trying to make, you know what I mean? Because certainly, yeah, you know, Madam Adam being the Lucy to steal the football away from Charlie, you know, Charlie Brown, uh, Caroline. That's a good allegory. You got to come up with allegories like that in other works. Then, if you're going to go that way, I think you know mm-hmm. what I mean. You can't, you can't do it. You know, have a specific satire one part and then a more generalized one later on. Anyway, that's my 
take on it. I believe that that is uh, what we would call lazy writing when you do it. I was going to uh, say, I think I think if you need to be a writer of a certain skill before you write a story that starts with the idea of wouldn't it be cool if. Yeah. I think, I, like, I, I, I think that, that a lot of this scene, this issue, or at least this little branch, was built around the idea of this Peanuts comic. Uh, it almost got to be. It yeah. didn't flesh out the other things, you know. Um, so, yeah, anyway, that's that's the hard decisions we make as writers, or you make as writers, since I'm not talking about myself here, but uh, <laughs> that you would cut, you would maybe cut that if that didn't work. But uh, Sure. Whatever it was, it, this issue was uh, sort of middled along, but at least we did get, you know, the Neverman showing up, I guess, at the end. I didn't like his power, because if he can just... If he can activate alternate realities that never happened, isn't he basically like the Rewind Man, like the the sixty mm-hmm. seconds man, right? From uh, the hell book was that we read? The uh, Young Heroes in Love was that it? Yeah, yeah. That's basically what he did. He he could go back in time sixty seconds. That's basically what this guy's power is. Just undo. Yeah. So it's uh, eh, whatever. But then again, I mean, I'll be honest. It makes me think of like. Uh, crazy heroes that Grant Morrison made, or the villains in uh, yeah, like Doom the one Patrol. who has the superpowers that you never thought of. Exactly, was it Nun Girl or whatever or whatever that was? There yeah. was that, or the one, the guy who you just couldn't see. You always, you always like lo- overlooked him. I forget what his yeah. thing was. You know, mm-hmm. the Brotherhood like, of Dada character. That was yeah. a, exactly, and that, that reminds me that I was like, well, those to me, that was like a clever thing. Uh, you know, this this guy, his power opens more questions than it answers. And sure. This is very big. This is very much nitpicking overall. And it's not. And it's not. It's not interesting enough to even pursue the answers. Unfortunately, that's, that's the thing. Is yeah. It's it's like I it, this I where this ends up doesn't seem to have any real stakes or ramifications. Uh, I figure it's going to either end with her meeting her writer, or it's just going to be undone as if it never happened. Uh, and uh, if you're expecting us to pay twenty five dollars for this, uh, that that's kind of a, a kick in the teeth. It is. It is. It's rough. I think that this is. Uh, the Not art was good though. I like the value. art. I like the art, and I like, I like the versatility of yeah. Sunny Lou. All of those feelings and all those uh, genres, styles. like you said, yeah. great stuff. The, yeah. the, the the tougher one was the uh, you know that future one, but I evoked something there. You definitely knew a genre change had happened. So, uh That's really all that mattered. So. I don't think it's like an un, not a quality comic. It's just not a great read, which I guess <laughs> could mean it's not a quality comic. Anyway, uh, I ended up giving it a six point five. Probably could have gone six. Uh, sort of, sort of, erred on the side of feeling positive. Where do you think you would land on this? I'd probably go five five. I, I wouldn't give it a solid five with the with what comes with that. The, uh, but I, I'd, I'd give it about a five five. <laughs> yeah, and uh, much of that is on the versatility of Sunny Lou. Yeah, that's that was that is good. So uh, there it is, folks. We got two more of this one, and remember, this one is the book that is planned to be six issues, and always yeah. was planned to be that way. So whatever the ending we should get, be on point. <laughs> exactly, is the ending that has always been considered. I, I would think would be uh, what we get in issue sure. six. But next week, what do we have, Chris? We got Cave Carson and his Interstellar Eye number four. All right, and I think we might see some. Uh, Story collapsing happening there. I haven't looked at it yet. But I think you're right. <laughs> we'll find out. I don't want to. I don't want to denigrate it before we even get a chance to look at it. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that and find out what's Certainly. happening in the good old Cave Carson. But I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? Nope, that'll do it. Well, until next time, folks. I want you to keep it young and animalistic. Nobody on the road.
What's up, Weird Science, and welcome to a very special edition of Vermillion's Visions. I'm Josh Vermillion, and this week I'm going to be bringing you guys what I believe is my first ever DC book on the segment. I know I normally I normally try to stay away from uh, DC and Marvel and try to go with some more some smaller companies. I know it ends up being a lot of image, but some of the smaller companies, you know, Boom, Xenoscope, uh, even sometimes Vertigo, you know, some of those smaller smaller publishers and get some some different books in here. But this time, I'm gonna be going with DC Comics, um, and it's actually in in lieu of the recent news that came out about uh, Jeff Johns, um, I'm going to be bringing you guys Shazam. Volume 1, like I said, from DC Comics, and as most of you know, this is from uh, the New 52. Uh, it's a collection of backups from the Justice League book that was out at the time, um, and it is written by Jeff Johns. You got art by uh, Gary Frank. Um, so, I am quite the fan of Shazam, um, Captain Marvel, Shazam, whatever you want to call him. I personally like to call him Shazam more than I like to call him Captain Marvel, but that's just me. So, I have, since about a year ago, nine months to a year or so, I have been kind of on a Shazam binge. That is actually when I picked up uh, this trade that I'm going to be reviewing for you guys today and read it for the first time and absolutely fell in love with the character of Shazam and uh, Billy Batson. Uh, since then, I've been... I've been on a real kick, uh, reading a bunch of old comics, you know, um, some of the big ones, you got, like, The Power of Hope, um, you've got Superman versus Shazam, you've got, what is there, The Monster Society of Evil, a bunch of those older stories I've been going back and reading, um, and just consuming as much Shazam as I can in that form, as well as, um, you know, the different DC animated movies that, uh, feature Shazam pretty prominently, watching some of those, um, you know, just consuming pretty much any Shazam I can get, whether that's, like I said, the comics, or you got, like, um, one of the movies, like, Justice League War, Shazam was pretty prominent in, and even some of, like, um, the old episodes of some of the old DC shows. I mean, I know it's not that old, but uh, Batman Brave and the Bold had like a two-episode two arc about Shazam. So just pretty much anything with the character that I can consume, I've been going back and watching, reading, whatever. Um, I, I love the character so much. Um, and it was this trade that kind of got me started on that. Might be a little bit of spoilers for what I think about this trade, but uh, you get the idea that this trade really kicked off my love of Shazam. So, without further ado, I know I've been going on for a little bit here, I will jump right into the trade. And since it was backups, um, it's not really divided into issues within the trade, so I'm just going to talk about it for a little bit, and then we'll go from there. Um, so, much like the other New 52 Volume 1s, this is going to give you an updated origin for, for the character. Um, actually, you don't even start out the story with Billy Batson at all, but instead there's some random guy walking through the city. Uh, he goes into his office where he works, he steps into the elevator, he presses a button and kind of shocks his finger there when he goes to press it, 
um, and then he is teleported. Um, everybody else in the elevator disappears, and he goes falling down super fast, and he is transported to the Rock of Eternity. He steps out of the elevator door and is in an ancient stone hallway. Um, he starts you know, walking back through the hallway, past all the cool relics and stuff, and he comes up on this real old guy with a long beard that we know as the wizard. And the wizard tells this man that he is not worthy, and he is transported back to the elevator. Well, it turns out that this was the 37th person across the entire world that has that this has happened to in the past few months, you know, whether they're getting on an elevator or, you know, uh, in a subway or different things like that. Um, and they have all been transported to this Rock of Eternity and reported similar interactions with the wizard. And they have all been interviewed about this experience by a Dr. Savannah. And Dr. Savannah has read up on the legend of Black Adam and knows that um, this experience that's been happening to these different people um, is very similar to the tale of Black Adam. And he is determined to find this this wizard and research magic so that he can use magic to, uh, to save his family. And now... Now we're going to get some Billy Batson. We're going to jump seven months into the future, and Billy Batson is sitting in his case manager's office uh, talking to her about a uh, and a potential foster family, and the potential foster family is there. Uh, so Billy talks to them, and is just he's just about the nicest kid ever um, until the, uh, the, the Mr. and Mrs. Vasquez, Vasquez they, uh, they agree to bring him home, and to make him part of their family, and then they leave. And then the real Billy Batson comes out, the douchey, cocky, kind of asshole one. Everything he said to the Vasquez's was an act, and he really just wants to turn 18 and get out of the foster system already. Um, And his case manager, uh, Mrs. Glover is her name, she tells Billy that he better not screw this one up because she's running out of foster homes, and she knows how unpleasant he is to be around. Uh, so not long after that, Billy is all set to meet his his new family. He gets to the Va- Vasquez's house, and he is greeted by his new siblings. Uh, so you've got Mary, the oldest girl, and the one the, the the kid that has been there the longest. She's pretty much like a like a goody two shoes that follows all the rules and is kind of the leader of the kids. Then you got Freddie, who is a blonde kid that walks with crutches, um, and he kind of likes to steal things. Um, he's not as much of a, you know, follow the rules type of person as Mary is. Then there's Pedro, who is a, a Mexican-American kid that doesn't really talk too much. Eugene is the, the, the tech geek of the family. He's super smart, puts all of his effort into school and into reading. And then finally, there is Darla, the youngest one, and she she's such a little sweetheart. I love Darla to death, and she is just extremely over-the-top nice to everyone. Uh, so Billy acts excited to meet everyone until his new foster parents leave the room, and then the other kids start explaining the rules of the family, and Billy kind of goes off yelling at them that they are definitely not family. So this really, really upsets Darla, and she goes running off into her room crying. Mary, she's pissed. She grabs, uh, she grabs Billy by the back of the collar, throws him into his room, and just, you know, starts yelling at him for being 
basically an inconsiderate jerk, which he was being. Um, and then she walks out saying how he, he only cares about himself. Now, Billy, he's pretty pissed at first, but, but then he's more just uh, upset. He goes into his new room and sits on the bed and, and pulls out a picture of his parents at the zoo uh, sitting in front of a tiger. And you get the idea that he kind of looks at this picture quite a bit. So the next morning, Darla wakes Billy up for the breakfast, and they all head down to eat together. Darla is pretty much over being sad and isn't mad at Billy at all. She is just super, super happy that she is that uh, Billy is there with them. Like I said, Darla, she's pretty much a sweetheart. She's pretty awesome. Uh, so they head off to school, and Freddie explains to Billy that he is kind of the guy that can get people things um, if they need, you know, doctor's notes for being out of school or their test grades changed or uh, a key to the test or something like that. He's kind of the guy that can get it for him. And that's that. That's really how Freddy goes about. That's how he keeps from getting picked on for his crutches. Um, so once again, Billy wants none of this. And he yells once again at Freddy and, you know, saying how, you know, they're not family before he goes storming off again. So after school, they're all walking home together as a group, except for Billy, who is walking out ahead of them. And then he goes off to go out on his own. And then these two... These two rich fuckboys, um, the Briars, they come up and start yelling at Eugene for screwing up the curve in their class. Freddy, he tries to get them to, to back off, but they push him and Mary up against the wall, even though Mary is saying, ouch, that hurts. You know, they're being real assholes, and they're like, oh, if it hurts, then cry then. Um, Billy sees what's happening, and he comes back out of nowhere, and he, he puts the beat down on, on these two Briar bullies. Billy... After he, he, he beats the shit out of him, he is pulled into the principal's office where Principal Peach shows Mr. Vasquez Billy's record and how he's not really as good of a kid as the act that he puts on for, for foster family. So Mr. Breyer actually comes in and he's basically throwing his money in the principal's face, threatening her to, to make sure that Billy doesn't do anything to his sons again. So she obliges naturally and... Uh, she tells Billy to knock it off or he'll be kicked out of the school. And then Billy heads out with Mr. Vasquez, who is also, you know, kind of lecturing him about fighting. But then they come up on the Briar's car and Billy runs up to talk to him. He tells Mr. Briar that the two brats better cut it the fuck out or he is going to, quote, uh, shove their those silver spoons down their throats. Uh, now, Mr. Briar, he's... Not too happy with that with that threat from Billy. So he grabs Billy by the collar, obviously much bigger than a 15-year-old kid. And Mr. Briar's like threatening him back until Mr. Vasquez steps in uh, to put a stop to all of that. There's a, a little bit of a scuffle, but Billy and Mr. Vasquez, they end up just, you know, heading off for home. Neither party worse for wear. So now we're going to catch up a little bit with, with Dr. Savannah, who is in a camp out north of Baghdad with a team. His team has finally found something, and he goes down to investigate what they've got. So they found a door with some weird writing that, that even he doesn't recognize on it. And Dr. Zavana, he's like genius when it comes to ancient dialects and, and writings and languages. And he, he has no idea what this says, but he is convinced that it is the tomb of Black Adam and pushes to, to open this door. So a blast of lightning actually comes out from the door and hits Dr. Savannah right in the eye. 
Um, he, you know, falls to the ground in pain, obviously. But when he, when he stands up, he has, um, he has this, this power. His eye, his right eye, is glowing blue, and he exclaims that, you know, now he can see magic. So hopping back on over to Philadelphia and catching up with Billy again, he is sneaking out of the Vasquez's house at night. Um, he's pretty sneaky, but Freddy does wake up and notice that, that Billy is leaving. So Freddy sneaks himself out and follows Billy through town, sees him crawl behind some bushes. So Freddy just gets down and follows right on through the bushes as well and comes up on Billy sitting in the zoo talking to to the same tiger um, that was in the the picture of Billy's parents. So Billy thinks of this tiger and her name is Tawny as something of family now that he he you know he doesn't have his parents to talk to. So he comes to to talk to Tawny when he needs you know just when he needs to talk or when he needs some company a lot of times he'll sneak into the zoo and talk to Tawny. So before he leaves to go home because Freddy, you know, comes up to Billy and he's, you know, talking to him. He actually scares Billy and Billy like pushes him down when he, because he gets scared and just turns around and pushes. But um, he sees that it's Freddy, so they kind of talk back and forth for a minute. And before he leaves, Freddy thanks Billy for fighting the Briars off and says that maybe now they'll stop messing with them for a while. And this is what stops Billy. That for a while, who didn't realize that that the Briars bullying the kids was an ongoing thing. So Billy wants to do something to help, so they head over to the Briars' house to get some revenge. Meanwhile, uh, Dr. Savannah has opened the door and is following the traces of magic down into the tomb. He uh, he comes up on another door with a lightning bolt carved into it, and now, now that he has this magic eye, he can read the writing on it. He reads the door and realizes that Black Adam is sealed within and can be freed with the power of one word. So Dr. Savannah says shazam and the door blasts open rubble you know kind of falls down from the explosion of the lightning and crushes some of dr savannah's team and then black adam steps out asking where is he you know where is the wizard and um you know he demands he's just you know he wants to know where this wizard is so he throws one man into the wall pretty much splattering him and then he picks up Dr. Savannah and another crew member. Um, Black Adam demands to know where the wizard is. Dr. Savannah actually manages to speak to Black Adam in his native tongue. And this this pleases Adam that they can understand each other now. But the other crew member isn't so lucky. He speaks in English and is he's charred to a crisp with a blast of lightning from Black Adam. And then Dr. Savannah tells him that he is the one that will help Black Adam find the wizard. So now Billy and Freddy have made it to the Briar's house. They're planning uh, to pick a lock on a car, put the car in neutral, and then see what happens, let gravity take over. But Billy accidentally sets off the car's alarm, and the Briars come running out. Billy and Freddy start to run away, but Freddy can't move too quick with his crutches, so... Knowing that they're going to get caught and found out, Billy throws Freddy into a bush to hide him, and then he goes back to distract the Briars. They take off chasing after him, but Billy, is, he's a little bit faster than the Briars. They do chase him all the way through town, though, until Billy goes down into the subway, hops a turnstile, and gets on the train. 
The Briars catch up to him just in time to give him one good punch in the nose before the doors close. Uh, but he does manage to escape. So Billy is riding on the subway when all of a sudden everyone disappears and the subway comes to a screeching halt. The doors open and there's there's smoke. It's billowing out everywhere. And what do you know? Billy is at the Rock of Eternity. Um, so he walks back through the halls. He passes all the magical artifacts, all the relics all the different things in the hall while the wizard waits and while the wizard is waiting he actually gets a vision of black adam being awakened and he's like oh shit what am i gonna do now so billy eventually reaches the wizard who says you know this will never work why did they bring me a child um billy demands to know where where he is what's going on and the wizard explains that he is the last of all the wizards and that he is looking for a champion to take on black adam Billy thinks this is all a load of hooey, uh, but the wizard casts a spell to see if Billy is pure good. And the wizard is shown examples of times when Billy was pretty much a selfish asshole and declares him to be unworthy. The wizard ex- exclaims to Billy that, you know, you're unperfect, just like everyone else that has been brought to me over the years. And that's when Billy gives the wizard a wake-up call nobody is pure good most people are pretty much jerks actually and even the ones that aren't jerks nobody's perfectly good he finally he manages to get through to the wizard who kind of changes his game up and cast another spell to see if billy has the the embers of good within him and the the potential now he sees a bunch of times when the, the Billy stuck up for others and he was helpful to others. And the wizard realizes that Billy does does have the potential and actually passes the power on to him based off of this. He tells Billy to hurry because his power is weakening and you know he needs his champion. Billy has to say the word and say it with, with good intentions in his heart. So Billy does say the word shazam and he is transformed into the world's mightiest mortal who in this updated new 52 continuity looks bad fucking ass but that is actually where i'm going to stop right here with the billy transforming into shazam for the first time um so the rest of the 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 the, the, this volume pretty much revolves around billy fighting black adam and black adam has also awakened the seven deadly sins of man uh so billy is fighting them off as well Uh, we get to see a little bit of the whole marvel family for a little bit which is awesome it's so good mary gets transformed into mary marvel and she her design is awesome the whole family looks really really great so you do get to see them for a little bit and this trade is so so good obviously i've already said it i love the character of shazam and this is what made me love the character yeah yeah okay billy is kind of a jerk he's pretty selfish but he's also he has times where he's so selfless and you you can just tell by reading it and the way that it's portrayed that you know he's a jerk because you know he's got things going on in his head you know he doesn't have his parents anymore the kid is hurting and he just lashes out at others so there is some motivation behind him for being such such an ass but the good in him comes out 
quite a few times throughout this trade, and you can see what a what a good kid Billy Batson is. And I, I really liked the characterization of all the other kids in this too, um, from Mary to Freddie to, to, to Darla. Like I said, Darla, she's a sweetheart. She's my fave. But um, yeah, the, all the kids, they're, they're really, really great. And the art, Gary Frank's art is incredible in this. Um, his redesign of Shazam's costume, you know, kind of making it more modern and the, the updated with the glowing silver lightning bolt in the middle of this chest where that's where a lot of the lightning comes from. I just think it looks awesome in the cape. Everything about it looks so, so good to me, especially Shazam, but the other kids as well, including, you know, Mary's costume is probably my favorite of the other kids, but I also, I really like Eugene's costume as well, but they all, they all look really good. And, you know, I need, I need more Shazam in my life. I will say that this starts out a little slow at first. I mean, I went until Billy's first time appearing as Shazam, and that's like like 70 pages into it. So it does take a minute to get going, but after that, the action just kicks into high gear. You know, it's 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 fighting and it's it, it it's awesome. It's battles, but there's also the the, the character work within those battles where you see the motivations behind each of the characters. You learn Black Adam's backstory. You learn different things about about Billy and the other kids, and it's just really good that that balance in the in the second half about the the balance from between uh, you got your your action and also your character work all kind of melded into one, which I thought is really really good. Really, the, the, this book's just awesome. If you haven't read it yet, and you have even a smidgen of interest in Shazam as a character, or you like Jeff Johns as a writer, like Gary Frank's art, really anybody out there should read this, especially with the announcement of the new Shazam book that's coming out sometime down the line. Obviously, we don't know when with the way Jeff Johns has been writing lately, but hopefully it comes down the line soon. But anyway, read this to prepare for that because it is so good. One of my favorite trades that I've read ever. I think I've read it like six or seven times now, including including the twice that I read it to, to pre- prepare for this segment. But yeah, I've read it a lot and it's just just as good each and every time that I read it. I think I think I'll probably give it a nine out of ten. I don't want to go any higher just because of the little bit slow pace for those first, you know, 60 or so pages, but after that, it completely saves it, and it is just, it's awesome. Do yourself a favor, check out this book, and and, and read it multiple times, because it is so, so good. Jeff Johns and Gary Frank on Shazam, yes. Now, I don't know if Gary Frank will be on this new Shazam title that is coming out, but if so, oh, that would be just ideal for me but it's good enough for me to just have john's writing billy mary freddie all the kids the marvel family i i like that jeff johns will be the one in charge of all that and i am so so excited for that book to come out probably the most excited i've been about a comic book announcement in a in a long time so like i said probably a 9 out of 10, might even be able to go as high as a 9.5. The only knock on it is that that slow beginning, but it is so, so good. So, highly recommend this to everyone out there listening. Give it a shot. 
that pretty much wraps things up for the review. Obviously, I was very high on this one. Definitely a good, good book. Um, but want to remind everybody to go over to Patreon and check out uh, the Weird Science page. Support them if you can. Support them for all the work that they do. The website, the podcast, and all the bonus podcasts that you get for subscribing on the Patreon. As well as you can send me over some recommendations. Always looking for some more of those. You can find me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3. But that pretty much wraps things up for me. Not entirely sure what I'm going to be talking about next week for you guys. But uh, we will see what comes down the line. So... Like I said, I'm done here, so I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. I'm going to split up the underground. Slam, shock like Shazam. Check my jams, get down. When I kick methods like man. Computer guys, RoboCop sounds. I drop a sequence. Fuck you to death, so act that old bitch with a... Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good wherever you are. This is your host, Jeremy, and I'm here to tell you all about uh, the Wildstorm Michael Cray issue number eight. I I feel like a massive weight has been lifted off my shoulder with this uh, comic book. Uh, It sounds weird. I I know I I have a massive... Uh, amount of sympathy with Jim when it comes to uh, his grappling, his wrestling with uh, with Tom King and with what Tom's uh, Tom King is doing uh, in Batman, Mister Miracle, and what have you. And there's this, there's this as a reviewer, right? You you want really you want to be positive, you really do. And uh, for this series this this wildstorm series uh that has been difficult to do at times there's been, been times when it's been a bit formulaic there's there's times when the art has been a bit ropey there's been times when uh, it has felt very much uh like the creative team have been uh hobbled a little bit they've 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 been hampered and their imagination and their, their kind of um, their ideas have not been allowed to have full full flow. And I'm really pleased that 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 is not now the case. I don't think with this comic book. I think this comic book has taken a turn for the better. And I think uh, I think this issue is a pretty good issue. So let's find out what uh, the Wildstorm Michael Cray issue number eight is all about it is of course written by uh brian hill uh with input from warren ellis uh, there's art by n stephen harris and dexter vines the colors are by ross campbell the letters are by simon boland it's published by dc comics and the price is the princely sum of three dollars and 99 cents and uh i personally think uh, it's probably worth that okay so here we go this title's ongoing plunge into a world of dark 
twisted versions of the DC Universe's most iconic characters continues. And unlike some of the earlier installments of this 12-issue series, last month's issue ended with me wanting more. And as soon as possible. Well, a month is a long time to wait, but issue 8 is finally here, with not one, but two DC heroes turned bad guys to deal with. How will Cray manage to handle both John Constantine and Diana Prince? There's only one way to find out. Let's talk about that cover. Uh, The covers have been decidedly inconsistent uh, for me for this uh, series. It's the same art team, actually, that we've just had uh, with Brian Hill on the Hong Kong Fui, uh, the Hong Kong Fui Black Lightning Hanna-Barbera special. Uh, and I listened to uh, Jim and Eric kind of uh, deal with that on the, on the Patreon uh, uh, podcast. And I had a lot of, <laughs> I had a lot of sympathy <laughs> for them. Oh dear goodness me. Uh, the art is, uh, it, it's Dennis Cowan, uh, who, who uh, if memory serves me correctly, was a big, was a big artist back in the day on the on the Milestone series, on the Milestone imprint. Sorry, his his art is pretty. Uh, I, I guess I, I want to say sketchy. I, I, I don't want to be uh, sort of rude about it or anything. It's it's kind of a bit. Uh, it it has that kind of. Uh, sort of visceral kind of unfinished quality to it and it he's being inked by bill sienkiewicz now sienkiewicz is is a bit of a legend to be absolutely honest with you uh you know his his work on moon knight back in the uh, early 80s was absolutely phenomenal he then of course went on to to do new mutants with chris claremont and he went on to do electro assassin with uh, frank miller um, so he's here doing doing inks uh, with Dennis Cowan, and and the covers have been very hit and miss. They, 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 they've they've been kind of there's been kind of like a dirty grainy quality, and I think that that's been deliberate. They've been kind of going for a, a sort of action hero kind of idea uh, that's fine up to a point, but they, they those covers just haven't really worked very well for me. This one, though, is pretty good, and it is good because it features a psychotic Diana Prince. And as many of you know, I'm a big Wonder Woman fan. As much as I love Diana, I do. I, I think she's like one of, one of the most important... Uh, most iconic, uh, most beautiful and wonderful and heroic and inspiring characters of the 20th and 21st centuries. I just think she's she's phenomenal. But here she's kind of, she's sort of psychotic and badass and she just looks phenomenal on the cover. She's kind of grabbing Michael Cray by the throat. Uh, she's got, um, she's wearing some kind of uh, sort of armour that's sort of, sort of sort of echoes her uh, her costume in the real DC universe as it were uh, but it's it's sufficiently different to 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 be quite its own thing if you see what I mean and her her hair is kind of streaming out from behind her and the light is gleaming off uh, her armor and she just looks utterly majestic and magnificent and also, she appears to be kind of wading through blood, which is always good. 
<laughs> so it's a good look for a strong armor clad woman uh anyway um sadly we don't actually see her in that outfit this issue but not to worry we do get to see her though uh in a boardroom with with an executive from uh, a traditional energy company i'm not so sure what kind of energy we're talking about here maybe they diversify in a range of fields who knows the, the whole thing here of course uh, diana's uh, plan because uh, Diana is mad. There's, there's, no, there's no getting away from that. The, the, it's very, very clear that 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 this this Diana Prince is is a bit insane. Okay, her idea is to use a device that John Constantine uh, has perfected, uh, which is essentially powered by magic of some kind, and purports to generate free energy. Right. And uh, she wants to kind of, you know, branch out and basically sort of cut into the traditional sort of energy sector, if you like. Uh, and uh, and fairly obviously, that's why this guy wants to meet with her, uh, because she's competition. And um, so they have this conversation um, and uh, she talks about the fact that she's going to unveil this machine in Athens and this guy saying well you're relying on john constantine and quite frankly you know he's a bit dodgy and uh you know if you're putting your faith in him that's not good and she she says you don't understand you have no understanding of the nature of my faith and and basically she's got her she's got a, a kind of a sword out underneath the table i'm not sure how she got this into the <laughs> into the boardroom it doesn't matter. Now, you would think that um, if she's going to kill somebody with a sword, she'd just get right on and do it uh, and sort of, you know, slash his head off or something. But she doesn't. Um, she actually thrusts the sword up in a kind of weird, slightly phallic kind of motion uh, up through the, uh, the boardroom table. And she then grabs hold of this guy by the hair and slams his body down onto the sword. Now, I'm not really sure what the point of that is, other than the fact it's actually quite humiliating and it's terrifying for him because he's going to die anyway. Uh, but this way he dies slightly more slowly. He dies knowing exactly uh what's going to happen to him and he doesn't he's not able to resist and basically she's obviously overpowering him so there is a kind of i suppose there's a kind of weird kind of gender thing going on here with with the fact that she's a woman uh who's obviously much much stronger than he is as i said there is a there is a kind of a strange kind of phallic symbolism to empower uh, to impaling a sort of energy executive on a sword like that uh, which is kind of standing erect in uh, coming out of the boardroom table uh sorry i'm kind of laboring that aren't I? <laughs> I am i'm laboring that it's all right i'm sorry um but then she walks walks off and so it says praise hero and this is one of those those Odd moments where Anna Stephen Harris's artwork and Dexter Vines's artwork actually works because uh, they don't do faces terribly well. Um, but here, uh, she's walking away, and just the way they draw they draw the face, she just looks 
she's got like that unhinged kind of look in her eye. It, it, it works really well. Uh, she's got very big hands, actually, as well. Hmm. All right, um, then we're back to uh, Michael Cray and John Constantine and Michael Cray's tumour. And if you remember, Michael Cray's tumour has revealed itself to be uh, sentient in some way, and probably not a tumour at all, uh, but some kind of weird alien entity uh, masquerading as a tumour in his brain, uh, wanting to take him over and also at the same time provide him with some kind of weird disintegrate superpowers. This is why we love comics, because this kind of stuff tends to happen in comics a lot. So he's he's kind of having this sort of weird kind of inner debate with this tumour, while at the same time having a conversation with Constantine. And I'm going to say this now, I think Hill does a fantastic job with Constantine. I think I think Brian Hill writes Constantine absolutely brilliantly here. And I think he, he does a really good job of kind of manipulating Cray. Uh or I say manipulating him, just kind of messing with his head a bit. And you know, laying out the next stage of the story without it being just like this horrible kind of info dump which which we've had in the past. So so there's there's a kind of much more sort of naturalistic kind of uh, structure to this and sort of movement to the story. Uh, so, so the stuff that uh, that Constantine is saying, Constantine is basically saying, "Look, you know, you got a choice. You can either uh, help me take down Diana Prince." Now, this is interesting because obviously Diana is using Constantine to to generate this uh, this this energy. Um, but Constantine wants to stop her because what Diana Prince is, is really wanting to do is to bring back what she calls the old gods. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I hear the term old gods, I always think kind of Lovecraft and Cthulhu and all this kind of stuff, but that's not what she's referring to, at least I don't think it is. I think she's referring to the Greek gods. You know, she, she genuinely believes they exist. She wants them to come back, etc. Uh, so she sees Constantine's uh, magic as a way of doing this, and Constantine seems to believe that she's capable of doing this as well, which is why she want, he wants to stop her. So... His his kind of the Constantine's kind of perception of this is that in bringing the old gods back, the 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 fabric of reality and the fabric of of the earth in particular will be kind of messed up, and it will result in uh, vast quantities of people dying, and it'll just be terrible. Uh, so Constantine wants to stop that, and he he's trying to enlist Cray. Uh, to do that for him. And the leverage that he's got is that he can get rid of the tumour in Cray's head. And Cray wants the tumour out. I mean, I mean, I mean as, as much as the tumour has been kind of useful to him in getting him out of various tight spots, Cray definitely, he wants to be his own man. And this is the really interesting thing about this. And I mentioned this in a review on the site. Cray comes across as somebody who is self-reliant, independent, and wants to do his own thing. And Brian Hill has very skillfully put him in a situation where he is absolutely reliant on other people. And even though he's gone off, uh, and obviously he's working for Christine Trelane, and he's left Trelane, and we'll get to her in a minute because she makes an appearance in this issue. He, he's left Trelane, and he's doing, he's now kind of on his own path. He's doing his own thing. Yet, even though he's he's sort of 
got loose from and got free from from Trelane, he's still caught up in other people's plans. He's still dealing with somebody like Constantine, who in many respects is, is like miles worse than Christine Trelane could ever be. And and he's kind of having to deal with him. And he's got this 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 creature in his head as well. And 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 Hill just does a really good job of of kind of making him feel you, as a, as a reader you kind of feel how trapped and kind of uh, sort of the walls are closing in on him a little bit. It, it's cleverly done, and of course here he is literally kind of bound up because he's tied to a chair. Uh, Constantine basically says, "Look, you, we, we, we're going to have visitors in a minute, uh, and uh, they're going to be." Uh, special ops guys that are, have been hired by uh, these energy companies who are concerned about Diana Prince and what Diana Prince is doing, and they're going to come and try and kill me. And the only chance I've got is if you join with me and uh, work with me and save me, and we'll get out of this together. And there's a really nice kind of bit where it it, it, it looks like. You know, Cray is given a choice basically. And you either, you know, and because while Constantine is talking to him, uh, the the creature in his head, the, the kind of, and, and and I'll be honest, it, you know, I say creature, whatever it is that's in him appears to be kind of extra dimensional in nature. It has the same kind of sort of bleed energy signature that we've seen in in the main Wildstorm comic. So. He's he's been given a choice here at one point, where where Constantine kind of says you you, know, you can listen to me or you can listen to the thing in your head, uh, and and the thing in it and what's really interesting is 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 Hill writes this thing as powerful as strong as kind of seductive and manipulative, but when Cray turns away from it and he agrees to help Constantine, which he does, uh, it gets petulant. It says, oh, "You're on your own now, then." And 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 there's there's a kind of it's a really clever, nice bit of characterization there. If indeed you can talk about characterizing uh, a sentient tumor, but I think I think that is what Hill's doing. Here. He's doing a really good job of it. Um, while he's coming to that decision, Doctor Shahi. Remember Doctor Shahi? We love Doctor Shahi. She's kind of sexy. She's kind of interested in in Cray. There's a kind of bit of emotional connection there. Uh, she's having a conversation with Trelane. Uh, Trelane is a kind of badass here. If it, if it's the one thing I I don't like about the Wildstorm Michael Cray is the characterization of Trelane because because back in the day. In, um, in the old kind of Wildstorm, Stormwatch, Authority uh, kind of series, um, Trelane was a pretty decent person, um, and she had a relationship with Jackson King, uh, who was Battalion in the original Stormwatch. Uh, Trelane was an important person. She was one of the one of the people within uh, the Wildstorm universe that could activate. Uh, other people's powers uh, i think that there's two characters i think could do that she was she was one of them they've kind of reduced her role now as as sort of like just somebody who uh who is kind of minding michael cray while he goes off and uh recovers kind of technology for them but also uh kills off these horrible versions of the dc universe's main characters and here she she's pretty mean to dr shahi actually she's quite rude to her uh and shahi's kind of concerned about um 
about Michael Cray, about the thing in his head. Uh, and it turns out that she's kind of worked out more or less what's going on with the thing in his head and she's concerned about it. Uh, and Trelane isn't. And and basically, uh, Trelane um, gets uh, Cray's team together to go after him. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment because we, we go back to... Uh, Constantine and Cray uh, and Constantine kind of says right okay well I guess, guess I'm going to have to trust you and he holds, hands him a gun lets him loose just as the uh, these sort of special ops guys uh, who have been sent by the energy companies and what have you uh, come through the door with the intent of killing uh, John Constantine, and what follows is badass. It's it's genuinely good. Uh, I think you know one of the things that that ha- is true in both the main Wildstorm book and this book is Cray is presented as just being a phenomenal fighter, and I think this is this is true here. He's 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 yes, he's got a gun, but he mainly he he uses whatever is to hand really at this point uh with, you know he kills people with chairs uh he he's just pretty badass really and and there is actually one one point where well okay the, 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 there were two interesting things that happened during this fight um I, I can't remember how many how many bad guys there are, but they're, but they're very quickly kind of reduced down to about to the last two, and and Hill and Harris uh, take their time uh, over the last two. So so the 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 basically uh, this the penultimate one because we like the word penultimate on the Weird Science DC Comic Book Podcast is menacing. Constantine with a gun to the head and he and he pulls a trigger and the the gun jams and uh Constantine goes jam is it mate bit of bad luck luck is a goddess and she loves me and he just takes a blade and slices the guy's throat and and earlier on in that in that scene you've seen him duck for cover behind uh, an overturned table and he is casting a, a sort of a, a satanic kind of black magic spell um and uh his magic appears to be working here so that that that's quite nicely done and then uh you're left with uh just one guy left uh he's injured uh he's carrying a gun what's really interesting is that both constantine and and the tumor want the same thing here at this point. And there's a nice bit of ambiguity here where the the the, the tumor's kind of pushing uh, Cray to kill this man who he's kind of essentially got at his mercy. Constantine's, he's lighting up and he just says, bad man indeed. And it, you're not 100% certain whether he's talking about the soldier or whether he's talking about Cray. But in any case, you just see Cray kind of shooting this guy repeatedly uh, until uh, he falls out the window and lands into uh, into the fountain below. It's nicely done. It's very, very cinematic 
which which you know I'm, I'm a big fan of, of that kind of thing uh, and it works it works actually because uh, it's telling us something about Cray's character it's reminding us that for all his vulnerability and he is vulnerable in this issue I, I, I think he's uh, I think I think what that's one of the great things about Cray he's he's at the end of his how far his self-reliance can take him how far his kind of professionalism can take him how far his skill set can take him he's kind of he's operating at the moment right at the end right 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 at the uh, on the edge of of that um and so you, you see him you know being pushed here and uh it's it's really well done really dramatic it's badass so uh constantine and cray head off in the car and there's a second team on its way and again you know this is it's high octane stuff it's really well done um you know sort of cray shoots these guys at speed they're shooting at him he shoots back his accuracy is impeccable um he kills the driver the driver plows into a truck big explosion it's it's all great basically Uh, then cray kind of ends up with his gun against Constantine's head and Constantine says to him he, he he basically gives him the key to getting this thing out of his head or at least quelling it I'm not 100% certain exactly what goes on here whether whether this thing whether this presence in his head is completely gone but essentially kind of constantine coaches cray through a kind of a self-exorcism as as he kind of puts it uh to get this thing out of his head and again it's it's very dramatic cray's crying it's with the effort of doing it uh and it's it's all very kind of dramatic I want to get to the ending actually, but before we do, we get uh, Cray's team who are just—they're not very interesting. And even even here, they're not very interesting. They don't have any lines. They're just kind of there. I, I, Leon should be in hospital at this point because the last time we saw him, which was at the end of issue six, he had had part of his leg eaten away by sharks, if memory serves me correctly. So so he should be he should not be standing up kind of looking badass while Christine Trelane is talking to him. He really shouldn't. But anyway, never mind. Um, what's clever about this? And, and, and to kind of say, Hill doesn't usually do this. He doesn't, he doesn't usually do this kind of narrative trickery. Uh, and so it's kind of unusual that he does this, uh, but it does work. So Trelane is kind of persuading the, the, you know, crazed team to turn on him and to and to try and kill him at the same time as diana prince uh having been convinced now that cray and constantino are going to work for her uh asks asks cray to swear his allegiance to her and he does that and he kneels and, and this is a big thing. It has a it has a real kind of dramatic impact. This because because all the way through this series, we have seen Cray being very self sufficient and very uh, very sort of able to look after himself and, and very kind of 
very kind of isolated in the sense of self-contained you know sort of he's his own man and now suddenly you've got uh, this Diana Prince character who is this she has this she just exudes this kind of sort of psychotic authority it, it's it's really um it's really hard <laughs> it's hard to describe it's it's in the way and Stephen Harris kind of draws her she's wearing this sort of business suit and she's got her hands behind her back she's looking very stern as uh he kneels in as Cray kneels in front of her it's it's really well done but it, it it's a very dramatic ending to the book um I really like this I I, I still think the the issues that I've always had with this book which is is to do with art um primarily uh they're still there what is different though is that 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 formulaic structure uh, to the stories that was certainly in place the first six issues has gone the the uh the whole kind of the personal link now that cray has with his own uh his own condition with with the tumor and and the tumor talking to him and his powers and what have you that now uh is linked with his job whereas before it was sort of like a handy kind of adjunct to to what he was doing um but it it, it meant that he wasn't particularly emotionally invested in 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 taking down barry allen or, or oliver queen or uh, or Arthur Curry. Now it's different. Now there is a personal uh, connection, and there is a personal sort of investment going on. Uh, and I think the the comic is all the better for it. I gave this seven point seven, um, not quite up to an eight, but but pretty close. I I really really enjoyed this as. Is, was the same last time round. Uh, Ross Campbell's colours have made a big difference to this comic. Um, it's uh, it's it's richer. The co- the colour palette is a bit richer. There's a little bit more depth to the art as a result of the of the uh, of the of the colour. Um, it it has made a big difference. Um, it's still a bit dodgy at times, but. Uh, I mean, and Stephen Harris has never—it's never been in doubt that that he can draw a decent action scene, and he really, really can. I, I, I think that the issue has always been uh, his faces, and I think I think the color does help that to a certain extent. So that's good, and I think Brian Hill is telling the story that I think he really wants to tell here, and and it shows that, that there's there's a sense of. Uh, of purpose the sense of intrigue now in this in this series there really wasn't wasn't really there there was always a bit of a mystery about about the tumor and what was going on with the tumor but but it's now much more interesting and uh diana prince looks like she he, she and john constantine are a formidable pair of characters here they're not sort of pathetic delusional uh broken men like uh oliver queen and uh barry allen and arthur curry were the these two these two are are a whole different level of dangerous and and i think it, it just adds that that uh that extra layer of kind of threat and drama to to the comic book so 7.7 out of 10 really enjoyed it uh i think next week we've got the main book which is going to be great really looking forward to that um and i will see you soon i guess if you if you're interested in 
uh hearing more of my ramblings or reading more of my ramblings uh, you can check out my blog uh, which is www.jdunsany.wordpress.com and uh, you can check me out there you can also follow me on twitter uh, at door jeremy and uh, i'm very happy to talk to anybody about uh well anything really comics uh primarily um and uh i do love me a bit of 80s comics if you're into 80s comics uh i'm always up for a chat about that um feel free to drop me a line uh of course if you haven't done so already and you really should you know you should check out the patreon site uh for weird science dc comics uh support uh jim and eric and what they do they uh, just so much content and so it's so good uh check it out uh there's so many uh different podcasts they do the news podcast the solicits podcast uh necessary nonsense uh jim has issues with his wife uh there's there's patreon um spotlights uh there's, there's just so much uh, it, it it would take me far too long to, to list them all, but they are worth checking out, and it is worth uh, giving those those two fine gentlemen uh, your support. Uh, do do that if you're able to. That would be awesome. Uh, it only falls me to say, uh, have a great week, and I will see you next time. You take care. Bye bye. Talking to my wife and shaming people who are lame. I always mention Eric Shay. Some people like to hear the news, some people love all the reviews. The thing that I look forward to it's mail, it's mail. We think of stories of the things we do Everything that we send in We love that it's going to Mail with Jim With Jim, with Jim, with Jim Mail with Jim All right, Eric. With that's, Jim. That's with the Jim. classic. We haven't heard that in a while. I forgot I it was that long. <laughs> it was I'm like, uh, whoa, I, I kept looking. I'm looking at stuff. I'm getting them out. Right? I'm like, boy, that one's a long one. But we're back for some more mail, Eric. Some more mail. The last mail section of the night. It's Rick again from the beginning. Nice. Uh, Rick says hello again. For the Rebirth series, I really wanted to get to know Batman more than what I've known from movies. Uh-oh. I picked up Batman. 
Detective Comics and All-Star. I must admit I'm a little confused at how all three of those work. I got Batgirl, Batman Beyond, Batwoman, Nightwing, Red Hood, and the Outlaws as well. That's I'm a so lot of sorry. books. So there's, sorry, a lot, there's a lot there. Later, I plan to get Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. I wanted to follow Wally West, so I picked up the Titans book. Oh, my goodness. He's taking the road, the road traveled by Eric Shea. The road I will eventually. Taken. I will eventually add Firestorm and Metal Men to the list, Eric, but I thought I'd wait for now. That's the thing is he's picking up the Legends of Tomorrow books. I'm I'm going right to the email right now. I'm emailing him right now and telling him, don't. Stop what you're doing. You do not need those. Yeah, that's almost like manship there. He's there. Uh, Please. I know that you like those enough, but no. Those actually were my two favorites. Yeah, but still, there's no reason to get those. Batman Rebirth. I really like Duke. I have no clue who he is, but I'm intrigued and where they plan to take his character. (laughs) These are the best emails. Like, oh, my goodness. You are not going to be intrigued as it goes down. Oh, God. I was intrigued too, Rick, and then I saw. And that, this planned. is the thing. It's so funny because he's actually – I mean he has Batman Rebirth. This is the Rebirth number one he where was, it's them punching the tree. That's the best uh, part though. I'm telling you, I remember being Rick at this point. I was so intrigued with what DC yeah. was going to do. But now I'm I'm in the future and I can say, Rick, don't go down that path. Don't oh, do it, Rick. Oh, here we go. While I have not read Batman's interactions with the sidekicks, there are definite moments that I felt he gave he Duke more respect from that. For example, when Calendar Man was molting, he explains to Duke about Calendar Man's ability. I've never known Batman to need to explain things to anyone. So whether I made that up or it is a fact, I thought it was odd that he was telling Duke this. Also, when Duke asks what he's doing here, Batman responds with, that's up to you. And really, that's what it ended up being because you ain't going to see him much for a long while. If he was looking for a sidekick, I think he would have said it then. However, if he was to reveal that he wanted a partner this easily or this early, I could see Tim and Dick having a bit of a jealousy and how they are not seen as partner material. Yeah, Batman gets very, very – now, here's the thing. He's going to now, after this, he's going to be like, oh, my God, I didn't see this. But I can see that Gotham Girl and Gotham, they're really the partners he needs. ends up and then all of a sudden disappears so we'll have to see how it goes and maybe through rick we will learn to appreciate some of the things that he is going to to go yeah i thought bruce working out uh, outside was a little odd i think the scene is specifically for newcomers like me to show how intense he trains i think no reason it was an it was an art it was a wild moment for the art to listen to jim talk about what he thinks this issue is this batman rebirth that was an issue with calendar man also showing you that the new 52 actually played out as seasons i had some theories back then eric (laughs) i i cared back then I find it hard to believe he would train this way due to the fact that anyone see him training as Bruce Wayne in such a manner as secret identity would be foiled. Jim, you were so concerned with there being a deeper meaning in the comics <laughs> that I was in shock. I couldn't see it as deeper meaning was me and was concerned that maybe comics were a bit too deep for me uh, if no. some of that was going over my head. I'm not overly concerned as of now, seeing as I won't have to wait two weeks to find out what happens next. Duke's yellow suit is cringeworthy. I appreciate that he's getting a suit, but the brightness of it is a little too extreme compared to Batman's. Now, I will say. You know what? Come, I, hey, Rick, Rick, Rick. You know what becomes no, before Batman? The signal. the signal. Oh, wait till he hears that you were the one who named him. Uh, also, wait till he finds out that we were in some comics. Oh, my goodness. Oh my but God. really, I'll tell you, I think that going back and reminding me of this season's nonsense. Uh, actually goes hand in hand with what I end up hating is that there's too much left 
to fill in the blanks. I yeah. filled in the blanks. I went overboard. Oh my God. I, I'm telling you. I still think I was on to something. No. I still do. As for calendar man no. spores, what part of uh, – nothing else makes sense anyway, so why not? As for calendar man spores, what part of Gotham has a body of water six minutes underwater? I believe that Bruce is showing Duke exactly how taxing this will be, that this job takes everything you have and then some. I also think this is foreshadowing their conversation later. Also, you have to realize, Rick, Duke disappears. He'll yeah. end up he'll end up disappearing, showing up in the Batburger episode or issue, and then disappearing for another 20 issues. Bruce claims that he has four minutes until his heart gives out. He pushes himself to six minutes after calendar man is reborn in a gross yet cool way while discussing calendar man's abilities Duke, bruce tells duke we come back better each time two screw it i'll review it too i thought it was a fairly good spot to start reading batman i really enjoyed the art and thought the story was pretty good aside from calendar man's rebirth i don't think i'll remember a whole lot about this issue for those reasons i'd give it a 7.5 i, I just read anything green... about this except for kicking a tree and yeah, your crazy yeah, theories yeah, punching it nah, i had theories i just read green lantern's rebirth i was overly i thought i was actually like gonna blow people's minds i was overall not very impressed by green lantern's rebirth yeah. i am very curious about the new ring that this mysterious green lantern has i thought it was funny that both simon and jessica made a comment that there are plenty of human green lanterns already although some of their story is needed for new readers certain things could have been skipped it has been a while since the events that got simon the ring the fbi agent even said that all charges were dropped yet people stole graffiti his sister's house and jessica's sister, people still hate and jessica's sister could have used more detail i know that the last thing that jessica mentioned before she shows up is her sister but that could have been a friend i have two sisters and they have never Never greeted each other like them, and I've seen them, but maybe that's just my sisters. Then Hal tests them both with a manhunter and ends the simulation after Jessica's ring claims failure registered when she dodges an attack. Was the only way for the simulation to continue for her to take a hit? Yes. Either way, Hal shows up and tells them, you need each other. Core is about Tony, collaboration. He's reminding me what this issue is. I yeah. forgot all about this. Which is an odd thing for Hal to say. Now I didn't th- finish the Green Lantern series in the New 52. Maybe Hal changed. Oh, he became yeah. a renegade, but renegade. I still, but I feel like a majority of the time Hal goes off and does his own thing. Uh, he says it does have Atrocitus claiming the Red Dawn is coming. Has uh, yeah, he always had the ability? To, has he Remember seen the, the ability? Dawn, yeah. He says, has he always had the ability to see the future? I've only seen a little of Atrocitus, no. and I've liked the character since he screamed his way into hyperspace in order to attack Stormwatch HQ in the new 52. I think in a way it'll remind me of when Super Boo is that how you say it? Screamed his way out of the hyperbolic chamber oh, yeah. in Dragon Ball Z. I definitely think the art carried this one at times. Before the suit up, I bought the art was a little off, but it got a little better as the book progressed. I'd give it a seven. Your conversation about Green Arrow makes me want to look into Green Arrow, though. I don't think I'll go back and read the new 52 as it is in your face about social justice don't as you make it. it sound. And this is the other thing is Green Arrow. And again, I don't think he's going to hear this until way late. But Green Arrow, we were excited because it was Ben Percy doing something a little different. We were worried because Ben Percy was one of the garbage. only, but he was one of the only ones who carried over still maintaining the book that he had in the new 52 into Rebirth. And we thought that was a mistake. And all of a sudden we like the underground men because they seem more like comic booky bad guys than instead of just white supremacist bikers so we were sick of that the way you guys laugh so much reviewing coming of superman i really want to see and check it out i'll tell you 
Don't do it. I don't think people have had don't as much fun it. as we did. I've ordered Road to Rebirth, Lois and Clark, so that I might nice. be able to understand the reason behind two different Superman. I've always felt the Superman was a bit overpowered, so I hope reading the comics, I don't feel that way. Now, when he goes and reads the Lois and Clark, it's so funny that they call it Road to Rebirth now or whatever, so I don't yeah, even know if it's the full series, but boy, I hope that it has Bruno Mannheim talking about going swimming in suits. We still talk about that. We were laughing about that the other day. And I think a, a couple people went by and had no idea what we were talking about. We were giggling. Hey, you're going to go swimming. you got to look slick. Hey, I guess I had more to say about the comics than I thought. Thanks for bearing with me. I'll be writing it again. And that is Rick. And that's the hey, end Rick. of our mail. Thanks, Rick. And it, it, it's cool, though. I, I wish we were back at that point when we did like a lot of things, including Batman. I mean, that first deal after... I saw, and really to me, the thing that clicked in that first uh, I Am Gotham deal was I was not that into it. We went from that rebirth, if you remember, I was making up their nonsense about the you know the seasons, whatever. So then we go, and there was the issue where uh, you have Gotham and Gotham Girl, and they end up, uh, you know, Batman easily throws uh, Solomon, Grundy. Yeah. Solomon Grundy, and, and the Gotham and Gotham Girl couldn't do it or whatever. And then when it was revealed later that they dummy down their abilities to what they're fighting because it can kill them and all, I was in. I actually said, this is a guy, Tom King, who is showing me that he is going to make things work out. It, you know, take your time. Everything's going to connect. And then it just lost its way and for that's me what we later thought. on. So we actually went with that idea going oh, yeah, to I Am really Suicide. In. And we actually stayed with that idea but, way too long because we, uh, it's got to yeah. it's got to Oh, yeah. Down. We, we really sense. kept it long. It never did. Even though when I look back and think about things, one of the big tells should have been in that first issue, the Batman number one. Uh, would have been when Gotham and Gotham Girl, when Batman, is this a good death? You had that, you know, the cool look of him surfing the plane down and all. And then when Gotham and Gotham Girl went and swooped up and grabbed it, he goes, Clark? And he had already seen Clark die. So there was no reason why he would have said that. And that should have already told me that Tom King does not care about what's going on in any sort of any part of the rest of the DCU. And that has been proven since. So there you go. A little hate. Uh, but we're going to go off now I have to finish up the podcast, including talking about the War of the Immortals. <laughs> I cannot wait. Jim rings the bell This means Shay's reviews are going well Jim rings the bell Jim rings the bell Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb Eric's the bomb And if Shay's recaps are read without a single Ah, uh, yes, Eric, ring the bell. Being sound. Uh, even though none of these books are yours. Uh, the weird I wish part I could is, ring the bell. Well, I was going to uh, send you a note and tell you that one of these you were going to have to write the blurb for because I want no parts of it because neither of these are anything we reveal. Uh, right. Me or you do not do the reviews for these. And one is what you would like to call the Battle of the Immortals, the War, the War of the, of the Immortals. Immortals? Yeah, yeah, so. The Eternal War? Oh, it's the Eternal War, all right. It's the Eternal War of me it's just uh, the eternal not killing my head. It's a struggle. Books. Oh, my God. It's so bad. But that's the last book, Erica. The first book that we're going to talk about Save in the, the best section. For last, I got you. Oh, yeah. The best for last indeed. I mean, really? 
Really? <laughs> uh, this is one of those where uh, the other week we talked about Bane. Right. And uh, it was the last book that we talked about. And again, it wasn't uh, the last Bane. We were, it, it was just what it is. It's Bane yeah, is what it is. Vibe. Yeah, it was fun. like one of those. But it, it was one of our books that we weren't going to talk about. And it's funny because where you have the timestamp, you'll have that last book. Now, obviously, after that book, we then do the book of the, the week. Outro, yeah. Then we do all the books that are coming up next week that we talk about. And sometimes we even joke around a little, whatever. Yeah. So that last time. Time stamp. Story time. I'm telling you, that last timestamp of the last book till the end of the podcast, Manship messages me and says, oh, man, I can't wait to listen to Bane. I'm like, those words were never said by anybody in this whole world except from you, Manship. So he's, he's saying this, and he's like, oh, man, just looked at the timestamp, and you must not like it a lot. You only talked about it for 13 minutes, and I'm sitting there trying to do the math in my mind because I'm like, that that's the book and the book of the week and the other things and then the I'm like, well, we probably talked about that for six minutes. I'm like, I, I wonder what if he's going to think. And I'm like, have fun, Manship. Have fun. I think I might have laughed about freaking King Faraday getting his back broken for about six yeah, minutes. Yeah, but that I don't was know probably anything it. else. And also, uh, what's his name with <laughs> when he's laughing? <laughs> Dionysus. Dionysus <laughs> laughing. So what I'm assuming this week, and Manship, you can tell me if I'm right, that The Immortal Men number three will be his favorite book of the week, and he'll be so excited to listen to all those minutes we're gonna that we're going to talk about. talk about that for about a half an hour, right? No way. If we uh. talk about that for a half hour, I will demand. I, what is, uh, what really, how much is your time worth, Eric? Because whatever it is, I'll want you to pay me back that half hour. That's all I have to say. Because I already have uh, something that I'm owed for reading that book. I don't know what yet, but DC better give it to me. Sideways number five, Eric. That's what we're starting with, though. Th <laughs> this is the, the New Age of Heroes segment. Right. Oh, we. Sideways number five, written by Justin Jordan, art by Robert Gill, John Rausch, and Carlos M. Manguel. And before I go, just take notice, none of these books that were really spelled out to be really big on these artists have maintained one artist. It's no. nonsense. It's nonsense. Sideways is starting to go in the direction that I think will eventually make it a good book. I'm just afraid the clunkiness and how it gets there will be its ultimate demise. This issue ditches the most interesting part, Tempest Fugionot, for a villain that left me wanting more. With how upset I am at the moment with social media and the mob mentality surrounding it, the showman seems like a bad guy for our times, Eric, but ends up Your just time. being a minor distraction that takes up almost the whole issue. We do end with a game changing cliffhanger that I hope kickstarts us into a more cohesive and coherent story and basically his mom seems to have been able to figure out that he sideways at least knows yeah. something's wrong and with that you get that idea of you don't want to have to play out this whole deal of you know sneaking around and things I, I do think that this ends up doing something better because of the fact that her boss also is the one who's trying to be the bad, you know, ultimate bad guy. I'm trying to remember her name because you know she's got a villain bad yeah, like last yeah. name as well as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Sideways Killer. It's weird. That was her last name. But yeah, she's trying to find Sideways now. You have his Over mom. No. Star Enterprises. Still don't know if that was a dad, an uncle, whoever. That what guy. What is up with I character? don't know. That guy has just completely disappeared like other people's fathers. Eric and I do me oh. mine he left me uh yeah the, the problem is and just before we go into this just think of this thing you a grant morrison fan you, no. you're, <laughs> you're not a big fan can, can you imagine 
that they they have put out that rumor that he's going to jump on this book. Like, really? I'm reading this book tonight. And I'm like, this is what Grant Morrison would come back to DC for to jump on sideways? I mean, what what kind of nonsense is that? Dude, like he, when we get to the, the brain fold interior, which is the home of the Fugenauts, in case yeah, you don't yeah. know. This whole thing that exists between hypertime abstractions. Oh, yeah. With this concept, I could totally yeah, see Grant Morrison could, no, coming back. You really think that he's going to go and pick up the pieces of a Justin Jordan book that nobody's buying? That That's what you think he'll get on board with. Like, he'll come I, over. I like, saying, hey, with, with this crazy shit thrown out here, this it doesn't like matter. It's, it's like crazy. A, a I, I'm telling you. That's meant uh, for you, Grant you think that uh, you'd have, like, Brian Michael Bendis was going to come over and people were talking about all these books he was going to go on and he was going to come over to DC to write Vibe? Like, the, these guys are bigger than this. And if he does go on sideways, I'll be completely shocked because this book is nothing. I mean, nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares. He's going to end up jumping on a book that, that's failing and is going to fail. All these things are failing. Uh, I think the terrifics will maintain whatever. Uh, these books are only going to stay uh, published as long as DC just wants to keep pretending right. that they mean something. And I just – reading this, I'm thinking like you, you really – Grant Morrison who really – can pick and choose whatever thing he wants to do. He's just going to come back to, to write sideways. No, he's doing Green Lantern. Yeah, but well. we don't even know if that's real. None of this has been confirmed. I'm just saying these rumors. Yeah, Green Lanterns make sense. Sideways, it, it would be like all of a sudden you have Peyton Manning. He comes out of retirement to be the Cleveland fucking Browns quarterback. There's no reason to do that. He always wanted to be on the Browns. No, he didn't. And so you're telling me Grant Morrison always wanted to write sideways? I can Nonsense. imagine he always Nonsense. wanted to write the Tempest Fugitive. Nonsense. Like I said, I, I would think that basically he would say, what, you want me to kind of jump on a book that Justin Jordan created? Are you kidding me? You I'm kidding just saying, me? I am not about to say what Grant Morrison would or would not think. I don't speak for Grant Morrison's, Jim, so I don't know. No, you don't. I'm just saying it seems silly reading this that that would be something that he would be interested in even getting close to because all these books. And, and this one, we're starting like sideways a little bit more. Uh, but with that, it's still nonsense. These whole yeah. things are nonsense. And you start out, you have Tempest Fugenot. He's there at Derek's house. And uh, it, it, that's what we wanted to see. We actually yeah. wanted to see. Now, uh, the art and in this is very wonky throughout. There's a lot of times in this that I'm going to point out to you. I don't know what's going on. It starts off with basically from the backside, Derek looks like a demon. I don't know what's wrong with his head. It doesn't even look like hair there. It looks like he's crazy. But as it goes on, there's so many weird things with the art. But I like Tempest Fugitive. That's who we yeah. wanted. And they explain it. In a decent enough way, very quickly. They, they, they oh. explain in one of those convoluted kind yeah, of ways. Yeah, but it like, makes sense to me. He lives in the space between spaces, the time between times. So oh, I'm not talking about that. Any place I could that care has less. Ever been or ever could be a physical manifestation yeah. of the hypertime. That's not what I'm talking about. I, I could Jim. care. I don't care about that. That that's just made up shit. What I'm saying is, he shows up and you have Derek go. Oh, you were against me. You were trying to kill me. And he's like, well, I kind of made a mistake, and you know, there's shit going down, and you aren't the cause of it, but. You're going to be able to, you know, we're going to have to work together and stop it. I'm in. That's all I need. It's just an explanation of why all of a sudden he's done a 180 to yeah. be, you know, there. But then he just disappears because Derek's got to go to school. And this is and where. I'm telling you, I was all in with the idea because, like, you know, this whole thing has been struggling to find its footing. Once we got the whole fusion at the end of last issue and even this explanation in the beginning, I'm like, all right, we have a yeah. path for sideways to go on. It sounds really cool. Even the idea of, you know. I hate hyper time and anything to do with yeah. it, but with that thrown out to, uh, like, you know, on the table, 
You can have a ticket to do whatever you want and go anywhere and do anything, yeah. and it could be at least fun. You know what's not fun? Going to school. Yeah, well, this is where I argue all the time. If it's not school, it's a job. This is this yeah. is why I don't like the superheroes having jobs and doing this because this is what you get. You're about to get something good, and oh no, I got to go to school because I'm young and I got to do this or I got to go do my job. Nobody wants that. You you, you want to see the superhero be the superhero. In the meantime, he goes. He's talking to Ernie on his phone. You're getting that continuation of the social media deal, which ties into this new villain who just shows up out of nowhere and says, the "Oh, showman. I'm the showman." And I think that sideways is a bunch of bullshit. He's got his VIP freaking, you know, grill thing or whatever on his, his ring, that full uh, his ring. His brass knuckles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those are actually, I, I've seen those. It's just, yeah, I've seen them too. I don't know yeah. what to call them. Yeah, yeah it's, it, they're all like brass knuckles. But with that, he's basically Twitter. He's, it's, almost he's like, the, it's almost like a branding iron that you wear on it your is. fucking hand. But he's there. He's got all the bling. Yeah. He's out there. And basically, he is... Twitter incarnate. He is there saying and yeah. even and it starts well, to it starts to get towards that in a way that I actually thought was interesting of at the point when he's just basically like, look at me. He starts off with throwing it out online. People see it. He shows up at the school, says, I figured out, sideways goes to your school, here I am, you know, he's hiding, why is he hiding? I want to fight him, whatever. And he does go into this thing a little bit more of where I really was like, boy, you're almost there with this. That Justin, I'm almost there. Because even when he shows up, like sideways will say something and then showman will react in a way that you do see people when they try to fight with you on twitter saying like oh oh you don't like people huh like it, it actually was playing out pretty good here and then it really just doesn't go anywhere and and where i had a problem and the, is, whole, the whole thing is though it really just turns into the whole idea of mob rule where yeah. the showman has the ability once he starts talking about something you can't help but feel you know, you get angry, angry about the same kind of – they're not even about the same kind of thing, but for some reason, it really just – like it started out really subtle in this where I actually yeah. didn't think it was connected where, you know, Ernie's talking to – um like Derek about you know being yeah. at school and like it's it's a weird feeling here like everybody People seems like angry yeah. and mean like you know more than usual haha ha, but like by the end like you know when the showman shows up and he's talking about sideways out of nowhere people are about to riot yeah, and they're going to riot like, it was like a weird jump from what we had initially to where I, I got I got what they were saying, but yeah. it's just a huge jump to this and almost riot that's going to destroy everything. Like, yeah, and with what's that, what's going on? You, you have Derek there, and Ernie's like, "You're going to have to do something." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I better." So he goes off, and it's easy for him. He can get in his costume. She has it there. I brought yeah. it with him, and uh, then he can just rift off and look like he came from elsewhere. But he jumps out of a rift as if he's going to just tackle the showman. Then you see him; he's just standing on the school. Yeah us watching him talk he was behind him at one point it's just very odd that for this art progression and this is where i said i thought that he was getting to the point where you have him you have sideways grab showman and said i think we've heard enough of you today and forever and then he's like that there, he's like for that yeah. brass knuckle bit. but he's like there we go the fake hero trying to infringe on my right to free speech and i'm like yep you are the bigger you're the asshole on twitter you are i actually thought it was one point where look at him he's trying to block me or something like that or he would block him. I just blocked you because you follow Ethan Van Skyver. But he gets in, he I throws. Just imagine that's that's more. I'm telling you, it it never goes to that terrible degree because if it did, it would then become a Batgirl villain from the yeah. Burnside of Batgirl era of shit. And I'm like, 
it never reaches that ridiculousness. But the whole idea, you know, where they keep calling him a troll, he is the personification of what people do on social media yeah, now. Yeah. And it, it works well enough for a thing. It's just it's not all that interesting for what his palace no. is. He causes a mob. He but causes as as a mob he, to get angry. He doesn't have people to get angry with him or around him. Well, again, he's he the troll the and he goes away. Exactly. I mean, it makes sense. Now, the one thing that I thought that was a misplay, I actually would have wished that he would have had almost like a spiral-esque face that, you know, for the anonymity <laughs> an, yeah, that yeah, these yeah. trolls use and even call himself, well, you know, know, anonymous or something. <laughs> but the other thing with the art that gets me, is there are actual like weird progressions where it looks like at one point people have each other and they're punching each other in the face. Then the next time you see a crowd, it looks like they're just milling about. The one point where they just look like they're milling about. Then they look like they're all gathered and loving what's going on. Then the next panel, they're beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. It is such a weird progression of people in the crowd of how it's being spelled. The worst, not though, a huge fan of the art in this. The worst year. one was the just milling about. I'm telling you, at one point it just looked like this was like a festival going on i i think i might even see some guys play playing some hacky sack i think they're playing hacky sack at one point but yeah <laughs> you you get this where ernie then goes to her sister and ends up using her sister as kind of a let's turn this around on to showman and My in fact at one point yes, basically that's around, it no but problem. but the worst part of that is is ernie realizes okay it's the showman. It's his voice, and we're hearing him, and it's it's driving people nuts. I gotta play my music. Puts the music on so she can't hear him, but then answers him a couple times when he's yelling. How about, which way is it going here? Also, you had already set up the idea that people were mad, but you can get that. Oh, those were the ones that watched his video, or whatever. But it's not a great progression. Like I said, yeah, it play I really out do. Well. I like this idea. I know that it's hokey. I know that it's one of those. But just the way things are nowadays, I love. Love that part where he did say like oh look at him he's trying to get rid of my free speech that's where i wish it was more of where you had the troll of the showman using sideways as the reaction to him to troll not just yelling and screaming of look at him he's phony he's a fake let's see who he is oh my goodness i would have liked it to have been a little more well thought out but really overall it's just here to fill up pages. I mean, they Agreed. fight forever. And, and that's then, the worst part, too, is that we have this character, the showman, who was, you know, like, you know, the next big villain for Sideways. And what he is is a personification of the aspect of this book that I hate the most, yeah. the whole social media yeah. presence and whatnot. Maybe this and is I, one I, of those where – Give future not. Yeah, maybe this is where, like, yeah, Sideways would be like, okay, I shouldn't do this. Even at the beginning, he was kind of like, yeah. yeah, I'm not going to do these videos anymore. It's kind of nonsense. And with this – It was this, after the last episode well, yeah. two issues ago when he cut off like, – well, what was her name? Kill Speed or – Yeah, yeah with her uh, – or the freaking arm. But even with this, he even says at the beginning, but as it goes on, and maybe this is just a – you know finality of it of i can't get online with this because we hate that stepping out with sideways so, hate stupid. It so much and then the worst though is after all this then ernie has to get involved hey looks like stepping out with sideways had the most hits ever i'm like oh god damn it we thought oh, i thought man, we were getting just gonna inspire him to do more shut up Ernie. it's also and, and with that you have the solution to showman which could have happened immediately i mean and, when like, sideways I showed up all why... he had to do was open a rift and go in the middle of the desert which he does and it doesn't why seem as if a problem opening up a rift i don't know and, and with that you have the showman go and pretty much his power source is gone 
but, but doesn't realize that at first. He's like, huh, you know, you're probably, huh, I'm still going to fight you, dude. And oh, man, you know, you're, you're not powered anymore. Oh, no, I'm not. And then it ends. And then he takes him and, and takes him to the police. And then, what, what are the police doing in this? I'm like, oh, my they're God. They're hanging out. Look you, at him. Poor them. boy. Yeah, they're, they're guards. Yeah, they're really. just a That's boy so funny. sitting on the freaking all tied up like, there's no charges against him. He didn't do anything wrong and, and as far the be- as concerned. And the best is it says, do not, because uh, what Ernie's like, what'd you do to that guy? What'd you kill him or something? And he's like, no, 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 I did the right thing. He took him to the police station, put a note on him, which I don't know, seems like he'd like stuck a pin in him. Uh, and it says, do not let him talk or type sideways. Now, as far as I know, the, the cops aren't down with sideways. They, they're not down with him being anything good. So no. he, you get this. It's basically he should be, you know, one of for kidnapping uh whatever it's nonsense but it's it always those things though whenever we have a costume crime fighter or whatever just drop somebody off at a police station like this i'm like you, you you just freaking you know got them off the street for the night because there's nothing to hold these people yeah, there's no, no. like law and, and the police as far as they know have I been mean, broken you want to go a step further and have them hanging from a light post from webs yeah. that's all it is it's all it I know. Is. It's, yeah, it's so ridiculous and uh, but it, it's it's a weird deal that they keep on giving you those wink winks when I don't really want them but the whole deal also is is that his mom him and his mom got in a fight at the very beginning of the uh, you know the issue and like hey you know you're the one who caused my problems mom so don't give me shit and where's dad yeah, the, I, I don't know where the, the hell he went too. like i don't know a lot about Derek james as each issue yeah. comes out we're learning a little bit more about the situation his whole thing turned to be because you know he even yells at his mother it's like my life is different because you took me to gotham and like the whole thing we saw it start out where him and his mother were going into gotham and then like you know uh Dark Knight's metal showed yep. up and like the challenger's mouth. The challenger's mouth. His whole yep. life. He ended but up phasing thing, out and coming exactly. out the other this side. This is what changed his life. But yeah. in this issue, it says that specifically he goes to Gotham High, like yeah. they, like you know North Gotham High. I guess maybe they're Gotham. talking about the the moving there is what I, guess, I got it. Like, yeah. For some reason, it just seemed like they were happened to be going into the city, and I thought it was from another city yeah. for what they were doing. They're like. You you live in Gotham. I yeah. seem like you've well, kind of been living in Gotham it, for a while. It continues more kind of weird things because his mom works at Dark Star Sciences, yeah. and she goes in. She's late. They really want to push that, and she goes up and she's like, oh, you know. And the whole thing was, she's like, hey, uh, Derek, you're supposed to have gone to the meeting that I set up that interview. Well, I didn't know it was an interview, mom. And the best thing is that's supposed to be the start, I think, of the anger that yeah. is in the issue because at one point the mom's like, I'm not angry. I just want to talk and then immediately gets angry and it's not even like the setup that i do like hey guys anybody who tells me who shit on the floor i'm not going to get angry i just want to get to the bottom of it in the minute race like hey i shit on the floor all right you're in big trouble it wasn't even it wasn't even set up like that it was just kind of like no honey i just you know i i want to see you you've been standoffish i i'm worried about you and then you didn't go to that interview i didn't know it was an interview what the hell does that mean you piece of it like really went but then she goes to ditch me then you were supposed to have lunch with me and yeah yeah so she goes think of your mother goes off and she's pissed she's you know teenagers right now when she yeah, gets there everybody's right. talking she goes sneaks into an office and then goes into the Derek james file which right away i'd be a little concerned about i mean that's this 
computer they, and Dark Star Sciences should not have a Derek James folder on this person's computer. If I was the mother and you go, she clicks and sees a video of him phasing in and out and, and the riffs with that with his hands and whatever in his in his room. Uh, or actually, it's in the hospital when he was in the hospital, it looks like. Uh, but with that, you didn't get the idea that Dark Star Sciences actually knew the connection. Of yeah. the sideways and Derek, because that was the whole deal. Like, we got to find sideways. And by the way, have your kid come in. And that was the whole deal. Oh my God, they're going to scan him like they scanned well, her. No, that's the, the, that, we had the thing before where they saw him like teleport out with him, like kill speed and stuff like that. And when this mask was off, so they knew that Derek yeah, James I didn't was think sideways. They did and that's because why they the, wanted to bring him in. That was the thing. I didn't get that. Actually, I, I never got that because they were just talking about, ah, you know, Derek, we got to go. And then the next page saying to the guy, we got to find out where the sideways is. And it seemed like there was no connection at that point. And now, but because really, if there's a connection, this is Dark Star Sciences. Why wouldn't they just go and grab him in the night at the at the house? They're, yeah, or the why aren't they? Like, yeah, but even, they, like when even then, why wouldn't she say, "Let's go get him now"? I mean, they're they're making it when he doesn't show up. Of oh well, I guess he's not you know going to be as important as you think he is. And and they go off without her in these issues. Since then, it seems like they don't have any idea. They would, you would think that they'd be on his case trying to get him anytime he shows up. He goes to school. They'd be waiting. I mean, they can grab him at any point. And, and yeah. you, you can say that they want to be subtle about it. But the problem is once they have him, they're not going to be subtle. They're going to take him anyway. So it's just an odd deal of this behind the scenes dark star sciences thing where you just I, I don't get what they're trying to do. Maybe they're actually not as bad as we think. Maybe they'll be actually good. I don't guys know, from, because- se- from seeing that scientist last issue talk about, you know, about like how like uh he wants to, you know, the thing for his experiments and stuff like that. He like nah. you know, Derek James. Well, that's what I'm saying. But like, why don't they uh, have he, he their guys? Kind of why don't they have their guys go get them? And actually, I'm telling you, I I wouldn't even be surprised because these when these come out, they, they're so uh, far in between or whatever. Yeah. I'm not even sure that that wasn't two issues ago. I, I can't even remember the the full progression. This is issue five, and we've right. gotten a couple of these things by now. If they know it's fully him. They know where they live. They, the mother works oh, yeah. there. There is no way that they can't just go get him. They were and, all ready to scan Derek when he showed up. Well, that's what I said. I did. thought yeah. they were going to scan him to figure it out. So, yeah, if I missed, maybe I missed the whole deal. I don't think that, that they're playing that they know it. I think that that was the whole thing of, oh, my God, if he would have followed his mom's instructions, they would have found out. Oh, my God, luckily he didn't remember and all that, that whole deal of what's going on because, yeah, they, they have this file here but the other people just didn't seem to have that connection or i don't know why they're not just grabbing him at any point i mean they know where he lives they know his schedule they probably know everything about him and they're just not even in this issue it's very odd uh but yeah the showman we got a lot of showman though but we'll see showman i want to take this fugitive and, and and even with that, now that the mom knows, it's like a weird progression of why would it matter if the mom knows now if they already know? I, I thought that this is set up so that she's like, oh, my God, we can't. Or she thinks that maybe the boss can help him even and, and go that route where it's the, but the bad But I don't think deal. now that they have a secret file on her son yeah, but this is, and, and that's the other thing is it's a I weird it's like deal. we got to keep him away from Dark Star Sciences. Well, yeah. It, it's just I don't even know like the progression of this. 
um, I don't understand even this computer and things like that of, of what she's really getting into uh, because this doesn't seem like it would be the boss's computer. She just walks into that office. It's very odd. And at one point, she's just, you know, not doing anything to hurt anyone. I just need to know what Derek's competition is and stuff like that. And then using that Stacy, there's nothing wrong with using Stacy's password until they fill her position. So this seems to be somebody who was fired, maybe her ex, uh, you know, no, I don't know what. I mean, whose computer is this? Who's Stacy? Stacy. Yeah, but it, why? That's I just what know I'm that saying. her mom has it going on. But this is yeah. But this isn't the boss. This is somebody else's computer, and I'm yeah. I'm so confused with these things. And maybe it's just because I'm not that into them that maybe Stacy is something bigger. But I don't know. But what would you? I give don't recall Stacy. Yeah, I would like, give this issue a six out of ten for what we got yeah. here. I would have been higher, but I wasn't a huge fan of the R end. You know, I was so excited going into this. You know, Hussein was telling us that we would have going to like this, the progression that we got. I was really expecting to get some more Tempest Fuginite. I like what we got, though, with it. I just wish it would have been explored more instead of going yeah. to school and then dealing with, you know, the social media presence personified in The Showman. It's not for me. No. And, again, you're trying to do the Dark Star Sciences. Just get to yeah. that. Like I said, I thought that at one point – Even oh, that's she, a more interesting story uh, yeah. than The Showman. And I even thought, I'm like, oh, she's breaking into the boss's, you know, office and weird. And then it wasn't. She's like, oh, that, that lady got fired? Well, or she Maybe I, she was, but she just had Stacy's password. I don't know. But, yeah, but still weird. Weird. Uh, but yeah, there you go. I give it a six out of ten too. I, I like I like Kenneth Rock. That's what I'm talking are. about. I don't understand why or who this would have this file. I, I that's just want just... to know why her like you know uh, Mrs. James' assistant was giving her so much shit. I'm like, you don't want to keep your job, do you? <laughs> that's, I got the idea that that was more of the showman. I don't know. And with that, I'm telling you, you go into the this showman. office, you go into this office, and go in and like, huh, let's see what's on this computer. And then it's like, why does this lady have a file named after? my kid and it's just odd and also she's there trying to find the competition but goes right to this Derek James file I, he didn't even go for the interview uh, but there it is but yeah 6 out of 10 I like Kenneth Rokerford's art usually so when they change uh, some of it kind of maintains a style that they're it's trying to go with similar, yeah. uh, but it's not but it's even less than that and I don't even no, like K-Rock's yeah. art I like K-Rock's art so with that when you get to this it seems like well you're getting less of what it was and I, I didn't yeah. like it as much so Especially with Ernie. Ernie just seemed weird. Uh, but there we go, Eric. We're off. For to how that. normal she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She it's just a, looks like I'm a normal girl. This goddamn world is exploding us. They're doing a finale to a fireworks show I didn't even know was going on. Oh, really? The finale, huh? <laughs> well, we're going to do our finale. And boy, the fireworks will be Bobbing firing. the Eric. shit out of me. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. I just liked, uh, in the book, I liked Ernie when she was wearing her, uh, you know, her slippers and uh, freaking pajamas yeah, where, Where's that Ernie at? She was cool. She was cool. She was like that uh, Derek Black or whatever, Damien Black that I went to school with and wore a fucking wore a, a, a robe. Hell, the same ever. Damien Black had a robe on that he would wear to school. He stunk to the high heavens, Eric, but Man, all the ladies. super villain. They all thought he was fucking mysterious. Maybe he's Dark Star fucking sciences or something. Damien Black, if we ever uh, have a comic, we are going to have the villain be Damien Black and he's going to wear a robe at all times. 
Immortal Men number three, Eric. Is Damian Black in this? Is this the war of the scuzzbags that wear uh, robes that intrigue the ladies and infuriate Jim, who thinks that he's a catch? Is that what it is, Eric? Because that's all I said. I sat there, and I'm there, and it was a weird deal because the way it was at Milford, and this was more Milford, junior high, Eric. Oh, junior high. Yeah, this was more Milford. And once high school came, that guy, I could care less. Then then I was somebody. I I could do my own deal. Uh, In Milford, though, there was a weird deal where – uh, I you know, obviously my name is at the end of the alphabet. I W. Yeah. So we ended up my homeroom ended up being like cobbled together, and actually throughout my Milford deal, even during years, we would get shuffled between places because the way that it went, my homeroom in Milford had like six people because there was enough places uh, just for us nonsense at the end. So me and my one buddy Randy that I talk about, we'd have some things, but we ended up having these lockers right in the middle of where the homeroom would be for the beginning of the alphabet and I ended up having a locker right next to Damian Black. It made no sense. And I, I sat there and I'd just see these girls coming up to him and giving him letters and giggling and stuff. I'm looking at him like I can smell this guy from here. He smells so bad. He's wearing a robe and slippers, ladies. This is not this is nonsense. He's not Hugh Hefner here. He's Damian Black, a scuzzbag. Though he was smart, a way cooler name than Hugh Hefner. No, yeah, I mean Damian Black. Look at him. I really do. At that point, uh, it's like I, I'm, I'm look, I just typed up Damian Black into Google. I'm just looking through all these different things, but this one, Damian Black, author of Devil's Night Dawning. That about might be Damian him. Black. For as long as he can remember, Damien has been blessed and cursed with a hallucinogenic imagination. <laughs> that sounds actually like him. I'm looking at these guys. There's some guys there that might be him. I see one guy that actually I might. I he was dead. Uh, I don't know. I think he did. I'm actually, I was going to make a joke because there's a cartoon of somebody. There he is. He's a cartoon guy. Oh, jeez. Yeah, then there's some heavy metal band or something. Damien Black, Dead of Winter. Yeah. There's a lot of Damien Blacks. Cool yeah, there name. are. Well, it is a cool name. Uh, he wore a robe. I, I just, I still don't get it. And Ooh, yeah. Damien Black at the Devil's Friar sure. on Twitter. The guy, just look for somebody in a robe. That's all he did. I don't get it. I really don't get it. And all the ladies, they, they loved him. They loved you know, him. You know who this Damien Black's influences are? <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien, Michael oh, really? Moorcock, yeah. H.P. Lovecraft, I love George R.R. Martin. Yes. Eh, not so much him, but I like all For the others. For as long as you can remember, Damien Black has been blessed and cursed with a hallucinogenic imagination. His sleep is disturbed by strange dreams that he struggles to remember upon walk- waking. Glimpses yeah. of worlds where superstitions are reality this and might prayers be him. might actually work. Sounds like, like this is about the author. This is not a character. No, I'm saying he's right. He's writing uh, the character, and uh, it's the same. He cannot distinguish between realities, Eric. That's Damien Black. He knows for this malady is writing an auto exorcism he performs on himself daily. Over the years, his scribblings have evolved into horror-strewn tales of fantasy fiction. Classic. Devil's Night Dawning. Number one Broken Stone series is out now and available available at Amazon. Classic Damien Black right there. Classic. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I just – I don't even know how we got to this again. Immortal Men number three. Written by James Tynan IV, art by Ryan Benjamin, not Richard Benjamin, Eric. Richard Friend, though. Private. Yes, yes. <laughs> Stop it. I just want to get through this book. <laughs> <laughs> Private Benjamin. Uh, we didn't know that this was actually uh, Goldie Hawn uh, is uh, drawing this. It's time for the War of the Immortals. 
or the Eternal War, or a bunch of nonsense, depending on which one of us you're talking to. I haven't liked this book up until now, and I'm officially out. There you go, Eric. I, I was going to ask you to write the blurb, and I figured, fuck it, I'll write it. It'll take me two seconds. You start off here in New York City, Eric, and there you have our man, uh, Caden, or, it, well, yeah. Roland Clay. Uh, Roland Clay. He's upset about Caden. Roland Clay's there, and we just deal with him sitting there. Oh, my God, what happened? Oh, I remember. I got to find Caden. I'm telling you, this thing right away, I'm like, okay, I want to love this issue. I really I just want to fucking throw it in Jim's face that I really love this issue. And right away, I was really digging this because now we have Roland Clay. He's woken up the bodyguard of Clay. Uh, yeah, but uh, we Kane don't even Park. know anything about him. And now they're just throwing he's, in he's, that. Check, look, look, look. look. It you doesn't matter what the, about I'm talking him. about. It doesn't matter. We don't know shit about him for what I'm trying to say. We have the bodyguard of Caden Park who comes to after that big fight with the bloodless and whatnot, and he wants to find Caden. He wants to find his employers, his parents, and the freaking apartment building where he has worked for years is now a construction site that seems to be going on for months. That aspect alone yeah, makes I've me intrigued because I've seen what's this going a on here? trillion times. Uh, we see this all the time in, in science fiction and fantasy and stuff like this. It, it, what did it go to the Amazon, Eric? We, we've even seen it, it's nothing. This is nothing. And we're three issues in. You don't even know what the fuck is going on. Exactly, you can keep telling saying, me. I'm interested to figure out how they you know set this whole thing up where this apartment building is now just a construction site that seems to be something completely different. You, you don't think that. All they're going to say is that they can warp reality. That's all it's going to be. They're not going to do like anything to else. They're not going to tell you anything more than that. It's just going to be, ah, you know what? We can warp reality to the way we want, and that's how we're going to confuse people and go. Because that's they even say, cool. I, I don't think it's cool. I, we've seen this in every sort of thing. There's no way to tie this together in any sort of story going forward. It's supposed to be out of metal. You, you get the Batman who laughs for no reason. He just yeah, pops up. I mean, why the fuck is he even there? He's there. And this whole deal is said where you have this building, and then you go and you have the you know the real world runs deeper and darker what you think is fact is what we've allowed you to learn that's just what happened to the building there you go you've gotten your explanation you're not getting shit more i know i'm ghost fist i was there during the the freaking prohibition oh my goodness and now i live in this hold up place that the guy walled off when he was caught oh yeah nothing we get nothing in this three issues in this is bullshit and it's it's not even intriguing to me at all about ghost fish i don't care about ghost fish because we're not learning about them but we're not learning about them we don't know anything about him except now we know oh he at least was alive in the 20s that's all we know that's all we know. And then sits there and says, you know, huh, what does that make you? Uh, I'm 148. Whatever. It doesn't even it doesn't even add up in my mind. But you're going with this and you're just getting little bits of these characters when all I want to know is what Caden is there for and why they want him. Why are we wasting all this time? Because if you want to tell us about the characters, you could have done that in the first issue when they were first introduced. You're giving us dribs and drabs of this, and and I'm getting nothing from it. I'm getting nothing at all to make me ever want to read this, where you're like, oh, you have this, and then you you go, and and then you go to the siege holding cell. I mean, you, you can tell me all these places, but without telling me anything about what's going on, I don't care anymore. And you have the immortal woman. She's there, and they're the doing... Infinite, the infinite woman? Yeah, she's there, and she's got the Batman who laughs out of nowhere, who's just saying it's about the blood. 
And I'm like, all right, whatever. I, I really, really, this I'm is telling what you, we're it's doing. At, it's, at the beginning of the book, though, I'm telling you, the whole thing with Roland Park and then we go off to Ghost Fest and the rest of the uh, the immortal men who are there because Reload got captured by, you know, the hunt. But right away when we have the immortal man show up, we have Ghost Fist telling us about, like, where they're at, the whole idea of Prohibition. And, you know, just try to, like, play on the fact that they are immortal we and stuff like that. We know this stuff. That's the, the name Im- of the book. I don't and need immor- to see and that. And the immortal man coming in and talking about how he has given his blood to these people to help, you know, b- like preserve the way of human life to this eternal war against evil that his sister wants to do to try to, like, you know, give men a conflict that they can overcome to make them evolve, stuff like this. Even the whole thing you hate, you thought it was silly, the whole idea that Timber be like, you know, because she can grow, she is the basis for, you know, Paul Bunny and whatnot. Which makes These no are fun sense. things. Stray. It's, it's fine. Paul it's, it's Bunyan is a woman who is, you know, an American Indian woman who can grow and has an axe, and somehow that led to the myth of a uh, a flannel wearing giant lumberjack with an ox. Because what twist? What twist? I said the only way well, it would be that it's not a woman and made it into a man. Yeah, but why? Because the Paul Bunyan was good. Paul Bunyan. It wasn't like she was showing up and and killing people. Uh, the people that would. Sh- you know, get this whole deal was it was a myth of somebody that was good and would help it out of nowhere. This is what she was. Somebody's had vision like you. It's like, oh, I see. And just the idea of the tie in of the blue axe being the blue ox makes no sense because Paul Bunyan himself carries an axe. There'd be no reason why that would get switched to be an ox. It just doesn't make sense. And it's just a hokey way to make it seem like the mythology of, you know, of being immortal and how people might see you and we twist and turn. Now you tell me that because they had the immortal man's deal and we've seen how they have twisted and turned how things look and the the beyond, the underneath and such. If you told me that he's like, yeah, some people would see Timber, but she made it look like she was this big guy and that's how they got the Pulp Bunyan. That was all her doing. Then I'd be like, okay, but it just, to me, it's just nonsense where you went to go from a yeah the stuff that's really going on underneath you never see and then somehow people are making up myths about something that they wouldn't even see or do and things like that i, I just don't it, it to me it's a hokey say, way over time this whole thing of timber just became it's not, you that, know, that's idea. Mu- not much time it's you know 120 years or so when you uh-huh. would think that this would be that's not that much time to go from a woman who is an indian to say paul bunyan i just think it, it's just so forced in to get this idea idea of we're immortal and with that i think that one of the problems is is there's nobody that's really that old here they're only a hundred and some years old and yeah that's obviously you know older than whatever but it doesn't make me think of an immortal deal just the immortal man's there he had all right. these this school of people you have caden i would have liked it if one of these guys was like some you know a greek uh, spartan warrior or something that's been fighting with the immortal man all that time but to try to force this this hokey connection to myth and legend without giving us much of character I, I think is just ridiculous and it does nothing for me that doesn't make me know anything more about timber uh maybe that she as they spell out in wisconsin though i'll always till the end of days say that uh paul bunyan is from minnesota and that's for a double a ron <laughs> right there but really it doesn't give me anything of but no, character. Uh, at this point though when we're talking with the immortal man about what he's doing and trying to get caden in this whole thing 
I'm having a lot of fun with this book. It's when we switch up and go to the, you know, the Batman who laughs and the infinite woman, the whole thing really just falls apart for me. Well, with yeah. This whole idea of the blood and collecting the immortal man's blood that I, he had I, at I, different places. I agree there. And what they want to do, it just kind of really, I, even the way the art is presented here, I don't even know what I'm looking at yeah. at the goddamn time. And I'm like, why is the Batman, Batman who laughs here? Because he's bringing nothing to this story but convoluted nonsense yeah. that, you're already throwing more stuff on top of this. Like, you're having a problem understanding who these people are, what their backstory. When you throw this whole, like, you know, this, this giant vials of blood, yeah. like, that, I don't even know if I'm looking at it well, properly. If these are this giant vials, like, they're not like oxygen tanks, or if I'm just looking at the perspective know. weird. I don't know, but it really just takes me out of the story because I don't know enough for this infinite woman to be this oldest woman ever and the biggest bad who wants to do this war. Well, that's, that's like, the biggest okay, problem Batman, of all of us for me. Tell me how this works for me. Yeah, and this is the biggest problem for everything in this is, number one, I, I, you, you kind of you, – you should be going through Caden's eyes, which you're barely – you're not really doing it because – I don't know anything about him. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've hardly had, we got the swipes, but even that, I don't know. He mentions his friends again. Oh, I'm going to wake up and they're going to make fun of me, but uh, whatever. I they, that's what I saw. They, like went, they just glossed over anything about him. I don't even know. Yeah. I couldn't, if I had to sit here and you'd say like, like with any book, like tell me not about powers. I'm saying about the character. Tell me what he's like. Before I told you that I thought it was a misstep because he seems to be, uh, have vision of grandeur if you remember he and yeah. now even spells up i'm rich as shit i can give you money but it's not played out as anything he is basically to me just there because he swiped but we don't know anything he doesn't even react that he finds out his parents are dead he, he's just there oh, oh well okay and with that i don't know anything about say ghost fist yeah yeah i see that he's from prohibition right i i you, right. we get his way why is he there what from is the main his deal? Of Harlem. What, what, are, what is his main thing? What is he? What was he promised? What is he trying to do? What a, I don't get anything from any of these characters. You have Timber, who you have an opportunity to talk about, and you you throw this Paul Bunyan in. Hey, here's my blue axe. Instead, I want to find out that maybe uh, she was in a tribe. She she looks to be American Indian, obviously, and her tribe was massacred, and she decided that she was going to make the rights of all the thing and that, and the immortal man came to help her because of that. And we don't get any setup of what's going on in this well, book and why. Is, with that, though, we do move on in this issue, and we get exactly that for the kill who's on the yeah. evil side of things. They're like this, you know, you know, the uh, the infinite woman found him, and like I'm trying to read this, say she had found him on the arrow-strewn death fields of uh, yeah, Crescency in the year 1346. Yeah. He had not come from France. He had not come from England. He had come for the blood. And while this is all going on, we have the kill in this weird circular room that has a bridge, you know, making a cross yeah. in the middle of it where he's sitting there with a, just a pool of blood that he's making do stuff. I'm like, I don't know anything well, about Well, this is this the guy. problem. Th this isn't even well done with this because this is just nonsense. This is nonsense. I want to know, like like I said, I want to know why Caden should trust these guys. Yeah, I want to yeah. know why the immortal man where he says, I gave my blood to all these people and the school. And really, the only thing that we're getting with the immortal woman is the idea the infinite, the infinite yeah. woman but uh, it's the same thing yeah. the only thing that we get from her is oh she killed kids i mean really that's all you get that oh my god she must be bad everything is told to us we, we and and not telling enough we get the idea that you go off and you have a hey we were in uh we were in a reload or whatever you know we were in a nom together yeah, and, the and, yeah. reload, we're and the hunt together. and reload but but with that, that that brief second though i had a good time but with it that doesn't tell you anything 
It doesn't tell you why he decided to go against that, why they were even there, what they were doing. It's just thrown in as a, hey, here we go again, and we're at three issues, and I don't know anything about any of the characters in this book. I have no idea why, how, what. Like, I don't know why, you know, Reload is on the good guys and not on the bad, and why this well, and because, what like, happened. He says it to, to the Hun about how this world is meant for the mortals, not for the immortal yeah, but stuff that's, like that. That's, that's why he fights too for the generic mortals. for me. That's not telling me anything that that's all he decided. At one point, he's in Vietnam, and he says, because it seems that the immortal man has to come to you and make you immortal. So at one point, uh-huh. he just said, you know what? I'm done with this. This this life's for the mortals, not the immortals. And that's that's his backstory. We're not getting anything about a character. I don't know why, you know, the hunt, why is he a bad guy? He just seems to be a bad guy to be a bad guy. And even with them being friends, yeah, you can tell me that this is the setup to get on with it. We're already three issues in, and I know nothing about even the War of Immortals. You have told me more of what this is about. What What is the fight? What are they doing? How do you stop it? What does Caden have to do with it that he's the key? You're, he's pussyfooting around too much. I, I need some answers. I need some characters. And then when you throw in the Batman who laughs in this to be the what? wow moment, to be the, I'm going to explain things with the Batman who laughs, then I just want to kill somebody. I want to punch somebody. I want to be an immortal so I can get, just destroy all of this. I just don't understand that this book appears to be something that there is no real story and they're making it up as they go and that's why nothing happens each issue. I mean this issue, what happens? Nothing. They, they go to hide and then they're found out. That's it. It, you don't get anything. I don't even know why the bodyguard, what his real deal is and why he was watching him and if it's connected to something else and all that. And, and so we just keep getting just there's too many characters, I think, and not enough story. There's just nothing going on. And it's just and like you said, sometimes the art is it's good enough per panel, well, I but I think the progression of it at some points, I just don't even like that. Especially, you know, you have them with the blood thing and all that, and, and I that's just don't even understand what's going on. The shows up and we just have this blood freaking, like, giant container or whatever it is. It's just, I, I can't get a clear grasp of what I'm looking at or how this is a weapon and all the stuff that he's trying to go with the whole idea that we can move men to the next point of evolution, you know, and give them this conflict that, you know, the uh, the bad uh, immortals are trying to do. It's just, I just don't get the whole idea because I, of the Batman who laughs is there. And it just becomes this convoluted yeah. mess when you're trying to actually give me the explanation of what you're trying to do. Well, and even like I said, like here's the description of the bad guys. On the streets of Manhattan, they felt it, though. They could not understand why. There was a new rhythm of the city, the pounding beat of the war drum, punctuated by guttural screams. The siege, the beating heart of the infinite woman's house of conquest, hovered above the New York City with ominous contempt, waiting. Its infernal soldiers, no longer human, a for battle. They could taste it on the wind. The thought of war consumed every facet of their beings. As you see what appears to be a dinosaur getting a laser shoved That's in him. Yeah, I'm just saying, this. what are you learning here? This is all just words that mean nothing in their own way. They remember... Well, actually, you know, the thing is, uh, that's the one thing that I did like because you found out that the bloodless that they have were actually, you know, a bunch of, you know, soldiers on the but, battlefield well, who what, are about you think to that die. That's that just, that's, that, what, what else would you think it is? I mean, they're, they're immortals. Everybody else is grabbed from somewhere. They, they were grabbed from places. Oh, we grabbed them from Stalingrad and Gettysburg. Uh, what it, it does nothing for the book. I mean, that's just these unfaceless monsters that now you're like, oh, I get it. They were at Gettysburg. It just, it just nothing advances any sort of story. What is the story? 
I'm just the asking you. No, I don't want that nonsense. I want to know what is going on. What is going on here except that the infinite woman wants to get one over on the immortal man? That's it's, all it's it seems. Essentially, at this point, he, she is eradicating all the good guys so she can go and be un, like, you know, uh, but what? Unstop, like, stopped and, like, you know, giving mankind this conflict that allowed them to rise to the occasion and become better than what they are now. But it doesn't that even next seem that that's what she's doing with even her guys. I don't get anything that she's done that does anything except we were just told that. You know, I don't get that that's what she's doing. She just killed a whole school of immortals instead of taking them for her side and trying to, uh, you know, evolve them or whatever. It's just well, – They were turning the bloodless as there's well. There's no stories though. There, there's nothing here. I hate it. I'm never talking about it again. I'm, I'm telling you, the next issue that comes out, if you want to talk about it, you're fine and dandy. You talk about it yourself. I'm done with it. It's nonsense. I hate it. But what would you give it? I would give this issue a 5.1 out of 10, and that's mostly for the art because I'm saying up until like a like a, a third of the way through, I was having a good time with what we we're getting. But as soon as it got into the Batman who laughs and the actual the the siege part, the House of Conflict, it all just took a left turn for me, and it just became nonsense that I really could not get behind anymore. Now I give it a three out of ten, and I, I hate it. I hated reading it. I hate talking about it. I don't even like to try to make any sense of it to try to talk about it because it makes no sense. There's no story at all. From the beginning of them grabbing Caden to this third issue at the end, the, the story's gone probably three seconds more, and there's nothing that has happened. We don't even know why Caden they grabbed them. We have no idea, and I think that that's going to keep well, going. Because he somehow the, like the prophesized one. Yeah, but, but then tell him because even even tell the us. wants to know what's so yeah, but like, never, special about Caden. Yeah, Kaden. that's the problem. Everybody wants to know. We don't know. Nobody knows because they're not going to tell us. And what is it going to be? You can swipe memories. It's going to be that he can end up showing the bloodless their past lives and they can, uh, you know, end up unevolving of what they're doing. Is, is that it? Because that the only thing no he idea. does, We're gonna have to keep reading. the only thing he does here is, Hey, I don't understand what's going on. Well, touch my hand and you will. Oh my goodness. And then it's gone. I just, I hate every bit of it. I can't stand it. But, uh, that's that. That's the, it's, That's these, these it. books are just nonsense. I'm so pissed off about all these nonsense books. And again, it's one of those where you have this new age of heroes and mm -hmm. you know, you, you have an opportunity from the ground floor to have something fun. And now it's a bloody war of the immortals and nothing is ever based for fun and sideways, maybe a little, maybe a yeah. little, but even then. There's no books that come out now that are based on any sort of fun. Everybody has to be dark and gritty and, and you know get these accolades for being that. And I, I'm just done. I am so done with it. Uh, what is your book of the week? My book of the week is The Flash number 48. Yeah, that's mine too. That's my book of the week too. I just what what the hell are we talking about? Why are you upset week? about this? Because all I just it, it's just I like They're people just say books. I just yeah that's the problem is I don't want to talk about them anymore. I'm I'm done. This is it. Pod <laughs> Actually, I was gonna add, we may not have a podcast next week. I will talk about the deal, but you and yeah. Reggie are going away. I don't care. Uh, we could just take a break, but we'll see right. about that. This is what's coming out though for those who want to buy the books. We got Aquaman number thirty seven, Batman number forty nine, Batman Prelude to the Wedding. What is this one? The Red Hood versus Anarchy. Batwoman yeah. 16. Damage number 6. Green Lanterns number 49. Harley Quinn number 44. Man of Steel number 4. New Challengers number 2. And The Brave and the Bold. Batman versus Wonder Woman. 
There you go. That's what's right. coming out next week. I, I don't have a book to review, so I'll, I'll relax. I need a break. I, I need <laughs> I need a fucking month off from this nonsense. I really do. Every time I go to do this and we start talking about these things, I just get depressed. And yeah, people say, why do you talk about it or whatever? We try to do this podcast, but when I'm doing it, it, it ends up not being any fun at all. So there you go. Hopefully you have fun. You take it very personally. Yeah, because like this, is, this is our thing. We do this every week to talk about these. Yeah. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of not liking things. I, I want to like them. So any sort of person, oh, that's his plan, or oh, they're, they're over dramatic or whatever. It's not. I am getting depressed about talking about th- – this would be like me and you not caring at all about, say, physics and being made talk about physics every week. I don't want to talk now, about shit. How about this, though? You said you were going to give an honorable mention to me about Suicide Squad at the end of this because you did have a lot of fun with no, that No, I don't remember that now. I live in the now, and the now is misery. <laughs> Because <laughs> tonight, just us talking tonight, we did what? Detective Comics, that yeah. prelude, fucking uh-huh. sideways, the War of the Immortals. It's misery. <laughs> I, I don't remember talking about Suicide Squad. I don't even remember liking it. I liked Flash too, but even then I'm reading it and talking it with you, and I'm like, eh, I shouldn't have liked it as much as I did, even though it was my book of the week. We, we said, why is it that we have a podcast that at points our book of the week is in the sixes? That's fucking nonsense. And that's what I'm saying. It's not even just at points. Yeah, I have four reviews. I like three, or I like two of the four. But I at least had a book of yours I liked. Now it's just, it's just, it's misery. And then I see all these things coming up. And also, I was really relying on Plastic Man to be fun. I also, though, if you go and listen to Spotlight, I like Hawkman. Yeah. But no, I'm looking at this. What were these books next week? What were these again? I'm telling you. I just, each one, I'm, I'm cutting myself with each one. Aquaman number 37. Oh we're just going to, there we go. A prelude to a prelude to doing nothing until we get to July. We got Batman 49. I read that already. Please. Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Red Hood versus Anarchy. Batwoman number 16. <laughs> the hits keep coming. What da- is that canceled? Is that August? Yeah, it's August. Damage? Right. Na- nah, yeah, it won't be coming out August. The last issue will okay. be July, I believe. I think August were the last solicits out, so that would that would make sense. Damage number six. Well, there you go. That we might I might have to hinge everything on damage. Green Lantern's do number forty nine. It's it's Gorilla Grodd. Green Lantern's number forty nine. We're we're stalling till we get to Dan Jurgens. We got yeah. Harley Quinn number forty four. Stalling till we get to Sam Humphreys. We have yeah. Justice League. I don't think I mentioned Justice League number two. Yeah. Uh, I like that I'll first one a little that. more than you. So yeah, there we go. Man of Steel number four. Seems like we're spinning wheels on that baby. We got New yep. Challengers number two. I love that first one so much. Can't wait. I did not. And the Brave and the Bold Batman versus Wonder Woman doesn't even have a number in it, but I believe it is the five. Issue 5, I believe. It doesn't have a number in the thing. So when I said I'm loading it up now to see, yes, it is 5. So it's the it's the uh, what's penultimate Penalt. issue of that. <sighs> there we go, Eric. <laughs> I, I don't even have a story to tell you that would even It'll make be you happy. Times, I, don't worry. Tanya today, uh, we, Bella's having some problems, and we, we're trying to get her uh, some help with her problems, our dog. In the meantime, Tanya then started feeling sick, went to the uh, emergency room deal. The uh, It's not the, it's the urgent care thing yeah. that they have. In there. They go and she's like, yeah, my, my uh, ear hurts and I got jaw that hurts, whatever. And they're like, oh, I see. It's this huge tick in your ear. 
pulled oh, that out, oh, so oh. she had that. They have to send away. They think she might have Lyme's disease, but we have, and you have to wait for 90 days. So, And I said to her, was it a deer tick? And she goes, no, it was huge. I said, I didn't ask the size. I, it wasn't like, was it a deer little tick? No, it was an elephant I, I wasn't tick. using that. Yeah, I wasn't using that as an adjective or anything. To, I'm like, was it a deer tick? Did they tell you this? And she's like, no, it was huge. And I thought it was a spider. And I'm like, I just, I, I don't need to hear about this. So she had that. Uh, the reason she had that was because she had to go out and uh, get some weeds away from the cable uh, for the internet at one point, which right. Zach was supposed to do, with which part of that money is supposed to be earned. Yeah. So he didn't do that. So she has She's that open. going on. And, you know, my kids who – last year, we, we've gotten pool passes every year, and they never went. Last year, they went one time to the pool. For the amount of money we spend on those pool passes, I said, we're done – Today, they, they had to go to the pool. They Off to the pool. They don't have passes, but now they have to go to the pool. I said, you better stop this nonsense, Eric. It's all nonsense. I'm telling you, all this nonsense. But, yeah, that's it. If you want to... That's the thing. I didn't even like going to the public pool when I was a kid. I liked it. I, I liked it. But uh, it, that was another place that I would go and the girls would ignore me. I was a fat me. kid. I felt shame. You know, I, I told you, I was real skinny as a kid. I played tons of sports, but I wouldn't go in the water without... Ta- I'd have a shirt on. I was one of those yeah. shirt on. I just didn't like people to see me like that. And I would go and like I'd have that. a... Like that. Like <laughs> nude. Uh, I, I enjoyed myself at the pool. We, we would all have fun, me and my friends. And actually, where our pool pool is you have the baseball fields the little league fields are right there and what we would always do each day we'd go and the pool i think would open at noon we'd go like 10 o'clock we'd go and play baseball till noon and then we'd go into the pool that was awesome those were some of my best summers where we would would be so afraid that somebody would steal my gear then oh we would just take it in and have it with our stuff but yeah Yeah, i I guess guess we didn't care and and really i mean we were pretty much like our gang eric we had one bat uh, you know, two gloves between us. Uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of equipment going on and, and one ball. The problem is, is if you would end up hitting the ball, unfortunately, if you actually had some skill and hit the ball hard, the one field we played at, it would actually go into the fence of the pool and the pool wouldn't be it's open. Pool time have to now. Wait. That's, well, that's I'm saying you know, this is the, the problem is the sometimes we did that and the pool wasn't quite open yet, but they'd have like swim team and stuff. We'd have to yell in and they, they didn't appreciate that. But there you go. And I'd always get... Uh, a zag nut, possibly. Hey, yo, you swim losers. Pass the ball over hey, here, you swim losers. Hey, huh? there, you fish. Get me the ball there. Yeah, we just yell. Hey, we need that ball there, you swim team losers. One of the swim team losers was Tanya. She was on the swim team and also worked at the pool. Love at first sight. That's where I first think. <laughs> you imagine I go back and I think of like this, this great thing. I imagine the squints from fucking the sand I'm telling line. you now, that's just great thing where, hey, Hey, bitch, get the ball. And she picks it up and brings it over. And as I go to grab the ball through the fence, I actually touch her hand. And it's all magic. <laughs> then, then she thinks back of it. And I'm just, it would be me not saying anything and hiding. And then us not playing. Because there's no way I would have yelled anything to anybody. Oh, no. There's no way. Uh, but, yeah, there it is, Eric. Then I see you cheered me up and a little. I'm still done. I'm done, done. done. I just, I, I really sit there and I just think, like, when do the you know I don't want people to just tune us out because it's misery but this is genuine misery I am getting so frustrated and so upset about the lack of fun and and anything in these books even I don't need just fun I keep saying fun because that seems to me the easy way out like you know I I really would love great stories I, I don't know yeah, if this is crazy maybe some great art 
you know, kind Not of that. I need fun. I just want some and, really good stories. what's getting me is it's become, and, and I didn't feel like this was the way in the New 52. I don't know if you're going to agree with this, but in the New 52, you had things going on. There were so many books, though. I mean, there were a ton of books. Yeah. And you had kind of a rollover of creative teams. You'd always have this. I would get, like, uh, I'd see that when we're at work on the phone. I'd, oh, man, Eric, they have a new book coming out, or they have this, or they have that. Oh, this creative team's changing, whatever. And in Rebirth, it's really stale. And when we get these creative team changes, a lot of times – it's just flip-flopping books. You know, you have a – Well, that's Tim- the whole thing too. It's like you know, we have this writer or something that you're really used to doing something with this one character. He moves over to another thing. He's going to be doing that same thing with and this other character that I didn't saying. like to begin with. This is what we're talking about. And if you like it, I guess it's good. But that's like Ben yeah. Percy. It's Ben Percy right now where he's writing Green Arrow where I had some fun with it at points. I didn't hate it, but it yeah. wasn't exactly hitting all the time. It, it was way good. too long. And it did. Well, when you're done then and they're like, okay, we're going to switch. Then he puts him on Nightwing. And now we're starting up again, and it's like, oh, Ben Percy, there's no excitement to these books to me anymore. And and so yeah. – and especially if you're reading them all like we are, uh, they're just overall the, – the tapestry of just mundane and mediocre stuff, there's nothing. Everything seems to be waiting for the next thing. You have the Batman book waiting for the wedding. You have all these other books waiting for Doomsday Clock. You have this book waiting, waiting for, the for that. Waiting for the next creator. Yeah, and, and, or that, waiting for this next creator where we have these you know, one-shots and two-shots yeah. that you know don't mean anything. Nobody's going to nope. convince me that it's a palate cleanser. It's a palate cleanser only because it's something different. Give me something I mean, that means something. I mean, really, yeah, that's what I want. And then when they get on the books, the, the stories are, you know, hey, Nightwing hates like, technology. If, and if this is not the War of the Immortals, I don't want to read about it. No, well, really, if every <laughs> book can be that. And, yeah, I see the people. eternal war. I'm telling you, by the end of this, you know, in a year from now, people will be like, you know who was one of the best writers in, in Rebirth was Tynan. His Detective Comics with Team Batman, that was awesome with clay faces and stuff. And uh, what, what about that? The, was good. What about the Immortal Man? Never heard of it. I'm telling you, this will be the <laughs> book that everybody's going to have post amnesia about. The, what? Never heard of that. Nah, but, nah, it's going to be great though, because at the end of this, it's not going to do well, and it's going to end up getting canceled. But it's going to end in a way that's going to pick up for the next series. It's going to pick up a month later. That. Where it's Batman yeah. and the Immortal well, and, Man. And what you're gonna no, what you're gonna have is you're gonna have this dark period. It's it's the black hole of books because you're gonna go, oh, I love James Tynum. I mean, his Detective Comics hit hard, and then his next book, Justice League Dark. Boy, that was great. And you're like, what happened? And and really, what's gonna happen by the end? And Brandon even says in his in his uh, review, people are gonna say, oh yeah, well. Tynan really had it going on. It was the Jim Lee delays and the Jim Lee leaving the book that really made it go downhill. It'll be scot free. This, this is what happens, it seems. But uh, where the the problem is, and again, <laughs> this is the this is me actually, people listening. Thank you because this is what I need to do is to talk it out. Talk it out, bitch. Right, but the thing is, though, you're really just messing up Manship here, who's really looking for that immortal man. Oh, no, really this like, is what oh, I man, want. Time stamp, oh, this is ridiculous. No, what's going to happen is what Manship, how he plays it is, he doesn't probably read the immortal man. So he's going to go Not and he's going to he's going to get the, the thing. The podcast is going to go and he's going to look through the notes and he's going to go, holy crap. Jim and Eric talked about the immortal <laughs> man for an hour. That mu- He won't listen yet. 
He'll go, okay, that means something. And he'll leave work to go and buy it to come back and hear me say it's the worst thing ever and I want no parts of it. Uh, no, what, what I'll tell you right now, where I really have problems and what my real thing is, one of the things that really in my mind will spell it out, I don't have a favorite writer right now in, in D.C. I you don't have a guy. Yeah, that, that's a problem. That, that's a problem to me. Uh, and where we're doing the Marvel podcast, which I'll finish I can't even with say some it's things. Jeff Johns anymore. No, it's it's not for me. And I used to like Scott Snyder, and it's not been hitting. It's not been hitting yeah. to the point where I don't have anybody at DC now that it's one of those where if he's writing it, I'm buying it. I don't even care. Like, yeah, like you nothing. said, Jeff Johns would be, oh my God, Eric, did you hear Jeff Johns is doing vibe? You're in. You don't care yeah, right. anything care. about it. You're in. The vibe, I, I joked about it because it was the worst character ever. Oh, my God. Jeff Johns is running it. You're I in. i got to see what this is about. I don't, I don't have that anymore no. at this point. And I have guys, though, that I do think of that like a Jeff Lemire. I know you're not as much of a fan as him as I am. But if he came on and they announced him on anything right now, he'd immediately be my favorite. Another guy that I love that you know I love, Kyle Higgins. And yeah. he was on the uh, New Order, Nightwing New Order, and then they let him kind of go away and that's my problem is they seem to be really in bed with everybody they have right now and in my mind things i, I see the reviews it's the worst I, to us thinking about it i was so excited when they announced james robinson on that yeah. wonder woman i yeah. was a fool and i i see i mean i i get it and this is where i'll go back to what i said at the beginning where you can tell how positive we really are because we still are doing this you heard me i'm yeah. losing my mind and yet I'm still doing it because I know eventually I want to be there when it gets better. It's not great now. And when I see other reviews and things, when you're a fan. it seems as if – I said to you while we were at work this week, uh, it, it really feels to me that we're on a sinking ship and all these other reviewers are trying to convince me that the ship is not sinking. That they're, And we said, we were joking, like, uh, why is there water coming in my, my room here? Ha, you know what? That's just an individual swimming pool, baby. That's, that's part of the perks. That's an amazing ship that we're that's, on yeah, right now. You that's part pool, of the perks. So I see this, and I'm so frustrated with the idea that everything is not hitting. And I look, and 10 out of 10s, I mean, more 10 out of 10s recently in reviews than I have ever seen. And I just don't get it. And really, this is it, – it's the devil's hand. You, you can pretend that that's what's going on. You're not convincing me and you're not convincing a lot of other people. So hopefully you realize we're, we're just being realistic. I am yeah. upset. I, I This Immortal Man, I, I could care less if I ever read another page of that. I know on next month I'll be t- – I'll be doing it. I just like yelling at Eric about doing it. I just imagine him recording that review by yourself. Like, that is not happening. I know when the, <laughs> the immortal men come up next next time, I'm going to be so angry. I'm going to be reading it. Hopefully, though, it, it all gets better. This is the hope. I'm not hoping it's bad. I just have a feeling it will be, and it's not for me, but I'll, I'll read it, and then I'll be like, all right, when are we going to talk about that? And, oh, I thought you weren't going to talk about it anymore. I'm like, you, you better fucking stop. <laughs> Press it. You keep pressing me. You're not gonna like what happens. Can we can we do a little more so manship? I mean, I want to make it so manship thinks this is the book of the century. Uh, we're gonna go though, Eric. But uh, yeah. in the meantime, if you actually want to hear us talk positive about some things because we really do on our Patreon. Patreon isn't a continuation of the misery. Uh, the Patreon stuff, for the most part, we get to pick what we talk about and uh, we have some fun with it. So if you want to go and listen to that, 
Uh, that is at patreon.com slash weird science where the books that we talked about for next week, we will have uh, three of those uh, there because of Batman being the King's Corner Batman deal That's that right. will always be on the Patreon. So we'll have three of those. Uh, I don't know that we're going to have a regular spotlight. We're going gonna, gonna, gonna to have to figure out the stuff because Reggie and Eric are both leaving Ew, for I the weekend. I thought we taking a week off. What's going well, on? We might. See, there you go. See, you're pressing me. Keep pushing those buttons, buddy. You'll see what happens. Yeah, you'll come. I'm telling you, at the one point where this happened, the pop culture podcast ended up going Patreon now because we started up again. But when it was actually going on, one person threw shade at me about that podcast, and I shut it the hell down immediately, deleted everything, got rid of the feed. I said, you take that. I'll do it. I don't care. So you, you hate us and you've listened this far? That's all you have to do. Just yell at me about something and it's over. I'll end it. And that's how the pop, the pop culture one guy, because I said, ah, we're trying to figure out uh, a format. And the guy wrote on Twitter like, Jesus Christ, you've been trying for about a month now. This is ridiculous. Or actually, I think, how about a format, you know, come out with a podcast. Uh, you know what? Fuck off. And I just deleted it. I got so angry. Ah, oh, yes, Eric, the good old days. That's when I was uh, even keel Ernie oh, back yeah. in those days. But, yeah, uh, hopefully uh, everybody is sitting there and they're yelling at me and stuff. And, and basically also maybe I'm serving as something where you're listening and you may not be – all the books may not be hitting. But you hear me yell so much that you're like, you know what? It's better than he says. I'm making you more positive. That, that's yeah. actually uh, – isn't and that – And also don't be like Jim. You see how no. he's like. Don't be like that. No, and then Eric. Knows I, I get worked up at work sometimes about the craziest things. And start, I start throwing shit. I hate uh, the voice of reason. Yeah, no. It, actually, ask Eric what happened. And this is what happens: you come to work and you start being positive. That just sets me off even more. Then I get really all angry. Shit, all of a sudden, the ship's not sinking. Now it's on fire no, as well. The ship's on, the ship's on fire. It, it's in a black hole, and everybody's full dead. of zombies. Yeah, full of zombies. That is it, Eric. <laughs> uh, what do we say Shit at the end? So much. It does. I'm telling you, it does. But it's. I, I told you. I said earlier, Eric. I only crazy. run That's hot and cold, you. baby. That's all I got. That's what we got here. I'm not middle road. I can get uh, Tanya also. We had some issues here at the Werner household a week ago that we won't go into. <laughs> you know, but they put Tanya on Zoloft, and maybe I should grab some of that. I should do that, and then this is what I would say. This would be basically me on Zoloff would be this. Segregation Rishi. There you go. I, I would be a robot. <laughs> I told her. I said. And that was the other thing. She says to me, I don't know. Then She's been on the Zoloff for a little bit now. She's like, yeah. I don't know. I don't feel good. That's the Zoloff. She's like, no, no. I feel like, like uh, you know, I have the flu or something. That's the Zoloff. I kept it. No, it was this tick. Who knows oh, how God. long the tick was in there? I just Too kept off. telling her. I just kept saying, eh, it's just a lump. And that's what it is. Uh, Eric, we're done. All right. We're done. You know what the we're worst Transformer is? The worst Transformer would be the Transformer that turns from Curse of the Brimstone into the Immortal Men. There you go. Make that, it a triple change. Terrible. Make it a triple change with new challengers. And then uh, that's the worst. All <laughs> right. What do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. week. Keep it weird. And weird. we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, there it is.